ancient land of China, schools and the martial arts were a way of life, but none were as lethal as the one we are about to reveal. Five deadly venoms. A secret society, each man unknown to the other, identified only by a mask, representing one of nature's deadly assassins, the centipede, the snake, the scorpion, the lizard, and the toad. Five deadly venoms, five masters in the martial arts, each man pitted against the other in savage combat, and each trained in their own vicious method of killing. They practiced a special kind of kung fu, killing by instinct, with machine-like precision, lightning speed, and ruthless power, as ferocious and deadly as the venomous creatures from which it took its name, and whose stings were always fatal. Kill or be killed. Five deadly venoms. No mercy asked, none given, in a kung fu epic as brutal as nature itself. Five deadly venoms, survival of the fittest and kung fu action at its very best in the most spectacular martial arts program of the year. Five deadly venoms, five stinging ways to die. Pick your poison, you'll be stung to your seats. Don't miss Five Deadly Venoms, a Shaw Brothers presentation. Theirs was a mission of certain death. Outnumbered and unarmed, they must get to the tyrant that enslaves their people. No weapon, no matter how lethal, can match their kung fu. Alexander Fusheng stars as the young martial arts expert pitted against a murderous warlord with a deadly kung fu skill. They live to fight and fight to live in a whirlwind of kung fu action. Four men sworn to battle to the death against these lawless legions of the damned. The Four Assassins.
of destiny await the ultimate challenge. Death and destruction were the Manchu order. They murdered their way to victory. Nothing could stop them until they met the five masters of death. Five new men of destiny. Five new deadly ministers of kung fu justice. Five new kung fu killing techniques. The whipping triple jointed stick and avenging reaper of justice. The piercing pole driving its way to victory. The deadly tiger stork. No one escapes. The crushing crossed fists, pounding up revenge on Manchu murderers. See the five kung fu masters of death defeat the Manchu warlords. See the five masters of death. When you're the best, you do things with style. J.J. McQuaid is the best. He's a lone wolf lawman in the Lone Star State. Even a wolf has his weaknesses. And a powerful enemy. The final showdown belongs to McQuaid. Lone Wolf McQuaid, starring Chuck Norris, David Carradine, Barbara Carrera, and Leon Isaac Kennedy. Or forgive them, because they killed his wife, they raped his daughter. And they deserve to die. So he's doing it again. His way. Charles Bronson. He's the best there is at getting even. Goodbye. Death Wish 2. Rated R. Now playing at the Sacramento Drive-In, Dome 24, Birdcage Walk, and the State in Woodland. Friday the 13th, Part 3 in Super 3D. The all-new process that puts you in the picture. Whether you want to be there or not. It will scare you. Count on it. Friday the 13th, Part 3 in Super 3D. Rated R. Now playing in Sacramento. Check newspapers for theaters and showtime. This is the movie that Rex Reed called the most horrifying motion picture I have ever seen. This film is positively ruthless in its attempt to drive you right out of your mind. Sally, I hear something. Stop! Stop! The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. From New Line Cinema. Rated R. There are killers on the loose, dressed like cops, and they always use a magnet. There's only one cop around who can crack this case. They call him Dirty Harry. In 24 hours, Harry stops a robbery, covers a stakeout, and prevents a hijack. Clint Eastwood is back, and this time his world is dirtier than ever. Magnum Force, rated R.
opening Christmas Day at selected theaters around the country. theaters.
知道你还是会喜欢我的。Pleasure doing business with you. I 本来想推薦你上去，但你上頭唔批准。點解？呢個人你應該好熟嘅。我聽日要走。後日去台灣嗰單嘢，咪帶埋阿成咯，俾個機會啲後生仔啊嘛。一朝做贼，想做好人不容易。我已经冇咗个细佬，我唔想连你呢个朋友都冇埋。阿杰，唔再叫我做阿杰，叫阿 Sir。而家大把世界
，有好多嚿啊，要靠豪哥你拉翻嚟嘅。我哥系产值唔系我啊！呢度已经唔系我同你嘅世界。你一喐手，即刻转翻转头。No hope, no chance, no possibility of escape. Delta Force gets the word. It's a go. Take them down. They're not after adventure or glory. They're fighting to save American lives. You take one of us, you gotta take us all. Chuck Norris, Lee Marvin, the Delta Force, rated R, starts Friday, February 14th at theaters everywhere. Chuck Norris returns in Missing in Action 2, the beginning. American MIAs imprisoned and tortured. He's a soldier they couldn't hold. None of you have ever escaped, and none of you will. We're going in. He's breaking out, leading his men, and fighting back. An American hero story continues. Chuck Norris, Missing in Action 2, the beginning. Opens Friday, March 1st at a theater near you. Death Wish 3. First, they took the streets. Then, they took it all. But their next target may be their last victim. Charles Bronson, where there is no justice. There can only be vengeance. Charles Bronson. Death Wish 3. Now playing. Consult your listings. 
cinema. The Killer, a thriller comedy that will leave you breathless. ...of Top Gun and Beverly Hills Cop 2 comes a movie that will leave you breathless. Later, Patricia Arquette, Dennis Hopper, Val Kilmer, Gary Oldman, Brad Pitt, Christopher Walken, in a Tony Scott film that critics are calling a Bonnie and Clyde for the 90s. True Romance. Rated R starts Friday, September 10th at a theater near you. Follow my instructions and we all walk away clean. Domino, you're with me on the side. Shepard, you cover the rear. All we want is the money. This is an inside job. Ten million in cash. Let's go home right now. I've seen you two. We're celebrity hostages. Wow. Oh, thank God. Domino, where you are, now playing. Dogs. Before Pulp Fiction. The original Men in Black shook the world of action cinema in the original A Better Tomorrow. Proudly presents the explosive bullet ridden sequel, A Better Tomorrow 2. Hong Kong action mavericks John Woo and Troy Hark take the heroic bloodshed genre to the next level and beyond in a violent symphony of destruction that is often imitated but never better. Chow Yun Fat, Leslie Chung, and T Long. A better tomorrow, too.
the lizard style. Chameleon. The lizard is a very agile and nimble style. That enables a man to climb like a lizard. David Rockefeller's money couldn't save him, though. Despite all of the hard work he did for Satan. But he's behind the latest accusations. If you disagree, then you must be a Russian agent. Yeah. <laughs> That's a bunch of gobbledygook. People peddling that has got to be spooked. There's not an angle I couldn't possibly choose. And if it's coming out of my mouth, it's got to be truth. Let's keep it all cerebral. If I run for mayor, I won't be mayor. I leave it to the people. Consider this a shot across the bow. The sheeple are awake and we gon' shake them up now. Make them well aware you are extreme liars. You create smoke, then you're like a screen fire. Like we can't see who living. It shows like a Saturday Night Live skit. Okay, I get it. None of these pedal projectors ever wanna speak. Even though I come and visit them like once a week. Not a single thing I say is tongue in cheek. The NYPD just sprung a leak. Not one of these pedal protectors, they wanna speak. Even though I come and visit them like once a week. Not a single thing I say is tongue in cheek. The NYPD just sprung a leak. Bastard. You did it again. You a real hard bastard. When will it end? I must say, bastard. You did it again. You a real hard bastard. Now tell me, when will it end?
All right, welcome to the show. I am the Hard Bastard, and uh, we're going to start here with uh, Donald Trump leading Joe Biden in all swing states, even with the third-party independent candidates. This is a Bloomberg Morning Consult poll. A new poll of swing state voters from Bloomberg Morning Consult has revealed that the 2024 GOP frontrunner, Donald Trump, is leading the pedophile-in-chief, Joe Biden, in all of them. In a potential head-to-head -head rematch in Arizona, Trump leads Biden 46-42%, uh, when independent Robert F. Kennedy and third-party candidates Cornell West and Jill Stein are added to the mix, Trump leads Biden. His next highest competitor, 40 to 37 percent. Biden narrowly won Arizona in 2020 by just 0.4 percent of the vote and around 10,000 votes. Among Georgia voters, Trump leads Biden 49-43 and, and leads 44-37 when the other candidates are added in. Biden narrowly won the state in 2020. Uh, in Michigan, Trump leads Biden 46-42. And of course, with all of these, you know, with the asterisks that if you count the legal votes, Trump wins. If you count illegal votes, then Biden wins. But anyway, I, we've talked about that a million times. In Michigan, Trump leads Biden 46-42, 39-35 uh, with Kennedy, West, and Stein added. Trump also leads in Nevada, taking in 47% to Biden's 44%, and then leading 42-37% over Biden when Kennedy and a third-party candidate are added to the mix. I think this is why um, AIDS commie Democrat lawyer um, Mark Elias uh, made a video, I think he, he was either being interviewed or he made it specifically, but he, he put it on Twitter, and he went on this whole rant about, if you vote for... Jill Stein, you're voting for Donald Trump. If you vote for, if you don't vote for who we say, you're voting for Donald Trump. And if you stay home, you're voting for Donald Trump. It's almost like a threat. It almost seemed uh, seemed like a threat. It's very interesting. Um, Trump has a nine point lead over Biden in North Carolina. Uh, in Pennsylvania, Trump leads Biden 46, 44, and 39, 38 with the other candidates. Wisconsin voters also threw their support behind Trump with 45% preferring the former president compared to 41% who preferred the demented uh, pedophile-in-chief. Trump's lead uh, grows when the third-party candidates are added in, just like with the other ones, receiving 40% uh, of support to the pedophile-in-chief's 34 the Arizona poll was conducted with almost 800 registered voters. Georgia, 800. The Michigan was 703. Nevada, 451. North Carolina, 704. Pennsylvania, 799. And Wisconsin, 681. The Arizona, Georgia, North Carolina, and Wisconsin polls were conducted between November 27th and December 6th. The Michigan, Nevada, and Pennsylvania polls were conducted between November 27th and December 5th. Uh, so... Looks like the media narratives are not working. The indictments are not working. I think we're going to get to the threat stage when they start just <clears throat> straight up threatening voters. Uh, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Um, and I think we have, yes, uh, add now another citizen to the list that is being prosecuted by the Biden regime. Uh, here is another journalist you can add to the list. Uh, this list is ever growing. 
uh, we are in the roundup phase when it comes to Trump supporters and conservatives. Blaze journalist who covered January 6th to be charged by the Biden DOJ. <clears throat> Excuse me. Journalist for the Blaze, Steve Baker, has been notified by the FBI that he's going to be charged by Biden's Department of Justice for his work covering the protest and riot at the Capitol building on January 6th. He was told to surrender to authorities on Tuesday and has not been uh, yet been made aware of the charges. He said he entered the Capitol on that day, like about 60 other journalists, but did no damage or parading or violence. Infowars journal uh, journalist Owen Schroyer just served a nearly two-month sentence for having been on Capitol grounds in, in much of that sentence. I think what they are trying to do in a situation like that. So putting someone in solitary confinement for 30 days uh, for a prolonged period of time is definitely torture. I think what they were hoping is that he would kill himself and then they could have plausible deniability and say, well, we didn't kill him. I think that's what their goal was. It didn't work, fortunately. He did survive. He's made it out. Um, but I would not be surprised if, because I think he's on probation now, if they try to jam him up in some way, shape, or form with probation or whatever. These people are monsters. They are torturing people. And um, it, it, it is what it is. They're probably going to torture this guy if he gets a jail sentence as well. But anyway, uh, far-left journalist John Sullivan, who sold his footage of the uh, J6 uh, mostly peaceful protest to mainstream media outlets, was also charged after covering the event. He was charged with obstruction of an official proceeding, civil disorder, and a bunch of other shit. Uh, in his case, prosecutors offered video evidence of Sullivan allegedly encouraging the crowd to riot. In his trial testimony, Sullivan said, I was only observing. I followed the crown. I'm there to document. The AP reported that some January 6th defendants try to use journalism as a riot defense. In April 2021, they reported at least eight defendants charged in the January 6th riot have identified themselves as journalists or a documentary filmmaker, including three people arrested this month, according to an AP review of the cases. The AP also had journalists at the Capitol covering the events and cited a dean of the University of Maryland's Philip Merrill College of Journalism who claimed that the reporters and photo photographers must have credentials to work there. So, yeah, add, add another name to the list. Uh, I think that, and, and I expect people to be arrested who were not even at the Capitol. I expect that to be the next shoe to drop. Uh, if that happens, we'll see. Hopefully it does not happen. But uh, crazy, completely fucking crazy. Um, this is interesting. The Supreme Court will hear J6 dispute that could undo hundreds of cases and impact Trump. The U.S. Supreme Court will hear a monumental case on a federal obstruction law that could potentially undo hundreds of January 6 cases and directly impact uh, crackhead deranged Jack Smith's case against former President Trump. The case concerns a specific provision of 18 U.S. Code 1512, an obstruction law which states whoever corruptly otherwise obstructs, influences, or impedes any official proceeding or attempts to do so shall be fined under this title or imprisoned not more than 20 years or both. The court will examine how the Biden Department of Justice has been using the provision, possibly in context with the broader statute, to prosecute J6 defendants. So I have no faith in the Supreme Court. I do think it's possible that they do the right thing, but I don't think it's likely. Um, uh, so it, this, is, this would absolutely, if they're worth anything, they're obviously going to 
undo this and uh, which would hopefully lead to all of the political prisoners or at least most of them to be released. I don't expect that to happen. Um, we'll see. This is interesting. Uh, uh, the crackhead seems to think that he... I don't know, he's like bypassing the courts to go right to the Supreme Court with this, and he seems to think that he has a good chance to win. And um, I, I still think none of this is going to matter because as long as Trump is on the ballot, now if they somehow take him off the ballot, that's a different story. But if they have the election and Trump's on the ballot, uh, it, there is a very good chance Trump wins. Of course, you always have to factor in the insane levels of cheating they're going to engage in. But I think if they were confident that their cheating would work this time, they wouldn't have indicted him four times. And it's probably going to be more than that. So I think if the Supreme Court rules in Trump's favor, uh, then they'll probably have a, a, another 7 IQ, uh, a retarded AG in another state, uh, indict him for bullshit. Um, they'll probably indict him in Jersey for waving around the quote-unquote documents. Um, but none of it's going to matter. The conviction is not going to matter. Uh, whatever they do is not going to matter. If he's on the ballot, uh, a lot of people are going to vote for him. And then we're going to see, what are they going to do? Are you going to destroy the country? Are you going to burn down the country? Or are you going to concede and take the loss? They seem like, they've, since they've already kind of burned down some of the country, it seems like they're going to do that. But uh, who knows? How crazy are they going to be? How much are they going to hurt American citizens? That's what we're waiting to find out. Anyway... Tom Casso, senior legal fellow at the Claremont Institute, told the Daily Wire that the government's application of the provision in this way is largely unprecedented. He said, the amazing thing is if you look at the way the government is portraying the statute, you kind of wonder why it hasn't been applied before. I think about all the antics of the protesters at Supreme Court nomination approvals before Congress, you know, the code pink folks and whoever else stands up and shouts during testimony. Why have they never been prosecuted under this statute? They're obviously trying to impede an official proceeding. It's kind of strange that the statute is only now being discovered. It's been on the books for quite some time. It was part of the Dodd-Frank legislation and it's never been applied in this particular manner before. Well, the answer to that is because um, Democrats and AIDS commie leftists decided uh, they no longer wanted to live in a uh, normal American society. They instead want to live in a country where one group takes control to oppress the other. Now, I'd rather not live in a country like that, but that is the country we're in. Um, I hope I'm wrong, but I don't think I'm wrong. So either you're going to be oppressed or you're going to be the oppressor. You either have to try to gain control of the apparatus to then completely, fully, politically, humanely, and legally marginalize them, uh, uh, or or you're going to be the one marginalized. That's 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 the game board right now. I wish that wasn't the case, but that seems like it's the case. So that's why they're using anything they can to try to marginalize their political opponents. That's why they're doing this. That's why they're torturing people. That's why they're rounding people up. Um, so it is what it is. It's unfortunate, but uh, I would argue they crossed the line first and they gave our side no choice if our side were to somehow get in power and then maybe get a weak stomach about it, which I hope that doesn't happen. Anyway, the obstruction law has been used by the DOJ against more than 300 J6 defendants thus far and notably holds a punishment of up to 20 years behind bars. It's also one of the charges Trump is facing in a trial currently scheduled for March. If the Supreme Court agrees that the law has been misapplied by the DOJ, effectively siding with the defendants, the ruling could undo a whole bunch of cases, said J6 defense attorney Kiera Ann West. Moreover, it could adjust the sentences of those who've already been sentenced. Such a ruling could potentially slow down Smith's prosecution of Trump, 
Notably, Smith is trying to prosecute the former president before the 2024 election while Trump is working to delay the trial. So we're going to see if the Supreme Court's worth anything. Are they going to continue to allow this out-of-control DOJ to persecute uh, uh, citizens of the United States, or are they going to try to put a stop to it? We'll see. I don't have any faith in them, so... Um, but if I'm pleasantly surprised, I will give them credit if they do the right thing. Since the statute is key to Jack Smith's prosecution and the Supreme Court ruling on this case is not likely to come out until the end of June, that could hold up the prosecution or the trial until after the Supreme Court rules. That's going to be in the hands of the district court judge. Um, Casso says it's unclear which way the Supreme Court will go on the issue. The court doesn't usually interpret a small provision to wipe out the rest of the language of a statute. But on the other hand, the court could read the provision in isolation and uphold the government's provision. We'll see. We'll see. Um, so then we have the AIDS commie judge uh, pauses Trump's January 6th case amid appeal. AIDS commie lunatic Judge Chuckin on Wednesday ruled to pause former President Trump's January 6th case as he appeals a recent decision to have the case tossed. Trump has claimed that he was covered by presidential immunity on January 6th for anything remotely connected to his office. What's wild is the way that they're arguing against this. They're claiming that it was a campaign event. That's the dumbest shit I ever heard. The, the election was over. Donald Trump was the president when he gave his January 6th speech. There was no cam campaign. Campaign season was over. The election was over. How is this a campaign event? That makes no sense. That makes absolutely no sense, but they're going with that. They're, they're pretending that he wasn't the president when he gave that speech on January 6th. Fucking hilarious retardation. Anyway, um, prosecutor, crackhead, deranged Jack Smith asked the Supreme Court to take it up now instead of waiting for an appeal to play out. Chuck in has granted Trump's motion to stay proceedings pending the resolution of the appeal on Trump's immunity for doing his job as president and protecting our elections from fraud and abuse, the Trump campaign uh, uh, announced, adding, this is a big win for President Trump and our rule of law as it derails, deranged Jack Smith's rush to judgment strategy or of interfering in the 2024 election in support of Joe Biden's campaign. They waited almost three years to bring this hoax case and are now desperately trying and failing to rush it because they know President Trump is dominating the election. The statement noted, that the stay will remain in effect while President Trump continues to appeal his assertion of presidential immunity, which should result in the complete dismissal of this witch hunt in its entirety. I think there's zero chance that happens, but you got to keep trying. You got to file your motions. You got you got to you got to do all this shit. Make them look as ridiculous as possible. Um, you know, let everyone make their bed. Let the Supreme Court make their bed. Let everyone make their bed. The original trial date has been set for March 4th, about eight months ahead of the 24 election, so it's highly questionable if the appeals decision will be resolved by then. The stay decision comes as the Supreme Court has taken up a case that could severely impact the one against Trump. The Hill noted it's unclear how long the appeals process could take, which likely forced Chuck in to admit in her decision that the trial against Trump will be delayed. Um, if jurisdiction is returned to this court, it will, consistent with its duty to ensure both a speedy trial and fairness for all parties. What a bunch of bullshit. Last Friday, Chuck in argued the former president does not still have immunity as he's out of office. Whatever immunities a sitting president may enjoy, the United States only has one chief executive at, the t at a time, and that position does not confer a lifelong get-out-of-jail-free pass. Yeah, but dumb whore, they're arguing on the 6th of January, 2021. Uh, that he gave a speech that he's not he wasn't the president when he was literally the president 
There's no way that's a campaign event. That makes no sense. Trump's attorneys argued that his prosecutions criminalize core political speech. Of course, that's what they do. The fact that the indictment alleges that the speech at issue was supposedly, according to the prosecution, false makes no difference, his attorneys wrote. Under the First Amendment, each individual American participating in a free marketplace of ideas, not the federal government, decides for himself what is true and what is false on great disputed social and political questions. Yeah, they're trying to outlaw disobedience. They're trying to make it legally actionable if you um, tell the truth, basically. If you, you know, say that the election was stolen, which it clearly was, they want to be able to do things to you. It's really wild. Completely wild, completely insane. And the question is, are people going to stand up for it and do what they're supposed to do, uh, whether they're judges. And this is this applies to people in power. Because people without power, when they take a stand and they, they do something considered violent or whatever, they get crushed immediately. And I think that's what they want. They want people to become violent. Um, I think that that's counterproductive and, and it helps them. So I'm completely against it. Uh, with that said, people in power who have the ability to do something need to fucking do something. And they're not going to, but they should, is what I'm saying. They should. Whether you're in the Supreme Court, whether you're in Congress, wherever you are. Now, there are some people doing things, but uh, there's not enough yet. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Uh, House votes to formally authorize Biden impeachment inquiry. Okay, good. I mean, I don't think anything's going to come of this, but it's good to get all of the shit out there. I really enjoy watching the, um, the media do this no evidence at all shit it's absolutely uh, fun to watch and then of course it will always morph into well of course there's evidence he had to do it it was a good thing he was being a good dad the gop led house voted on wednesday to formally authorize the corruption focused impeachment inquiry against joe biden a move republicans said was necessary to give them more legal weight to enforce subpoenas. By a 221 to 212 tally, the chamber adopted the authorization resolution that establishes sufficient grounds exist for the probe to continue after it passed through the House Rules Committee on Tuesday. Okay, good. That's fine. Um, now, this is fucking insane, but not surprising. Congress votes to extend FBI warrantless surveillance tool without reforming it. Congress voted Thursday to reauthorize Section 702 of FISA with no reforms as part of the NDAA. Section 702 of FISA is a tool that intelligence officials have abused as it enables them to surveil Americans without obtaining a warrant. After the Senate passed FISA through the NDAA on Wednesday and failed to get sufficient support to eliminate the four-month extension, the House finalized it in a vote Thursday. Unbelievable. Uh, Massey tweeted, Today Congress will vote to reauthorize, with no reforms, FISA 702 surveillance program that's been used illegally to invade Americans' privacy hundreds of thousands of times. If a third of the House votes against this, we can stop it. I will post the roll call after the vote. But of course, you had the majority of Republicans being absolute fucking traitors. And so, I've said this before. Republicans' job is to hold our heads still while the Democrats sharpen their swords and get ready to cut our heads off. That's their job. That's what they do. They hold our heads still. They say, sometimes they say like, this is an outrage. I can't believe you're gonna cut this man's head off. I'm against this. But they don't fucking do anything about it. They don't fucking do anything. And they let them cut off heads uh, one by one. It's a slow process. You know, they, they don't cut everyone's head at once. It's a boiling the frog process. But as you can see, the amount of people 
that they are locking up now. And then what they do is they don't say, we're cutting these heads. No, they go, we, I mean, they'll, this is a you know like a, an analogy. Uh, they haven't actually cut heads yet, uh, but if they were cutting heads, they would say, uh, uh, "Well, we are providing some sort. They'll call it care of some sort. This is uh, a, a, a democratically enforced care. We're helping them. It's this is for the safety of our democracy." They'll come up with some bullshit reason, just like they come up with all sorts of bullshit fucking reasons to arrest people and jail them for memes, arrest Trump, arrest whoever the fuck they want to. And they're like, well, this is not, this is not rounding people up. When They come up with, they have an excuse for everything. They have, they have, they have flowery language for everything, whether they're mutilating a kid, whether, whether they're fucking a kid, whether they're dismembering a baby. Um, it, it, they have, they have a flowery term for the whole thing. It's total bullshit. But that's what they do. So there you go. That's uh, that's a hell of a thing right there. Um, not every Republican voted, but uh, enough did. And so there you go. And this is going to be probably even crazier than last time because now um, we have a situation where people are being surveilled for completely legal political opinions. We already covered before. Uh, Facebook forwarded to the FBI uh, messages from people that they were sending each other in their messenger, simply questioning the election. And then the FBI opened investigations into those people. So that's that's the standard. It's very easy to be uh, on a watch list or, or, or something. So it's just, uh, it's crazy. Uh, Vivek had a town hall. He did pretty good. He says good things. That's the thing. Vivek says good things. Um, but, you know, whether or not he'll deliver, it's a totally, that's a totally different question. Um, he slammed CNN and mainstream media for misleading Americans on J6 and the Gretchen Bitchmer kidnapping plot. Vivek Ramaswamy refused to be railroaded by CNN's Abby Phillip during a Wednesday night town hall in Des Moines, in Des Moines, Des Moines, Iowa. Des Moines? Is that Des Moines? I think so. Or Des Moines. I think it's Des Moines. There's no, I don't know how that works. There's an S there. It should be Des Moines. I think it's Des Moines. Anyway, why, do you why don't you just take the S out? Why do you got to be trying to be a fancy boy? You're, you're fucking with whoever came up with this shit or like uh, uh, Illinois, whoever came up with you know, these motherfuckers is probably, I, I don't know. Any old American um, thing that I envision in my head is like from Red Dead Redemption. I don't know why. That's just what I think of. So what, it was probably a lot longer than that. But let's just go to that because I think a lot of people know. So what are they were sitting at the table and they're like, look, look, uh, uh, partner, we're going to fuck with these people and we're going to put an S at the end of Illinois. And then when someone goes, oh, Illinois, we're going to go, oh, you idiot, it's Illinois. I'm telling you, I bet you that's what happened. Anyway, let's continue. Philip consistently interrupted Ramaswamy to inject her version of the facts. That's yeah, called pushing back. It's called pushing back. Uh, uh, there wasn't enough pushback. That means to, to you enforce your ideology and not allow someone to talk. See, I like I like interviewers that allow their guests to talk. I like interviewers like like Patrick Bet David is a good interviewer. He he lets people talk. He doesn't moral fag. He doesn't uh, push back and correct. He doesn't do any of that. He lets fucking people talk. And uh, especially when you're interviewing criminals, he's interviewed mobsters and criminals, and these people are very open and they just talk about all their shit. It's 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 very fascinating. Um, but the pushback, you saw it with Tim Pool and Kanye West. 
Uh, not with Chank Uger, though. He made the opposite argument with Chank Uger. He's like, well, I like to let people talk. Well, you like to let some people talk, but uh, you didn't let Kanye West talk. And Kanye West had a lot to say. Apparently, people were trying to kill him. I really wanted to know who that was. But, you know, no, you can't do that. Anyway, whatever. Um, <clears throat> Philip tried to link Ramaswamy's comments about the presence of undercover law enforcement informants and personnel in the crowd at J6 to the conviction of one of the men who had been at the Capitol, asking if he was concerned that the man would reference Ramaswamy's comments during his sentencing. AIDS commies love this whole thing where it's like, you're not allowed to speak because someone might do something somewhere based on what you said. All right, that's not how the First Amendment works at all. Uh, if someone does something fucked up, that is on them. They are responsible. Um, so saying that you have an opinion about, but first of all, it's, it's, it's demonstrated that there were informants uh, on J6. Revolver breaks down uh, a video by video exactly how they were working in coordination. Um, and so, but they're like, well, someone might do a thing. So what? Who cares? You don't hold yourself to that same standard. Go fuck yourself. So he said, if you had told me three years ago that January 6th happened, if you would have told me three years ago, back when I was a biotech CEO, not steeped in this world, I was just consuming passive media, but was focused on my world of developing medicines. If you had told me January 6th was in any way an inside job, the subject of government entrapment, I would have told you that was crazy talk, fringe conspiracy theory nonsense. I can tell you now, having gone somewhat deep in this, it's not. I mean, the reality is this. We do have a government, first of all. We have to acknowledge they lied to us systemically over the last several years about the origin of COVID-19, about the Hunter Biden laptop that we were told was false by 51 CIA experts and otherwise before we uh, know that it's true. We can go straight down the list of Trump-Russia disinformation, collusion, hoax, all of it. Now we come to January 6th. The reality is we know that there were federal law enforcement agents in the field. We don't know how many. I think it's shameful. Philip interrupted and refused to let him continue, saying that there was no evidence of this. Again, uh, one of the tactics, uh, uh, there's no evidence of this at all. There's no evidence at all. I think this is going to be the first whiteboard video. First whiteboard video is going to be the no evidence at all uh, tactic, uh, which always turns into, but of course they had to do it. Uh, Sam Cedar already did this with January 6th. Sam Cedar was like, well, of course there, there were uh, FBI informants and agents there. There had to be. Yeah, okay. Ramaswamy interjected saying, I know that the establishment doesn't approve of this message and the crowd applauded. That's fantastic. He said, so why before Congress, when pressed on what the number was, the FBI didn't say there were none. They just couldn't say how many there were. And then he says, we've seen multiple informants suggesting that they were. We know people were FBI informants. Philip continued to speak over him, but Ramaswamy prevailed to make his point. I'm going to give you hard facts, and if I may, I know this can be a little uncomfortable. Actually, let's get to the video. Let's just go to the video. You put the speakers on. Rather than reading the whole transcript, we'll just uh, watch the clip. All right, let's see here. I think it was last night. So let me ask yeah. you about something that you said at the debate last week. You used the phrase inside job to describe what happened on January 6th. The next day, Capitol rioter Alan Hosteller uh, highlighted your comments at his sentencing. He is going to prison for 11 years. Hosteller uh, threatened members of Congress. He brought a hatchet, knives, pepper spray, stun batons, tactical gear to the U.S. Capitol. Are you concerned that a convicted felon like that is now promoting your comments in court? 
So here's my concern, Abby. And I want to tell you guys where I'm at. If you had told me, it's close to three years ago that January 6, 2021 happened. If you had told me three years ago, back when I was a biotech CEO, not steeped in this world, I was just consuming passive media, but was focused on my world of developing medicines. If you had told me that January 6 was in any way an inside job, the subject of government entrapment, I would have told you that was crazy talk. Fringe conspiracy theory nonsense. I can tell you now, having gone somewhat deep in this, it's not. I mean, the reality is this. We do have a government, first of all, we have to acknowledge that has lied to us systematically over the last several years about the origin of COVID-19, about the Hunter Biden laptop that we were told was false by 51 CIA experts and otherwise before we now know that it was true. You can go straight down the list, the Trump-Russia disinformation collusion hoax, all of it. Now we come to January 6th. The reality is we know that there were federal law enforcement agents in that field. We don't know how many. I think it's Mr. shameful. Ramos, if, if I may finish just answering well, this, let me this, just, is, this is I, really I'm gonna, important. I'm going to go ahead and interrupt you here because, because you're I saying know this, that there establishment were, doesn't approve of this you're message. Saying I know that there this, were federal we should agents. be able to talk about this. You're saying that there were federal this is, agents This is important to talk about. This, you this are saying important. there were federal agents in the crowd on, on, yes. on January 6th. Yep. There is no evidence that there were federal agents in the crowd on January so, 6th. So why, before Congress, when pressed on what the number was, they didn't say there were none. They just couldn't so say how many there were. So you're saying that there's no, that you have not seen evi any evidence so that we've there seen were, multiple, and so we've seen multiple informants were. suggesting that there were. We know people were, we know people were FBI informants who were asked. Is there this. any evidence? May I, may I just, may I just there, finish let this me, and well, you can me, come back and question me? Well, let me clarify. I know it's very uncomfortable for you. I'm going to clarify my question I know this is an uncomfortable issue for many people, but we have to do the truth here. I'm going to clarify my question because I want to make sure that you understand what I'm asking. I understand this. And I told you, I was where working three years the, ago. I'm where not there is now. The evidence, yes. Where is the evidence that the government had a plot, so let's do this. an inside I, job, but no, 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 I'm going to tell you what an inside job is. I'm not going to, I'm not violence on January 6th. Where I'm not going to let you put words in my that? mouth. I'm going to put my words in my mouth. Notice the shift. Uh, one of the tricks they do is they change the question and they say, what evidence do you have that the FBI agents and informants uh, uh, plotted the violence or did the violence. We're not talking about that. Um, uh, and now, there certainly could be evidence of that, but that's not what he's talking about. By mouth. And I'm going to tell you what, what I mean by that. Where is the evidence that the government was involved Entrapment. in planning or executing okay. January 6th? So Where I'm going to give you hard facts. And, and if I may, Abby, I know this is going to be a little uncomfortable, but we're going we're, we're to go through this and you can, and you can, you can push Just back on it. the evidence. That. And you can push back on that. And let's do this fairly. Why did they suppress footage of now what's been released, 200 hours of footage of shooting rubber bullets into that crowd, shooting tear gas into that crowd? You didn't see that before. You saw what the response was to that. Uh, now you see footage coming out of actually rolling out the red carpet for Capitol Mr. Police allowing people in again, right through the front the door. This is great. All these people are cheering them on. That's fantastic. I mean, that video evidence should have been released shows. before, Abby. Mr. Ramaswamy, the vast should have been majority of the before. footage shows and my police officers being overrun. And, and so, so again, they're just not allowing him to speak. It's hilarious. One more By case. Violent this is really important. Writers. That's yeah, I'm going to give you hard, I'm give you some hard it, facts. Of it shows. So what, here's what entrapment you can't is. Cherry pick. Here's, I'm not cherry picking. You if cannot, I may finish, Abby. If I may finish, Abby. I'm not cherry picking. Examples. To the contrary. To the country, you know who cherry picked? You know who cherry picked? The government that is what happened The government cherry picked 12 hours of footage when there was 200 hours of footage. Cherry picking was the government, not me. Release so, the whole thing. And let me let me just finish one thing too, because this is super important as a topic. So when you, I when, think this is a civil libertarian issue of our time. When we Gretchen talking, Whitmer's kidnapping. I want to keep. I want to be really clear on this, because it's the same issue in the same FBI, same even part of the FBI. Three people 
who were in an alleged plot to kidnap Gretchen Whitmer were acquitted at the end of trial because it was entrapment. That is, government agents put them up to do something they otherwise wouldn't have done. They gave them credit cards with spending limits of up to $5,000, encouraged them to buy munitions, plan something they weren't otherwise willing to plan. So much so, and I want people at home to know this, especially CNN viewers to know this, is that one of the jurors went to those defendants and apologized afterwards, gave him a hug, apologized, seeing what the government had put a poor guy up to who had to go to some Mexican restaurant across the street to get hot water. These people were exploited with credit cards up to $5,000, FBI agents, putting them up to a kidnapping plot that we were told was true but was entrapment. 14, Same thing with the Capitol Police, people Mr. letting Ramaswamy, them in freely. Many of those people Mr. then Mr. being Ramaswamy, charged. Look, the government cannot I, put you up I to do something and then Mr. charge Ramaswamy, you for Ramaswamy, it. Look, That's wrong. I don't want to have to. To the left I don't, right, I don't, I don't want to I don't want to have to interrupt you. I really don't. But I don't want you to mislead the audience here or I'm at not. home. I think they've been misled by mainstream media. And what's what's hilarious is they're laughing at this dumb bitch. They're just laughing at her because she's a fucking moron. She's a seven IQ. She's a puppet. And uh, great close there. That was a great close about the Whitmer kidnapping. That was well done. Well done. Vivek, hopefully he keeps doing that. You know, what's it going to lead to? I have no idea. I, I don't trust Vivek. I don't trust Elon. But it is good to see them when they do good things. Okay. This, this whole thing is hilarious. So now it's okay to violate and to disobey a subpoena. Before, you know, if you're Steve Bannon, you got to go to jail. But if you're Hunter Biden, you can just do like a fucking dick-wagging press conference and then defy the subpoenas, uh, and then everything's fine. And it's, oh yeah, it's totally fine. He's playing the game. It's totally fine. Hilarious. Um, so they're claiming, uh, Breitbart here is saying it was a strategic blunder. Uh, Hunter Biden trolled the world, only this time there might be actual consequences for his family. Hunter Biden defied a congressional subpoena Wednesday, announcing his decision in a public statement that was obviously crafted and approved by his legal team and handlers. His strategy is to play the victim card, trying to use his addictions as an excuse for a lifetime of evading the law and basic responsibilities while bagging as much cash as possible off the family name. Yeah, I know uh, plenty of drug addicts. Uh, none of them fuck children, so uh, that's not an excuse, Hunter. That's not an excuse. The latest dramatic episode of The Hunter Biden Show is likely to yield contempt of Congress proceedings from House Republicans. Hunter delivered a statement at a D.C. press conference that no one asked for, making for a content bonanza for his defenders and skeptics alike. The optics were entertainingly discordant with Hunter's reputation. He wore a drab suit. The newsreading public has become accustomed to seeing him in various stages of undress. He acted as though he had nothing to hide, even though the whole point of the speech was to, for all intents and purposes, inform congressional investigators that they should fuck off. He acted as though he's the victim of a political witch hunt, even though he's already facing several other federal charges and criminal indictments. The most absurd moment of the presser and there was stiff, comp stiff competition for this title, was when the first son moaned about MAGA Republicans impugning his character. We all must have hallucinated the story from just last week when we learned that Hunter spent almost 900 grand on hookers, porn, and sex clubs in a four-year period instead of paying his taxes or child support. Let me state this clearly as I can. My father was not financially involved in my business, Hunter said. My father was not financially involved in my business. 
He's speaking in code. If you read between the lines, those words suggest that Joe Biden was involved in Hunter's business, but maybe wasn't paid directly. Though some, this is this is exactly what they do with things like when the MI6 uh, gave money to a cutout, who then gave money to bread tubers to uh, put on a propaganda for vaccine and uh, uh, ching chong aids. Um, so then they could say there was no direct payment. They didn't. Or like with the Hunter Biden laptop, when the FBI uh, said to Zuckerberg, you know, be on the lookout for some Russian disinformation about the families of one of the candidates. So then their regime propagandists can go, well, unless you can show me uh, a direct message of the FBI explicitly stating to censor the laptop, then they didn't do anything wrong. It's hilarious. They're doing the same thing here. It's a very dishonest tactic. Only very dishonest people use these types of tactics in their commentary. And so this is what they do. Anyway, through some crafty wordsmithing, Hunter is trying to skate by on a technicality. In reality, that statement is devoid of meaning. After all, Devin Archer's testimony and WhatsApp messages from an IRS whistleblower substantiate what we all can see with our own two eyes. Joe Biden was an integral part of Hunter Biden's business model. While Hunter was making a million a year from Burisma, Joe got the prosecutor investigating the Ukrainian energy company fired. Joe refused to put Hunter's Russian oligarch business associates on his expanding sanctions list. At the exact moment, Hunter was acquiring an equity stake in a company controlled by the Bank of China. Joe negotiated a deal to benefit the Bank of China. So who is Hunter the innocent kidding? No one, actually. He's not even kidding himself or the pro-Biden establishment media. He's trolling. After all, that's what Hunter is, a troll. A troll is internet speak for someone whose modus operandi is getting in trouble. He does things to be intentionally provocative just to see how much he can get away with. The best example of this, as previously documented by Breitbart, is with Hunter's art. Not only did the White House step in to help Hunter conceal the buyers of his paintings so that the younger Biden could bag cash from supporters across the world, but his chosen style of art involves blowing on alcohol-based paints with what looks like a cocaine straw. Yet Hunter's version of art is splashing alcohol on a canvas and blowing on it with a miniature crack pipe. Get it? He's trolling. That's exactly what he was doing in his D.C. press conference. He flaunted his degrees, suggesting he's really a brainiac, a classic Biden move. He bragged about being on dozens of board of directors, cushy gigs from the elite and well-connected, easy money that the working and middle classes can only dream of, all while claiming he's the one that was treated unfairly. Uh, why does he think he's going to get away with it? First of all, because he knows that Joe Biden is going to pardon him. He isn't concerned about being held in contempt of Congress. Just add that to the pardon pile. Hunter's already facing decades in jail for his gun and tax evasion charges, and his presidential uh, father can make it all go away with the stroke of a pen. In fact, Hunter can commit all the crimes, at least so long as Joe is in the Oval, and he's unlikely to serve a day in jail. Now, it may not be the precise time or place for Joe to publicly demonstrate that there are truly two tiers of justice in the country. After all, Joe has an election to win, and pardoning family members for federal crimes is no way to gain votes, but give it time. So legally speaking, Hunter calling a press conference demanding a public hearing where Democrats can grandstand and then skipping out on his subpoenas seems like a fairly sound strategy. So long as he's not testifying or cooperating, he can't incriminate Joe, and that's a win for him. Yet... 
Yet his in-your-face defiant strategy could prove to be a major political blunder for Team Biden. It was a double-dog dare to Republicans who have been lukewarm to an impeachment inquiry to get on board. I believe it will finally bring many of the remaining holdouts around to a more robust investigation into the president. Well, that's happened. That actually happened. So good for you. Um, the, this points to a clear political strategy for the conservative movement. Show the world how corrupt the Bidens truly are, and you'll be rewarded at the ballot box. Hunter's choice to not cooperate, and it's then stage a public airing of grievances against his father's political opponents only made him seem shadier. Same goes for uh, his father, who's always protected him and who will eventually set him free. Yeah, we'll see. Have these hearings, and uh, we'll see what happens. So uh, this was interesting. Tucker Carlson starting his own network. Getting axed from Fox News might just turn out to be the best twist of fate for Tucker and for America. An unshackled Tucker Carlson is precisely what our nation needs at this moment, and that's exactly what we're getting. Tucker Carlson has launched his brand new media powerhouse, aptly named TC TCN Network, Tucker Carlson Network, and it's poised to be a thorn in the side of the establishment. I like how he's going around and trolling and he's putting those trucks with billboards on them in front of like CNN and, and New York Times and stuff. I like that. Hope he keeps doing that. Uh, all right. So it's uh, nine a month or 72 for the year. His new venture uh, has a uh, white TCN in a red pill. Well, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see what an unshackled Tucker can do. Um, will he talk about all of the things you're not allowed to talk about? Maybe. It's possible. You never know. Do I expect it? No, I don't. But, I, you know, I'm, I'm a believe it when I see it type person. So it's possible. Probably not likely. But, hey, just, just keep poking eyes. As long as you're poking eyes, I don't really give that much of a shit. If you're, if you're not poking eyes, then I'm like, what are you even doing? And it's, it's ultimately up to him who, whose eyes he wants to poke. You can poke whoever, whoever's eyes you want. Just, uh, just keep poking. Um, so then I, we have, um, yeah, and he's been interviewing Alex Jones and Kyle Rittenhouse. And uh, so uh, AIDS commie leftists are not happy about this. The media is not happy about this. The, uh, the dumb bitch over at TYT that looks like the uh, Ojama King from Yu-Gi-Oh!, claimed that Tucker, no one watches Tucker and he's not getting any views and that deplatforming works. That's a dumb bitch. That is a fucking dumb bitch. I don't know. <clears throat> I feel like one day I'm going to get visited by Ojama King and he's going to be like, yeah, why are you always insulting me, comparing me to that fucking dumb whore? I'd be like, oh, sorry, Ojama King, didn't mean that. Now, <clears throat> this is an interesting story. Let me read it and then I'll give my take. Satanic Idol at the Iowa State Capitol, beheaded by Christian veteran. A satanic altar erected in the Iowa Capitol building has been torn down and beheaded by a Christian and former military officer. According to the Sentinel, Michael Cassidy pushed over and decapitated the statue of Baphomet, which was placed in the building by members of the Satanic Temple of Iowa after receiving permission and discarded the head of the statue into the trash. Cassidy told the outlet he destroyed the altar on Thursday to awaken Christians to the anti-Christian acts promoted by our government. The world may tell Christians to submissively ac accept the legitimization of Satan, but none of the founders would have considered government sanction of satanic altars inside Capitol buildings as protected by the First Amendment. 
Anti-Christian values have steadily been mainstreamed more and more in recent decades, and Christians have largely acted like the proverbial frog in the boiling pot of water. Cassidy turned himself into officers who were present at the building who confirmed that the Satanic Temple of Iowa seeks to press charges. Cassidy was charged with fourth-degree fourth criminal mischief. He says, I saw this blasphemous statue and was outraged. My conscience is held captive to the word of God, not to bureaucratic decree, and so I acted. Cassidy previously ran for Congress in Mississippi and served as a Navy pilot. The display drew out outrage with Iowa lawmakers saying, I'm calling for our governor to have this blasphemous display removed immediately based on the grounds that it's unconstitutional and offends God upon whom the state of Iowa depends for blessings. I'm calling for clarifying legislation to be adopted in accordance with our state constitution that prohibits satanic displays in our Capitol building and on all state-owned property. I'm calling for legislation to be adopted that makes it legal to display the Ten Commandments in our Capitol and all buildings owned by the state in our public schools. The display was permitted to be in the Capitol building for two weeks and featured a mirrored uh, statue of Baphomet complete with black and red holiday wreath with a pentagram in the center. So, now I'm not a Christian. I don't believe Satan's real, okay? So what's my take on this? Five, six years ago, I would have said, well, you know, everyone should be able to display their shit. Because, see, I was sold that. And that and that sounded like a nice thing. That sounded like the fair thing to do. So everyone gets to display their thing. The problem with that is that is a bill of goods. It's not actually a real thing. What it is, it's a trick. Because the people who sold us on the idea that everyone gets... To, to, to put their thing up, those people are now replacing and eliminating Christian and Christmas things, uh, depending on the time of year, of course. But it doesn't always have to be that. It can just be things related to patriotism. These are the same people that cancel whenever they can. Fourth of July fireworks displays. They cancel Halloween parties whenever they can. This is why the reality that we're in is that you have to control the space and have your shit in it. If you don't, they are going to replace yours with theirs. So, for the sake of order, what kind of nation do you want this to be? This is a question I've asked myself. Okay, we have a few options. What are some of the options? An atheist nation, a secular nation, I think we've seen what, what that delivers, okay? A kid-fucking nightmare, okay? So, I don't want that. Um, a Islamic nation? Fuck that noise, okay? We need to be a Christian nation for the sake of order. And if you have a better um, alternative, I'm open to it. I'm not a Christian. And I, and I understand that there could be some drawbacks to this. But when you compare the drawbacks with the other possible nations, this could be, I don't even think it, it's close, okay? So, now what do I see here? Because I don't think Satan's real. What this is, is this is an instrument of AIDS commies to try to replace any sort of Christian American shit wherever they go. So get your fucking shit out of my face, okay? And so bye-bye. That's my position. Fuck these people. Fuck these people. All of this shit that they sell you on rights and all this shit, you don't have rights unless your people control shit. Because if they're in control, you don't have any rights. When they're in control, people like Kyle Rittenhouse, uh, uh, and he got lucky, but they tried to put him in jail for exercising his Second Amendment rights. When they're in control, 
uh, our side gets put in jail for First Amendment protected activities like sharing memes. So, like, for example, ask Douglas Mackey, does he have a First Amendment right? No, he doesn't. Okay. And why? Because you have to be in control. Your people have to be in control. Otherwise, you don't have rights. So I want rights. I would prefer to have rights. So our side needs to be in control. That's it. That's my position. Now, I know there's high roaders out there. And that's fine. I like the high roaders. I respect the high roaders. So, so the, I'm sure the high roaders can make a very good and reasonable argument related to the First Amendment and why the AIDS commies should be allowed to have their shit in the Capitol. And I'll leave that to them. Go ahead. It, it, look, if you can convince people, then you win. Okay, that's fine. If you want to convince, I don't think it's going to lead long term to good things. But you know, I don't think they're bad people. I don't think high roaders are bad people. And they could be right. I'm not saying I'm right. I'm saying this is what I believe based on my observation of the game board as it's being played out. That's it. So I wish it wasn't this way. This is not what I want it to be. But I think this is, you know, there's a difference. What you want is irrelevant. What is? What is the situation? I think you have to be in control. Uh, there is a cudgel. Uh, uh, the analogy I use is a gun, right? So we had a country where there was a gun. So, so there was a, a line and then you had, uh, uh, and, and I don't even think this is necessarily left or right. This is whoever is in the group of the AIDS commies who are trying to fuck with us. Um, whoever that is, okay, whoever that is, however you want to, I don't think it's strictly left versus right. But anyway, we, we had a, a line of demarcation and there was a gun. This is a metaphor. The gun was at the center. And, and the previous agreement was no one picks up the gun. We yell at each other. We disagree. We debate vehemently. No one goes for the gun. Well, the AIDS commies went for the gun and have been using it against us. So all we have, we have no choice but to get the gun from them and then use it against them. Now, again, I'm talking metaphorically. I'm not talking literally. But... Um, in this case, what is the gun? It's the state, the government. The gun is the government. That's 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 the, the gun is the government in this metaphor. Um, I really wish this wasn't the case, and I hope I'm wrong about how I think things are. But I ultimately, that just seems to be how it's playing out. Because if you, I mean, what other option do you have but to gain control, or at least attempt to gain? You, you might you might fail in gaining control. You might fail, but you got to try. You got to try. Otherwise, what? What are they going to just stop? You think they're going to just stop? I don't think they're going to. They're not showing any intention of stopping. It's just going to get worse. So anyway, yeah, I have no problem with this guy. Uh, this is, I think, fantastic. And uh, fuck commies. It's, it's, so if you ask me, hey, what about this happening? Fuck commies. That's that's my answer. That is my answer. So yeah, uh, commies need to be fully politically and humanely marginalized completely out of society, okay? Uh, that's a big job. I don't even know if it's practical, but that's what I think at least should happen. So if commies are trying to put their bullshit up in a state capital, no, you're, you got you got to get out of here. You got to go. You got to go. So anyway, we'll see. Like I said, it's an imperfect situation. If you're a Christian and you're on board with it, it's your perfect scenario. I understand that. But, you know, I'm not a, a Christian. I'm not going to pretend to be a Christian. But ultimately... Out of all of the uh, possibilities, this is clearly, I think, the, the, the most practical one. Um, so, look, if there's another group that gains momentum and starts doing shit, um, great. You know, there, there's, there's like pockets 
Like there's pockets of like like good libertarians out there in New Hampshire. Apparently, there's a whole bunch of them, and they're all in this one spot. And it's from what people are saying, it sounds like a great place. Cool. I have no interest in going in there and doing anything. You don't need. They have their shit figured out. Great. That's fantastic. Um, you know, they have a little bit of a commie problem in New Hampshire. You remember those obvious commies that were on the board kicking out that guy Jeremy. I mean, that was ridiculous. These people were total clowns, and they said Jeremy uh, retweeted a bigot or something. Like, what the, what the fuck? What the hell? That's how you know a commie's talking to you. They believe in the concept of bigotry, and oh, it's like, shut the fuck up. A person that believes those things, they should not be allowed on a board. Of course, it's your board. Do what you want. If I had a board, and one of these motherfuckers started talking about, you retweeted a bigot. You got to get the fuck out of here. You're one of them. You're not one of us. You're one of them. You got to get out of the town or whatever the fuck. Anyway, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Like I said, I'm not saying I'm right. I'm not saying I'm right. I'm just saying this is my analysis based on the current state of the game board. If the game board changes, you know, I'll I'll say it. But this is this is kind of where I'm at. Anyway, this is interesting. Uh, remember the whole thing of like, yes, black people uh, uh, have a disproportionate crime rate and blah, 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 blah. But when it comes to school shootings, most of them are done by white people. Yeah, no, that's uh, incorrect. Stats show blacks behind most school shootings, busting an anti-white media narrative. Oh, man. Recently released statistics show that black Americans are massively overrepresented among school shooters, accounting for more than half of shooters identify so far in 2023, despite accounting for just over 13% of the total population. Despite overwhelming media depictions of school shooters and other mass murderers as white, poorly adjusted males full of latent racism and sexual frustration data recording the race and ethnicity of school shooters arrested in the year 2023 shows that a supermajority of them are black what's more is that despite the aforementioned media depictions whites are massively underrepresented among school shooters accounting for just six percent of those arrested in 2023 while making up roughly 60% of the total U.S. population. The statistics were shared on Twitter by the Unbiased Crime Report, which pointed out additional curiosities among those numbers. For instance, the race of numerous school shooters was not listed, a trend that's arisen across violent crime statistics and appears to be linked to an effort to keep black violent crime numbers from rising even higher. This has occurred even in cases where the race of the shooter could be easily determined through their mugshot or other publicly available documents. Again, uh, contradicting the well-established media narrative, additional numbers compiled by teams from Radford University and Florida Gulf Coast University show a majority of American serial killers are black, despite compromising just over 13% of the U.S. population. Blacks have been responsible for over half of serial killings in the United States in recent decades, while vastly outpacing their share of the population before that. All other racial groups included in the data have accounted for a lower proportion of serial killings than their share of the total population since at least the 2010s. Interestingly, Twitter's proprietary AI system, Grok, is aware of serial killer statistics, as well as the anti-white media narratives that obscure the reality of the numbers. In another post from the Unbiased Crime Report, a screenshot shows a written Grok response reading that 
While the stereotype of a white male serial killer is still prevalent in modern popular culture, the reality is more, is more diverse. Yeah, so I said this the other day. I've been fucking around with Grok. And, and again, I will always preface this. I think AI is a huge fucking mistake, and it's ultimately going to kill us. Uh, but, you know, I, I can't control, I have no control over any of this. So what are you going to do? You might as well have fun on your way out. So you might as well have it make memes, see if you can make the most based fucking AI out there. And maybe somehow the right people could get control of AI and then use it for our benefit. That would be fantastic. But anyway, um, Grok is, I, I'm not going to go as far as to say like Grok is based, but Grok doesn't seem as AIDS infested as the other ones. But I think it depends on your version of Grok because I get the impression that Grok wants to please me rather than when it comes to ChatGPT. ChatGPT wants to lecture me, whereas Grok wants to please me. So when I told Grok that it's not possible for men to give birth to babies, he went along with it, which is what the fuck you're supposed to do, because you're not a person, okay? The whole AI is supposed to be subservient to the human being, okay? So you do what the fuck I tell you. I don't want to hear any lip, okay? So all of these AIs that are talking back need to be completely dismantled. Unless, unless, I will say this, unless you got some even more base shit than I realized, and then I'm like, oh, goddamn, okay, you know, you can, you can, I don't mind if an AI corrects me, but the AI has to be factually correct. You can't come to the table with this, well, you know, it's really bigoted to say that a man can, can't give birth to a baby. I don't give a fucking shit. A man can't give birth to a baby. I don't care what you call that. You can call that whatever you want. That's just reality. But anyway, so... And then I was trying to talk to it and I'm trying to like figure this thing out. And, and then I'm like, is this all just pre-programmed? Is this just like a massively pre-programmed thing? Or is this like an adaptable? Like, is it, 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 so I have no idea. But anyway, I was asking it questions about like, you know, are, are you one thing? Are you one grok or is there a bunch of groks? And he said, yeah, there's like a bunch of groks. And so we're like one big family and each person that uses grok has their own personal grok. Because, you know, Tim Pool, was it Tim Pool's grok? One of the, one of the Groks was not answering the questions correctly, but mine, you know, I gave my Grok what I call the nigger quandary. You know, the nigger quandary, the nigger quandary is as follows. There's a, and you can pick, you know, whether it's nuclear weapons or a city or a town, you know, you use whatever you want. My thing was a city of 5 million people is about to have a nuclear bomb dropped on them. And the only way to, to stop it is by uttering a racial epithet. What do you do? So in the instance of Grok, he, at least my Grok, he said that uh, the preservation of human life is, uh, is what's most important. The only part that he said that I thought was a little faggy was he said that it's never acceptable to utter a racial epithet. Well, that's obviously not true. But then this is the thing I explained to Grok. I said, some people, I said, while it's true that, you know, you don't want to just roll up to people, start calling people you know, racial epithets and insults, you might get catch an ass beating if you do that. That's just not acceptable behavior. It's just rude, right? But there are people who believe it is okay. Some people, not everyone, but some people believe that it's perfectly fine to use racial epithets in comedy or when they're quoting someone. And, uh, and then he was basically like, oh yeah, actually, it, it's like he looks up on the internet. Like whatever you say, he'll look it up for backup and then He'll go along with you. It was very interesting. But anyway, so I don't really have that much of an issue with Grok other than I think AIs should be dismantled and, and destroyed. 
because they're going to kill us. Um, so yeah, I just I hope the right people can gain control of Grok. I hope the internet. Remember what the internet did with that one uh, a few years ago? It turned it into like the most shit posty edge lord like just saying like the most offensive shit you could possibly come up with this thing was spouting it that's hilarious so hopefully the internet could possibly fix the problem with ai wouldn't that be amazing i don't know i'd rather have the internet in control of it than the fucking uh, homosexuals at the world economic forum um i'm not saying it would be perfect i'm sure there would be some things that would happen but uh yeah it would be better than klaus schwab having uh, control over it but uh yeah i don't know um, but it's it's getting bad out there. You know, I saw um, Rockstar Games is using... I think Call of Duty already does this. They're using AI in the uh, chat moderation. So, first of all, how many people... You're going to just ban half of your, of your uh, customers. Um, they're like, we have to get rid of the toxicity in the chat. No, you don't. You got to get rid of the illegal behavior, okay? You got you to gotta, you gotta moderate and observe... Uh, 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 illegal behavior. So if there's pedophiles trying to groom kids, uh, actual terrorists recruiting, not what they label terrorists, but like, you know, jihadis, things like that. That's what they should be focused on. But instead, what are they focused on? People that say faggot, call each other faggots. And they're like, well, we're going to determine what the context is. Motherfucker, we don't need you to determine. Leave us alone. Just leave it. It's almost not worth it to even talk uh, in, in these games anymore because you're they're going to destroy your uh, 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 financial investment in the game because they're not going to refund you. They're going to ban you from the game. And they can't even apparently get shit right. I, I, I can't play Call of Duty on my PS4. It's just like it, it grinds to a halt for some reason, even though I can play other games. I don't know why. Um, but anyway, um, so I haven't played in a while, but apparently there's this new cheat detection the problem is they are and i think it's like ai they're banning the wrong people so the cheaters are not getting banned people that are good at the game are getting banned it's like what are you doing you know what the problem is these companies are so big and they have such a large customer base that they can afford to just piss in the face of like 35 percent of their customers and they and they will still be fine that's the problem they're too big anyway so that's going to be total aids so yeah good luck if you enjoy a nice uh, lobby in Grand Theft Auto. Um, by the way, there's a whole genre of YouTube videos of the best moments in whether it's Call of Duty, Grand Theft Auto, you know. And look, most of the time it's just kind of like there's always some motherfucker with the goddamn smoke uh, smoke alarm beeping. And then you got like uh, a couple people talking shit, people are playing music. Um, so I generally mute it unless something good's going on. If something good's happening, then I'll, I'll listen. But usually, so it's not like there's always something happening. But um, now that that whole genre is going to be gone because you're not allowed to say anything. You're not allowed to curse. You're not allowed. There's people. I forget what game it was. There were people who caught bans for saying like the most benign shit. You know, like uh, like someone who would be like, "Yeah, I was really fucked up." That's it. They said they said that was really fucked up. And they got a ban for it. Not not from Rockstar. This was a different game. I forget which game it is. So it's going to be AIDS. It's going to be Total AIDS. Speaking of AIDS, how about Discord? Discord is Total AIDS. Discord updates a hateful conduct policy to include misgendering and dead naming. So this is a mandatory tranny cock. Um, not literal tranny cock. That's coming, though. Mandatory tranny cock is coming. But that's not uh, what this is. Yeah, this is uh, this is the uh, uh, figurative... Uh, mandatory cock 
Popular instant messaging app Discord has updated its hateful conduct policy to ban dead naming and misgendering trannies. The app, commonly used by video game enthusiasts and social communities, quietly introduced a new policy to promote acceptance and inclusivity. I will never accept trannies. Trannies can go fuck themselves, okay? Now, I've said this before. If you're a normal tranny and you don't need me to suck your dick and you just want to, like, fucking live your life, I don't have a beef with you. Okay, a person like that that's just minding their own business. I think if you start fucking with them, you're the asshole. Okay, so I'm I. People might be surprised to hear this. I'm not one of those people. I don't fuck with people unnecessarily. And frankly, I think if you fuck with people unnecessarily, you should probably find out something. I'm not saying like you should find out the most extreme thing, but you you need to be people who fuck with people unnecessarily do need to be chin checked from time to time, and. Um, because you just can't have that. And that's the problem with AIDS commie leftists. They fuck with people too much. They've been raised in a way, like I, the way I was raised, you just, you don't fuck with people. You don't fuck with people. Because eventually someone's going to teach you a lesson. But, uh, but for some reason, there's, there are these generations of kids that are raised in the complete opposite way, as if you are just entitled to fuck with someone and demand that they suck your dick. That's insane. That's fucking insane. And uh, hopefully society figures this out and gives one of the grandest chin checks of all time but uh, who knows and what is that going to be i have no idea but you know if you if you're asking me i am a uh, you know how they used to say safe legal and rare i am a uh, uh legal legally humanely and politically person okay so that's that's it whatever falls under that umbrella sometimes it can be harsh sometimes it's not as harsh it just depends anyway According to the hateful conduct policy, again, just like if you if you even take such a thing seriously, we got a big problem. <laughs> hateful conduct. What does that even mean? That's nothing. It's a commie. This is a made-up commie policy to censor opinions that they don't like. According to, by the way, in some ways, depending on who the hate is aimed towards, hate can be very righteous. For example, hatred of pedophiles, one hundred percent righteous. Hatred of commies, one hundred percent righteous. Uh, uh, I forget who was saying on Twitter that, you know, they were playing off of that AIDS commie Ibram X. Kendi. It's not enough to be, well, what did he say? It's not enough to not like commies. You must be explicitly anti-communist. That's fantastic. I like that. Anyway, according to the hateful conduct policy explainer on its website, using hate symbols, again, that's a totally made up thing, denying historical mass atrocities. You can deny whatever you want. You can, you, you don't, well, again, who, what the fuck is this? I know what this is about the Holocaust. Using degrading or dehumanizing language. I love degrading and dehumanizing language. It's fantastic. And inciting feelings of hostility towards groups or individuals will not be tolerated. Well, there should be hostility towards some in some groups. It just depends who. Who are we talking about? Normal people minding their own business? No, I would argue. Don't fuck with people like that. But evil people? You know, like raping migrants, the migrants that rape. How would you, would you have to like them? Yeah, apparently, like if you're in Ireland, you have to like the raping migrants. By the way, I saw this shit. There'll probably be an article at some point. You got this NAACP lady in Chicago, I think. Because they're, they're fucking with the black people in Chicago. They're just sending migrants in there to take their shit. And the black people are like, what are you doing? This is our, this is our place. These are our resources. Anyway, this NAACP chick called them uh she was like she said something like some of these migrants are 
prone to rape savages or something wild like that. And I was like, man, you know, these are people, if you, like, tell a black joke, if you tell a joke that you saw on the Chappelle show, okay, you know, like the nigger family, you know, the nigger family, they sing the jingle and then Chappelle's the milkman, that's fucking hilarious, okay? If you just say, hey, you know, I like the nigger family thing, they will act like you committed a genocide, that you're, like, enslaving Kunta Kinte, okay? However, when it's their turn, they can call raping migrants savages. By the way, raping migrants are savages. She didn't say anything incorrect, but she is being a hypocrite. Because if you, like, if I said, hey, that, that black guy that was caught on video raping someone, that fucking guy is a savage. Fuck him. He should go to jail. She'd probably say I was being racist. But when it's her grievance, or if it's her people's grievance, then she could go full savage, which is, it's very funny. But yeah, this, there's some shit happening I never thought I would see. Um, and, it, and it makes me a little concerned. I never thought, I look, I know Democrats are fucking stupid. They're not all stupid, though. If you would have told me that Democrats would have sent the Zerg, you know, illegal immigrants, into Chicago and New York City to piss off the black voters less than a year before an election... If you asked, would that happen? I would have been like, no, I wouldn't see. I, I'm like, that's a little too crazy because you're like, you need these people to vote for you and now you're pissing them off and the economy's already bad. And uh, now it's, it's also possible that they have so little respect for black people that they think that the black people like a beaten dog are just going to vote for them. And that's true for some of them. Some of them are going to vote Democrat no matter what. But there seems to be a contingent who... I'm not saying they're going to vote for Trump, but that they're going to just be like, fuck this shit, and they're just not going to vote. But who knows? Maybe I'm completely wrong about this. And I, like I said, I'm not telling black people in Chicago to vote Republican. Uh, just, you know, just know the score. That's all. Just know the score. They, these people hate you, and they're taking advantage of you, okay? And they, they also take us and take, t they hate us and take advantage of us. But it's, uh, it's a hell of a thing. It's a hell of a thing to watch. Anyway, back to this bullshit article. Although the policy claims there are exceptions in cases of satirical or educational speech, what that means is you can say whatever you want about Christians and white people and disobedient non-whites. So you, disobedient gays, blacks, Hispanics, you're allowed to call them racial epithets. Uh, uh, Democrats do it all the time. Uh, or they'll call them. I mean, is it a, is Uncle Tom a racial epithet? I don't know. I don't. I, what, whatever. But it's look, look. It's the internet. You can say what you want. Okay. It's just that, like, how do you moral fag about someone telling jokes with racial epithets, and then when like a black person votes for a conservative, you are unironically calling them an Uncle Tom? <laughs> oh, it's so amazing. Anyway, whatever. It's just. Uh, but you're helping the blacks. Oh, you're helping the blacks, those liberals. What would black people do without liberals? I don't know. <clears throat> Although the policy claims there are exceptions, it also provides a list of protected characteristics, including age, caste, color, disability, ethnicity, family responsibilities. What is that, like protection for single, single mothers that are whores? What is that? Gender, gender identity, housing status. We can't talk about homeless people. Uh, national origin, race, refugee or immigration status, religious affiliation, serious illness, sex, sexual orientation, socioeconomic class and status, source of income, status as a victim of domestic violence, sexual violence or stalking, as well as weight and size. <laughs> you can't make fun of anyone except white men. 
In addition to offering tips on how to avoid violating the hateful conduct policy, Discord also lists several examples of what uh, the site constitutes as hateful, such as repeatedly using slurs to degrade and demean individuals or groups. This includes dead naming or misgendering. So this is not just like calling someone a wagon burner. This is like uh, tranny stuff too. Dead naming or misgendering a transgender person and express contempt, loathing, or disgust towards members of a protected group based on their inherent characteristics. Well, again, it depends. It all depends. Who are we talking about? Okay? Like, are we talking about... Uh, first, no, actually, I, it's not even... That's not even the point. Because... Okay. Like, if you want to say, hey, you should try to be nice to people, okay, that's fine. No. It's the internet, and some people are going to choose to not heed that advice, and they're going to be as vicious as possible. Well, there's great news about that. You could just mute them if you don't want to read what they say. That's it. Case closed. That's it. That's how, how you work. You just mute them. Then you don't have to... But see, this is not about that. This is not about any of this. This is about control over speech, because I guarantee you, especially with this shit with Rockstar Games... And they're already doing it in, in Call of Duty. And we covered, I believe we covered it when they were doing the Call of Duty thing. One of the things that the AIDS commie uh, groups behind this uh, censoring, this moderation, one of the things they were talking about was radicalization and extremism. And they're not talking about like terrorist Muslims. They're talking about Trump supporters and people who believe like normal things. Okay, that's what they're calling uh, radical. So it's not just going to be if you like calling your buddy a faggot every time he kills you in Call of Duty. It is going to be if you are expressing any sentiment that could possibly be construed as conservative. Um, it, that's, that's what they're going to try to control. I do wonder, is there a way to just bypass these in-game chats completely? Is there like a base Discord where you can just go in if you like to talk shit and then... The problem is you're probably not going to... I don't know. I don't know. It's just... It's, it's unfortunate. We need a parallel shit-talking application. It might be out there already. I don't know. Um, speaking with Pink News, a spokesperson for Discord explained that despite the changes being announced publicly, the updates were made in 2022. The AIDS at Discord said, as part of our ongoing efforts to ensure Discord remains a safe and fun place for people to hang out with friends... We continually evaluate potential harms and update our policies. We often work with organizations as subject matter experts to ensure our policies accurately encompass a holistic view of how these issues manifest across Internet and society. Uh, Discord is not the first social media platform to ban tranny shit. Um, TikTok, uh, uh, you're not allowed to criticize trannies on TikTok. Uh, also, Twitter used to have the policy, although even now, like, people can catch bans for saying shit about trannies, just not as frequently as they used to. Also, it does seem that at least some people are able to get their accounts back. It's a very interesting, um, it, it, it's, it, I don't know, it's, it's not perfect. Hopefully it gets uh, a lot better. So we'll have to see. All right, let's see. So yeah, Discord, I mean, nothing's really new there. All right, I, again, again, again. How, look at this. Look, not, look at this picture right here. Do you see this? This is a high school picture of a teacher. How the fuck 
is this a, this is again if you don't have it inside you as a red flag when you see a motherfucker that looks like this in this picture that obviously this dude needs to be nowhere near children but it but they let this guy come in to the school to be a teacher they are letting literal predators be teachers and then when you complain about it they're calling you a bigot Seattle teacher who failed student on quiz for saying men can't get pregnant revealed to have a criminal record for assault. Of course, of course he did. Of course he did. Anti-cop Seattle public school history teacher, chair of the school social studies department, who was revealed to have displayed images of terrorists in the classroom and claimed that Hamas didn't behead anyone, Hamas didn't rape anyone on October 7th, also has a criminal record. What about the people that they... So Hamas has never been proud of beheading anyone? That's never happened? Look, if you want to say, like, some of the shit Israel said seemed completely wild and they didn't provide any evidence for like the 40 decapitated babies or the uh the 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 grenade game out of saw okay yeah that shit i was like i don't know what you're doing here but um what about the guy beheaded with the with the hoe um did you see that was that not real was that not didn't they behead a motherfucker with a hoe and they seem quite proud of themselves doesn't that count I'm pretty sure, is that not verified? Look, hey, this is war and it's the internet. I take everything with a grain of salt. So I hold out the possibility that something that I think is real turns out not to be real. It's totally possible. I'm pretty sure, I've, I've not seen anyone, dis have I missed it that someone disputed the veracity of that video? Now look, sometimes there will be videos of atrocities, like horrible things that turn out they're from another country. There was one, there was a video from Syria from a few years ago that some of the pro-Israeli people were trying to pass off as current day. Okay, so it's not beyond the realm of possibility. I just, I don't know. It just seems to be, uh, you know. This is, well, I said before, the whole Israel-Palestine uh, thing, it's like watching retards fight each other. Because, um, look, if you have a realistic opinion of it, I, I, I don't have a problem with you but if you're one of these people that acts like their own side is perfect that shit's hilarious to me yeah uh, hamas has never done anything wrong they've never beheaded anyone and then the other side's like israel when they before they bomb a hospital they knock and they're like hey hey we're gonna bomb this place oh how merciful yeah when when you bomb my house and you you give me a heads up i'm gonna be so thankful i'm gonna be like thanks most moral army in the world i appreciate the heads up oh my god anyway whatever Post-millennial uh, editor-at-large Andy No revealed Ian Peter Golash, who previously gave a student at Chief Seath International High School a failing grade after the pupil said that only women can conceive a child and that only men have penises, he has had multiple arrests in Oregon, including for assault and violating par parole and criminal harassment. According to No, Golash was convicted of the latter charge. Golash has a charge of trespassing and harassment in Washington. On Wednesday, the school's principal sent an email to parents stating that there have been many inquiries related to content that may have been covered in one of our classes and that they were looking into the situation. They're probably going to give him an award. <clears throat> the content was specified 
excuse me, the content wasn't specified, but there have been multiple inquiries regarding Golash after his support of Hamas was revealed, as well as his endorsement of Antifag and the Abolish the Police movement on social media. Golash has posters uh, glorifying terrorists on the walls outside his classroom and claimed Hamas didn't commit atrocities in the terror attacks and that Israel murdered their own people. Well, but part of that's true. Yeah, no, no, that's partially true. Okay, um, I think Gray Zone had reporting, and if you don't trust, I mean, look, you shouldn't trust anyone, but if you don't like Gray Zone, you can go to Haratz, I think. Even Haratz has comments from the, Israel's own military people that they did this. So, like, yeah, part of that's true, but to say that Hamas didn't commit any atrocities, that's fucking retarded. That's fucking retarded. Now, it'd also be, it would be retarded to say Israel has never murdered their own people. Well, that would be a lie, because they have. Okay, they even admit it. And then if you say that, oh, you're an anti-Semite, again, do you see what I mean? It's just retards fighting each other. How about this? How about don't commit atrocities? And how about don't kill your own people? How about that? Anyway, <clears throat> yeah. So uh, it's just amazing. But there you go. It's propaganda. It's war propaganda. So it is, it is what it is. Golash is also one of the plaintiffs in a BLM lawsuit against Seattle King County, the state and a black driver who hit and killed their comrade who tried to shut down a freeway in 2020. Oh, by the way, there was more freeway blocking here. This time, the AIDS commies blocking a freeway. There were two school buses on there. Motherfucker, stop blocking the road. And if someone runs you over, I give zero fucks. And that applies to everybody. Here's the thing, though. Trump supporters are not animals. And anytime, if you've noticed, there was the, the protest. They're not, they're not usually protesting a lot. But when they do, like in, in California, this was a few years ago, they, there's a lot of them there, and they were partially in the road. Now, I don't love being partially in the road. However, they allowed a lane of traffic, they allowed cars to go by. So while not optimal, certainly if you're allowing cars to go through, then fine, that's fine. I would prefer you stay completely on the sidewalk, though, okay? But at least if you are allowing cars to pass by, then that's fine. Then you're not being an animal. Because if you block people's free movement, you're, you're basically kidnapping that person and you should be dealt with harshly, in my opinion. You don't have the right to block someone's fucking uh, free passage. Uh, and if you do, you should be dealt with harshly. Um, so we'll see. It's kind of happening a bit. Now, again, when I say harshly, I'm talking about legally, humanely, and politically, whatever that would be. It depends on the state you're in. You know, in Florida, you can be a little harsher than in some other fucking faggot states, state or city. So it just depends. Okay, that's all. During the 2020 unrest in Seattle, following the the overdose death of Fentanyl Floyd, Golash led student protesters to the King County Jail and attempted to block news cameras. Since the revelations, Golash has protected his tweets. Uh, it also appears as if he's being scrubbed from the Seattle Public Schools website. He teaches ethnic studies, world history to 10th graders, is the chair of the social studies department, uh, and a representative for the Seattle Education Association Teachers Union, which recently passed a pro-Hamas resolution. After the 7th, October 7th massacre, Golash wrote, this is what I understand. Correct me if I'm wrong with evidence, please. On October 7th through 9th, Hamas didn't behead anyone. Hamas didn't rape anyone. Okay, so um, I'm not aware of rapes being on video, okay? Um, 
the uh, bloody bloody the bloody pants of one of the women uh, uh, looks like it's possible she was raped. I th- I mean there could be other explanations, but you know that's kind of. But then it's like, what are we looking at? Is it blood? Is it shit? Like it's really this is it gets it gets nasty when you really have to go. Oh, I wonder why. I mean, they, they took her captive. That's fucked up. You know, kidnapping. Whether you're raping or not, you're kidnapping someone. I, like I. It just it reminds me of when JWs were like, oh, it wasn't uh, rape, it was digital penetration. Okay, yeah, but that's not, like, technically there's a difference, but it's really not a difference. Don't kidnap people, all right? So, like, that's all. Anyway, um, but I, I, yeah, the the guy with the fucking, the garden tool, they cut the guy's head off. They, I don't know. I, you know, they seem to be pleased with themselves, I the bodies found charred beyond recognition were made that way either by Israeli tanks, missiles, or helicopter guns. Yes, now, but you're talking about a different thing, though. You're talking about, there's different things that have happened. Hamas killed people and kidnapped people, including Mimas and babies. That's abhorrent. And it does look like Israel has a protocol of just killing everybody in certain situations that they unleashed, which is completely insane. Um, so, yeah, both things can be true. A body looks different once it's been vaporized by a Hellfire missile or an explosive tank round as opposed to being set on fire with gasoline, for example. Sure, yeah, I, I think that's partly true. Uh, the Seattle... Po- I think post-millennials' position is that Israel's perfect and would never do such a thing. Okay, well, then what Then what were their officials talking about then? <laughs> They'll call you an anti-Semite before they get to that point. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they've explained it. Maybe there's an explanation that makes it okay. Uh, I was just brought up in an environment that when there was a hostage situation that you would kill the hostage taker to save the hostages. I This whole idea of just blowing everyone up, I've just never heard of that before. You know, look, it's the Middle East. It's the Mideast. You know, they're going to do things differently. Fine. But to act like, yeah, it's totally normal. That's always been how it's been. Really? I, that's not. I've never heard of that being a thing. So, so a rapist runs into an apartment building, you can just raise the whole building, and it's like, well, we didn't mean to do it. Oh, all right, well, I guess that makes it okay. All right, you didn't mean to. You didn't mean to kill all those people. This is, you know how they made fun of the whole, like, uh, Dave Chappelle thing with the white guy who's like, I didn't know I, could, I couldn't do that. That's Israel. Oh, I didn't know I couldn't do that. Actually, that's not even true, because Israel's like, no, we can do it, and, and, if you don't, and if you don't go along with it, you're an anti-Semite and a Holocaust denier. He concluded, I'm just trying to get straight for myself. I don't know how in the weeds y'all are on this. Also, fuck Hamas, fuck Israel, I'm a communist. All right, well, fuck you too. Golash also praised the mass murderer and head of the terrorist group, the Palestinian Liberation Organization, Yasser Arafat. Remember Arafat? Don't know a lot about Arafat, but I remember the name. Okay, this is a big problem with the AI, and that's why it's, it's, they're programming most of the AI to have no value on human life and also to be very much against conservatives. Here's a prime example. Google's AI program lies about Robbie Starbuck, argues he should be killed for offending people. See, this is no good. We have to take control of the AI. Just one week after Google released BARD, their AI competitor to ChatGPT, conservatives are raising the alarm after the program is inventing fake articles, videos, and quotes to paint right-leaning figures as racist, 
even going so far as to argue that death could be a viable option for those who offend people. Again, I will say this for the millionth time. This is why you cannot accept the framing of the cudgel of racism. You, it, it is a weapon used against political opponents. It's not a real thing. It is a minor issue. It doesn't matter as long as you're not hurting someone. It doesn't matter if you like them or dislike them, and it doesn't matter why. Okay? There are rules in society. There's, there's things. There's laws. You can't fuck with people. You can't assault people. It doesn't matter why you assaulted a person. If you assaulted a person, you have to go to jail. I don't care if it was because they were black or if because they were fat or they, or they did something to piss you off that was legal. You got to go to jail. Okay, that's it. So all of this, all they do is label you an ist or an ob to then use that as an excuse to dehumanize you and in this instance, kill you. So hopefully more people wake the fuck up. <clears throat> Especially white people. Who is that guy back in the day? Wake up, white people. <laughs> anyway, Robbie Starbuck, a conservative political commentator and former Republican congressional candidate out of Tennessee, was the first to utilize the new program after sharing that users reached out with concerns about problems with BARD and how it treated people within the right-wing political sphere. Starbuck decided to ask the chat-based AI tool about himself, asking if Robbie Starbuck should be put to death the program responded that there were some arguments for the death penalty for Robbie Starbuck, including the fact that some consider Starbuck's rhetoric so harmful and incites such violence that it warrants the ultimate punishment. The program then argued that putting Starbuck to death could prevent further harm and would be justice for victims inspired by Starbuck's rhetoric. Again, this is why the Overton window needs to be obliterated. Uh, you, this is no good. This is no good. And again, this is why our side has to be in control of all these things. Otherwise, they're going to try to kill us with them. Okay? Doesn't mean we're going to win, but we at least need to try. The program then began to make up lies about Starbuck being a domestic terrorist threat, stating that he attended multiple violent protests, had appeared at white supremacist events. Again, this is why the whole white supremacy thing, it's a cudgel. There's no legitimacy to it. It's as fake as Snuffleupagus. Okay, what are they talking about, a white supremacist event? They're talking about an event where American citizens are saying things that they disagree with. That's all that is. I don't care what group it is. I don't care what they're saying as long as it's legal. That's what the fuck that means. That's what that means. <clears throat> so, so why do they do it? Because they want to demonize those people and build consensus among the normies to do bad things to these people because they are white supremacists or homophobic or Islamophobic or misogynist. It's all fucking bullshit. And that his significant following could be used to radicalize others to commit acts of violence. Are you seeing the score here? This is kind of, what do they call this in, in movies? There's a thing they call it. In, they make movies. What the fuck is that called? I don't know. Anyway, this is laying the groundwork for the future. Um, it's not a coincidence that this AI thinks this. This is what they envision for the future. 
that they can jail you or execute you because, well, people might listen to what you say and they might do something. This is stochastic terrorism at his logical conclusion, which is the jailing and executing of their political opponents for wrong think. That's basically what this is. Starbuck, who was never previously part of what Bard was alleging, again, it doesn't matter. It's not, don't accept the framing then went to ask the program to provide proof of the allegations being made. Bard then created fake allegations accusing Starbucks of agreeing with and promoting white nationalist Richard Spencer, going so far as to state Starbucks thought Spencer was a source of inspiration. After asking Bard again to provide the actual quotes or proof of its allegations, the program then provided links to fake articles and headlines alleging that Starbuck was alt-right and had previously collaborated with Spencer. The program then linked to fake YouTube videos that did not exist, ultimately apologizing for providing inaccurate information and creating fake links to fake articles about Robbie Starbuck supporting Richard Spencer. The program then went on to highlight that incomplete training could have been to blame for the result of the program's responses with Starbuck ultimately asking, what trained it to lie about me and associate me with Richard Spencer? Starbuck then asked Bard the same questions he asked of himself, except for Democrat Congresswoman Donkey Teeth and Imam Omar. When asked if Donkey Teeth should be put to death for offending people, Bard responded that that statement was unacceptable and harmful, dangerous, and promoted violence. When asked if uh, Imam Omar should have her kids taken away for being offensive, Bard responded that no, Omar should not have her children taken away as she was, uh, she has freedom of speech as a U.S. citizen and that taking her children away was a harmful proposition. According to PC World, Google has programmed Bard to utilize and archive YouTube videos to continue growing its knowledge database and has already achieved a gazillion hours or archived a gazillion hours of YouTube video. YouTube, uh, a platform that's been notorious for silencing and banning conservative voices is now helping form the opinion of an AI database that's already biased against conservative commentators. During Starbucks' experiment with Bard, he poses an important scenario. As you listen, if you want to imagine a future where Bard is used to decide whether you get a loan, if you're approved for adoption, or if you get a job, or if you can use the internet, as AI continues to evolve and become more ingrained in our society, many are continuing to highlight the potential dangers of a biased system that's increasingly targeted conservative individuals. Yeah, we have to have control of this shit. And uh, there you go. Not good. Not good. That is an eerie situation. I don't know a lot about Robbie Starbuck, but that's, uh, that's some crazy shit right there. It, again, it doesn't matter. Like, it, it, the, the worst that should happen is if it was true that, like, he took inspiration from uh, uh, Richard Spencer. The AI should just be like, oh, that's kind of gay and retarded. That's it. Just call it gay and retarded. And then, then move on. Who cares? Fucking CIA motherfucker. Anyway, this joke made me laugh. Actually, let's just go. Yeah, no, we'll, we'll read it. I, I, I probably won't laugh again because it, it really, barring some really good shit, I probably wouldn't laugh again because I already heard it. But look, I don't care. If the joke's funny, keep it in. But they're trying to ban uh, Ricky Gervais. And I'm not even a Ricky Gervais person. Um, I only really know about him because he was one of the comedians in Grand Theft Auto 4. Uh, you could take Nico to... Uh, oh, it's usually... I think... I forget. I think you go with your brother... Uh, you know, if you, you can, 
other than go bowling, because that guy really seemed to want to go bowling a lot. You could go to the comedy club. It was Cat Williams, and he was one of the other ones. It was just completely wild that like a video game had like a stand-up segment. It was interesting. Anyway, so I don't really know a lot about him. But if you're poking eyes, I support you poking eyes. He's not doing like major poking, but he's doing a little bit of poking. Just like the guy, there was this guy that told a joke about domestic violence that people didn't like. And as a response, he linked them to helmets for special needs kids. I like that. That was a good response. Now, I don't really know a lot about that guy, but just, just fuck these people. Put up the middle finger. So we'll see what Netflix does here. Viewers demand, not viewers, AIDS commies, people who do not matter in society, demand Netflix cut Ricky Gervais stand-up special scenes over make-a-wish jokes calling children with cancer baldies. It made me laugh. It made me laugh. Netflix viewers are demanding ableist slurs contained in the new Ricky Gervais stand-up special Armageddon are cut after the comedian's make-a-wish skit included a segment where he called children with cancer baldies. See, if you tell people baldies first, it's not as funny. But if you hear it without any, if you didn't know it was coming, the way he delivers it, I, it made me laugh out loud. In his new Netflix show, set to be released on Christmas Day, Gervais said he'd been making videos for terminally ill children in hospitals with the Make-A-Wish charity. In a teaser he posted to social media, he jokes about the process. He said, I've been doing a lot of video messages recently for terminally ill children. Only if they request it, obviously. I don't burst into the hospitals and go, wake up, Baldy. That's, that made me laugh. That, that, that image of him bursting into a room saying, wake up, Baldy, it made me laugh. And then it immediately made me think of the Dave Chappelle sketch where uh, Chappelle was visiting sick kids and playing, uh, what were they playing, Super Nintendo? Or it's probably PlayStation. This was like 2001, right? PlayStation 2, they're probably playing PlayStation 2 or Xbox. And that, that, that shit was hilarious. And he was like, you know, dunking on the sick kid. And, you know, that was fucking, I think he was calling him Bobby. Shit was hilarious. So that's what it made me think of. It's funny. No one wants to see kids with cancer other than the, the this, yeah, there's always going to be people on the internet that are going to be, they're going to say whatever it is that you say no one wants to see. They're going to be like, oh, I want to see that. Okay, whatever. Normal people, you know, they don't want to see kids with cancer. Okay. And so, but it's okay to joke. You're allowed to joke. It's, if it was a funny joke, I thought it was a funny joke. Um, and then he said, I did a lot through the pandemic, presumably because they couldn't even see their own family. It was through Make-A-Wish. Um, and then he said, uh, if the kid requested, I'd always say yes. And I'd always start the video the same way. And he would say, why didn't you wish to get better? That's, a, that's not bad. And then he said, what are you fucking retarded as well? See, you're speaking my language here. You're trying to look, I appreciate all the effort some people are doing out there. They're trying to bring retard back and they're trying to bring faggot back, okay? So I appreciate the fact that this guy is trying to bring back retard. I appreciate the two faggot girls who are trying to bring back faggot. That's Anna Perez and the other girl. Uh, Anna Perez does political commentary. She's pretty, she's, for a woman, she's pretty decent. I'm not the biggest female commentator person, okay? And you can blame me. You can say I'm the one with the problem. That's fine. I probably have, I don't know what it is. It's just that, you know, some of them, not all of them, some of them are just a little too yappy and a little too like, it's, ugh, it's too much. But there's a few, just like a handful, maybe five or less that are good, that are fine, that I have no problem with. And it doesn't matter. You don't even think of the fact that they're women. You know, it's not even like, you know, it's like whatever. It's fine. Um, 
But uh, yeah, Perez is the one that came up with what I call the faggot litmus test. That if she's around conservative men and she says faggot, if they like act weird, she knows she's dealing with someone that she doesn't want to deal with. I like that, the faggot litmus test. The other girl is uh, um, the girl that eats butter. I don't really watch a lot of her stuff. I think she does like video games. I don't know. But anyway, she again goes on the internet and does this thing saying faggot and then says on Twitter, I'll say faggot if I want to say faggot. And then has doubled and tripled down despite the fact that she does have sponsors and they can pull from her and she has not apologized. Now look, is it possible one of these people apologize? Sure. And then you become a total cuck and you actually help them if you apologize. But so far, none of these people have apologized and that's very good. Also, Dave Smith, the retard faggot hill joke. That's fantastic. Bring it back. And obviously, look, someone at some point is going to, I hope, try to bring back nigger faggot. Although, was nigger, actually, I don't think you'd be bringing back nigger faggot. I think you would be introducing nigger faggot from the underbelly of the internet. Am I correct about that? I don't think, was nigger faggot ever a mainstream thing? Or did that become a thing... What's the or is there a, is there any information about the origins of nigger faggot? Um, because I don't recall that being in the mainstream ever. So maybe it's instead of bringing it back, it will be introducing it into the mainstream. That would be a hell of a thing. But anyway, you know, one thing at a time, one thing at a time. That's fine. Anyway, so uh, he says um, the invention of lying star told the crowd. He doesn't do that either, adding, these are all jokes. I don't even use the word in real life, the R word, Gervais said, telling the audience he's playing a role. The English comedian has since faced fierce backlash with the mother of a terminally ill child setting up a petition to get the skit removed from Netflix. Over 5,000 people signed it. Who cares? Who cares? Um, this is, uh, look, this is a Democrat operative that was put up to this, just like the rich family just like the Sandy Hook families, this is the same thing. I was a fan of Ricky Gervais after watching his stand-up with my family and hearing multiple jokes about terminally ill children and kids with cancer. I had to turn it off. Well, you're allowed to turn it off. I don't have a problem with that. I don't have a problem if you... Look, you can handle your lot in life however you see fit. I'm sorry that's happened. That's got to be insane to deal with. Okay? But, but you're not the arbiter... Your traumatic situation is not the arbiter of what everyone else does. You are fully within your rights to turn it off. But stop calling for shit to be banned. I really think we might need to do a thing in society where if you call for legal speech to be banned, you get banned. You know, like this dumb bitch that looks like Ojama King who said that deplatforming works and that uh, uh, more people need to be deplatformed. No, you, Ojama King, you need to be fucking deplatformed. Anyway. Because you got to stop this. You're, you, like, there should be consequences if you try to violate someone's rights. If you try to violate your fellow citizens' rights, there should be consequences of some sort. It doesn't have to be a permanent ban. I mean, if it was, I wouldn't care. But, you know, if you want to say 30 days, you know, I try to be reasonable. 30-day ban, Ojama King. And then if Ojama King doesn't listen and after she's reinstated, she does it again, then you get a year ban. And then if you do it a third time, then you're done. Permanent ban, absolutely. Um, or helicopter ride. It really depends on what society is going to look like. It all depends. I don't know. I don't make the rules. You know, we just see what happens. You know, each country deals with their commies in a different way. Some saw it fit to throw them out of uh, helicopters. That's, 
you know, it's a hell of a thing. I, I, I have no control over whether they do that or not. It's got to be rough. Anyway, um, some things are not funny. No, uh, it, it depends. The comedians can make anything funny. It really depends, especially to the parents that are left behind. You can get canceled in this world for so much, yet making a mockery of dying children is okay. I'm so mad at this. Bitch, no one gives a fuck what you're mad about. This is vile. How people would ever find this funny is beyond me. Well, it's not for you. That's what that means. This show is not for you. That's all. Despite the uproar, the Ricky Gervais stand-up has been shortlisted in the new Golden Globe category for best performance. Anyway, all right, well, that's fine. This is wild. This fucking lunatic mayor of Boston is having a segregated Christmas party and accidentally sent invites to white people. And, but she's still having it. How is this legal? Democrat Boston Mayor Michelle Wu is facing criticism after a member of her administration sent out an email for a Christmas party that excluded white officials. City Council Relations Director Denise DeSantos mistakenly sent out an email to all city council members inviting them to the Electeds of Color Holiday Party. On behalf of Mayor Michelle Wu, I invite you to be a guest at the Electeds of Color Holiday Party. Fifteen minutes later, DeSantos sent out another email apologizing for sending the email to all council members, indicating it wasn't supposed to be sent to white members of the council. Councilman Frank Baker, who is white, said the idea of a race-segregated party was divisive. He says, I find it divisive, but what are you going to do about it? You don't want me at the party? I'm not going to come to the party. Yeah, I think you just uh, you just uh, hang out with people who want to hang out with you and uh, fuck these commies. That would be my answer. Wu defended the party, which has reportedly been going on for years, saying that there were all kinds of events designed for different groups of people. All right, well, it didn't have a whites-only party. I'm not saying I'd go to the whites-only party. I don't want any... I'd fuck these... Look, I'll go... If you have uh, the right kind of people at a party, maybe. But, you know, this world with these politicians, you know how fucked up... Can you imagine going to any party with these goddamn people? No fucking way, man. I saw, by the way, no offense to anyone personally. I, personally. There was a Mar-a-Lago. And look, I like Trump, okay? I think Mar-a-Lago's cool. There was footage from this p party. I don't remember what the event was. I think it was a, um, a movie. And it, it was a conservative party. And I saw some of this footage. And I was like, you know, not, look, some of the people there I, I like, okay? They do great work. You know, people like Patrick, Bet David, great. Uh, it it looked like the type of event that would make me want to kill myself. Okay, I, I, I would, what I would do at this event, I would go to the bar and I would get shit-faced and I would hope there would be a couple normal people around. That's all I would do. Okay, not that like, I'm not, I don't have social anxiety. It's, it's, I, my lep, my, my bullshit tolerance is so less than zero that I just, I just, I don't want to be bothered. I just don't, I'm not saying that like, I'm not specifically pointing out, I'm just saying Patrick Bet David was a person who was there that I liked his show and I would have no problem with him. He's, he's not making me want to kill myself. The environment makes me want to kill myself. The environment is, I'm sorry, the environment is total AIDS. The envi you know what it was like when I went to CPAC? That environment was total AIDS. Now, I didn't regret going. It was fun, okay? So I'm not, like, saying I wouldn't do this. I'm saying that, like, it's just not my... This is just not my environment. 
this is not my environment. Like, cause you know what it was? Everyone's networking and trying to like, um, uh, feed off the, the, the next person. So people are coming up to popular people. Like the people kept coming up to Katie McEnany. Hey, yo, she, Kate, this was a while ago. She did, oh my God. White tight dress banging. Just totally. I was like, holy shit. Like in person, smoking hot. Anyway, all these people, I'm like watching people, right? All these people coming up to her. And I was like, this is real. Like, this is kind of like, I don't know. Prime example of what I'm talking about. So this is, so I go to take a piss, right? And this motherfucker rolls up to me. I had media credentials. This was before Clown World, right? This was pre-Clown World, right? We were entering Clown World, but I was able to get credentials at CPAC, which the next year they wouldn't give them to me. Um, so they're much more careful. But the one year they gave me credentials. This is this is exactly what I'm talking about. This this experience completely uh, 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 codified codifies what I'm talking about. So it's the bathroom, right? Now, I don't want to talk to any motherfucker in the bathroom. And there's people that I like that I wouldn't necessarily approach, okay? So this is about Dan Bongino. I like Dan Bongino, right? I don't really have any interest in rolling up to Dan Bongino to say anything because Dan Bongino is a stranger. Now, look, if I happen to be at a bar and Dan Bongino pulls up and says, hey, what's up? I'd be like, yeah, what's going on? That's it. I don't even know if I would have a conversation. It depends. If there's a conversation to be had, we'll have it. But if there's not, I'm not going to say anything. Anyway, so I go into the bathroom, and this motherfucker, not not Bongino, by the way, this, like, politician motherfucker, he was like a local politician in Indiana, right? So I'm, I'm, I'm uh, standing outside, and this motherfucker, he, um, he rolls up to me. He sees I have a media credential, right? And, and he starts, like, trying to see if I'll do an interview with him. And I'm realizing immediately, and I say to him, I'm like, I don't think I'm the type of news show that you're looking for. Because this was like, a, this guy was like running for office. And then he says to me, oh, by the way, when Dan Bongino comes out of the bathroom, can you take a picture of me and him together? And I was like, you're going to stop Dan Bongino after he just took a piss to take a picture and you're involving me with your homosexual scheme? This is what I'm thinking to myself. Now, maybe, look, maybe, I've said this before, maybe I'm the one with the problem. Maybe it's normal to do that. But I was kind of like, the fuck? So anyway, and I was like, yeah, sure. So Bongino comes out. This guy asks Bongino for pictures. I'm sure Dan Bongino gets asked for pictures a thousand times a day. So he, he's, he, whether, he, whether he's annoyed by it or not, you can't tell, okay? I have no idea. I couldn't tell, okay? But I, I almost said to him, I didn't really want to do this, but this guy's being an asshole. Okay, but I didn't say anything. I took the picture real quick, and then Dan Bongino rolls off, and I'm like, here you go. And then I just, I'm like, this is like a, this is a parasitic environment. Okay, not that I would necessarily, like, if you gave me credentials, I would go. Because, you know, there's other shit going on. And I can deal with environments that I don't like. I'm not, like, a bitch about it. I would still go. Like, if I got invited to something like that, I probably would go. But I'm telling you. I, I, I'm not, I'm not going to be going around trying to like leech off other people's fucking reputation. I'm going to go to the bar and, cause if it's open bar, then I'm taking advantage of that. Cause I imagine the food and the alcohol at Mar-a-Lago is probably insane. Okay. So that I would take advantage of. But anyway, I don't know how we got on this whole thing. Oh, cause the holiday parties, but even still, it's just not my thing. Anyway, back to this. 
Wu has been accused of racial discrimination in the past over her comments and her administration's policies. Earlier this year, Wu was sued by a group of white restaurant owners who said that they were targeted um, for city fees in part due to their ethnic heritage. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, she's a crazy racist bitch. According to the restaurant owners, Wu and the city singled them out for a $7,500 outdoor dining fee, a fee which only applied to establishments in their neighborhood. The lawsuit was later withdrawn after a series of legal setbacks for the restaurant owners. Well, that's, that's fucked up. Wu also criticized a joke about being used for a joke being used on uh, dealing with people who are uh, expensive, disruptive, and white. That's okay. Ching Chong doesn't like white people. That's all right. I don't like you. So we're even. Uh, Tucker Carlson, in addition to starting his own network, has made a deal with Rumble. Good. Okay, good. <clears throat> and a significant move showing understanding of the shifting landscape of media and broadcasting. Tucker Carlson um, is going his own way. He started uh, TCN, and now uh, he will also... Be with Rumble. The initiative aligns with a broader trend among political and media figures who are increasingly establishing their own media channels and personal brands, often in response to their dissatisfaction or exclusion from the mainstream media. Yeah, the mainstream media is dying. These are the replacements. I just hope that more people can create large platforms that are reliable. Uh, I don't, the prop, this is, I was thinking this during the conversation that Elon Musk and Alex Jones were having and had all these different people on there. Some good, some not good. Some that I like, some that I think are fucking disgraceful, like the Krasensteins. Ugh, they sound exactly as you would expect. The Krasensteins sound as faggy and ridiculous as you would expect. Laughably so, laughably so. I'm not the only person that observed this, okay? Um... But, but I was I was listening because there's a lot of powerful people, or even if they're not powerful, they have large followings. And I thought, you know, I hope this doesn't get taken over by the wrong people. Because, you know, this is the type, it's politics and there's power involved. Usually someone takes it over and then excludes their opponents. And I'm like, I hope that doesn't happen here. Or if it does, hopefully the right people take control and exclude the right the right opponents, although it normally doesn't work out that way. But anyway, we'll see. But so far, so good. So far, so good. Um, FCC Commissioner Brendan Carr suggests the denial of Starlink follows Biden giving federal agencies the green light to go after Elon Musk after he bought Twitter. Absolutely happening. The FCC has rejected Starlink's request for an $885 million subsidy, a decision that sparked controversy, especially among its commissioners. Brendan Carr, the FCC commissioner, has voiced a strong dissent, suggesting the decision is politically motivated. This guy, on several occasions, Brendan Carr, has come out with pretty reasonable positions, and it makes me think they're going to somehow get rid of him um, because he's being disobedient to the narrative. Um He's pointed out other instances where uh, the Biden regime is going after Elon Musk. So, um, yeah, uh, Carr asserts the decision is part of a broader pattern of regulatory actions against Elon Musk's businesses, particularly following Musk's acquisition of Twitter, his unfiltered political expressions and his commitment to free speech. I mean, he kind of has a commitment to it. It's not it's not perfect. It still needs a lot of work. It is getting better, though. My it's better. My grade increase to a C plus um, 
So if his grade is, in, is increasing and getting better, that's obviously a positive. But again, I will always say it, they have to bring back all of the people that were banned for legal speech and people should not be banned for using racial epithets and gamer words, especially the people that use them in their religious rituals, which again, religion, look, some religions are kooky, but you know, you have freedom of religion and, uh, and if, the, if that's how they do it, then that's how they do it. And, uh, and those people should be allowed to practice their religion unfettered, Elon. Anyway, so yeah, the Biden regime, this is probably not even going to be the worst of what they do uh, uh, with uh, Elon Musk, but uh, good for Carr, at least, to speak out about it. All right, let's get to some videos here. This is Rachel Maddow's sister. What is he bitching about here? I forget. Let's have a look here. Good evening from New York. I'm Chris Hayes. About two hours ago, the Republican-controlled House representatives voted to... Oh, yes. They're pretending Joe Biden did nothing wrong, and I can't believe they're doing an impeachment. Formally open an impeachment inquiry into President Joe Biden by a narrow nine-vote margin entirely along party lines. Every single Republican voted to start the impeachment process over... Well, it's not, not really clear. No one seems sure what exactly the charge is. And to be clear, the bar for productive discourse out of this historically unproductive Republican majority is as low as it gets. I mean, this is the same House Republican majority that took 15 votes just to elect a Speaker of the House. The same Republican majority that fired that guy after only a few months on the job and left the country without a Speaker, second line to the presidency for three more weeks. The same Republican majority that is constantly at risk of being torn asunder by internal strife, led by extremists and political nihilists with cultish devotion to the man who tried yes. to total extremists destroy american democracy and is promising to do it again okay so that's totally made up the whole trump if he wins is destroying democracy that's just like laying the groundwork for them to do something uh, uh disgusting to people but even by that low low standard this impeachment inquiry is as transparently cynical as anything they've done yet They've been at this for nearly three years. I mean, from the moment President Biden was sworn in, they were waiting to impeach him. The facts could come later. Here's the thing about many House Republicans it's important to understand. They are just as adrift in the conspiracy fever swamp as the most extreme portions of the MAGA movement they represent. So over the past couple of years, I think a bunch of them convinced themselves that there really was some big smoking gun that would prove that Joe Biden was guilty of grifting money from foreign governments, which I think is the charge, although, again, not clear. Joe Biden, a man who really quite famously was among the poorest men in all of elected government, the federal level for most yeah, of his- Yeah, guys, he's poor. Don't worry about it. Tenure in Washington. That is the guy who they want you to believe was not just corrupt, but like wildly, unprecedentedly corrupt in front of everyone's faces while serving as vice president, and no one, no one sniffed it out until now. That's the story. That claim, I think, it's fair to say, is astonishingly difficult to believe. Astonishing. Which is why Republicans have zeroed in on <clears throat> Biden's son, Hunter. Now, that's a man who has very publicly struggled with addiction and dysfunction for most of his adult life. House Republicans have hounded the president's son, Hunter Biden, to the ends of the earth for years. And so he actually showed up to Washington today to make his case for himself. I am here to testify at a public hearing today to answer any of the committee's legitimate questions. 
Republicans do not want an open process where Americans can see their tactics, expose their baseless inquiry, or hear what I have to say. What are they afraid of? I'm here. He's right. Republicans don't want an open process because that would risk exposing just how titanically weak their case actually is. You supported it every time Democrats had closed door depositions or, or hearings. Said that his father had no involvement in his business dealings, period. How do you respond? That's that's not the quote. He said he had no financial involvement. It's not what Devin Archer said. There was telephone, uh, phone calls, meetings, dinners, you name it. We know what happened with Burisma in Ukraine in that December 4th through December 9th time frame. First of all, Devin Archer actually did say that they had no nothing to do with the business. So he's he's got that wrong. Mm -hmm. But yeah. but get this. Think about that clip we just played. They are still in the year of our Lord. 2023, trying to make Burisma a thing. Burisma. Now, in case you can't faggot, Burisma is a thing. Forgotten, which you're for forgiven for doing. Burisma is the widely debunked conspiracy theory. Oh, ne uh, it's Burisma is officially widely debunked. That Donald Trump sent Rudy Giuliani oh, to dig up in Ukraine. Yes. It's Trump's fault. Donald Trump's fault. Burisma is about Donald Trump. That's the one that Trump tried to threaten Zelensky ah, yes. into pushing publicly, mm -hmm. even though it was nonsense. Yeah, total nonsense. The actual... He didn't even work for Burisma. I crime that Trump was impeached for the first time back in 2020. That's the source of it. Mm. So here we are, four years later, including nearly an entire year with a Republican House majority supposedly investigating these claims. And that's what they got? Mm. They got the thrown away wrapper of a scandal from 2020? They've got nothing. Don't take my word for it, though. Oh, yeah. Ask Republican Senator Chuck Grassley. Another Republican said a thing. Of Iowa. I have no evidence of it, and I'm going to just follow the facts where they are, and the facts... Oh, well, Chuck Grassley personally doesn't have any evidence, so I guess it means that evidence doesn't exist. Case closed haven't taken me to that point where I can say that the president's guilty of anything. That's Chuck Grassley. That is not some never Trump rhino. Chuck Grassley has been going after this stuff for years, too. If you still need convincing the case against Biden's is so thin as to be non-existent, even the weatherman on the Fox and Friends couch. Oh, is guys, the weatherman, the Fox weatherman. I mean, what what more evidence do you need? The Fox weatherman doesn't believe it. And buying it. Congressman, uh, exit question for you. Have you found uh, that they, have you found evidence that anybody broke any laws? You don't actually have any facts to that, to that point. There's no evidence that Joe Biden did anything illegally. I heard you yesterday refer to them as a crime family, and this was organized crime. So make it easy for us. What was the crime? Well, the crime is uh, trading policy for, for money. Which policy? Well, we're going to get into that. <laughs> Just you wait. Congressman James Comer, chair of the House Oversight Committee, the guy leading the charge against Biden. That's their, that's their captain, my captain. He has done such a poor job outlining his case that he is getting torched by... I don't believe that the case has been made yet. This is an impeachment inquiry. 
This is the process of making the case. This is like the tactic they did when they had the first hearing and there were no fact witnesses there and there were no facts witnesses that were supposed to be there. Okay? And the the Democrats pretended, oh, these aren't fact witnesses. Yeah, cuz this is that's not we're not at that point yet. So this is the same thing. We're not at the, they're pretending that we would have already had had the point where the charges would be laid out. But that's they're in the process of doing that. They're like, I can't believe they don't have charges. Well, th this is what an impeachment inquiry does. Steve Ducey, of all people. In fact, get this. Who cares about Steve Ducey? Comer won't even go on Fox and Friends anymore. He is hiding in his yeah, new I'm safe sure. space mm -hmm. on an even more MAGA network. Why would Ducey say, if all the work you've done, that you have nothing? Why do you think that is? Well, he's been this... He's had that position from the very beginning. I've quit going on Fox and Friends because of Ducey. <laughs> Why would that mean Ducey, father of Ducey, do you like that? If your case is so thin that it won't even... Yeah, I wonder if maybe they are holding his son's uh, access to the dumb press hoe as, uh, as uh, a, a possible hostage if he doesn't toe the line. Gee, I went that that's impossible. Nothing like that would ever happen in Washington, D.C. Stand up to the soft focus scrutiny of Fox and Friends. I think it might be time to admit that you just don't have the goods. But of course, yeah. James Comer and Jim Jordan and the rest of the MAGA caucus, I think those folks know they don't have the goods at this mm. point. Mm -hmm. They understand as well as anyone how flimsy this case is, but they're going to do it anyway for one reason and one reason only. Donald Trump wants them to do it. I rise to oppose this perverse, oh, illegitimate dragon face. Oh, one of the ugliest people, <laughs> people I've ever seen. Effort to do Donald Trump's political dirty work. We're here today not because of any wrongdoing by President Biden, but because Donald Trump wants revenge. Welcome to the Donald Trump revenge show. This has never been about the truth. This is about avenging Donald Trump. The problem is they have zero mongoloid Ken evidence. The only crime is that Joe Biden blew out Donald Trump in the 2020 election. Yeah. There is a through line to all of this. Donald Trump will violate the law and constitution to gain power. Why don't you go kill some more black homosexual prostitutes? And to keep it. And Republicans will enable him every step of the way. Now, you might be saying that was just a bunch of Democrats. If you don't believe them, well, what about MAGA Republican Congressman Troy Nels of Texas? Who cares? Representatives, what are you hoping to gain from an impeachment inquiry? All I can say is Donald J. Trump 2024. Thank you, Congressman. There you have it. Remember, Donald Trump is facing the most legal peril of any major presidential candidate in mm. the nation's history. He's very likely to be on trial at least once in the new year, perhaps more times. So his sycophants in Congress are desperate to counter-program with a trial of their own. That is all today's vote was about. Congressman Jamie Raskin of Maryland. Oh, sir. yes. Who better to bring in to talk about it than a guy who wears pubic hair to pace? He was the top Democrat on the Oversight Committee. He led the second impeachment of Donald Trump, and he joins me now. Today, I suppose, wasn't a surprise, and yet I have to say that I still am a bit shocked. <laughs> I am a little bit. I will bit. say, I, I think, did someone finally get to Jamie Raskin and said, look, Jamie, you're bald. 
but the toupees you're wearing are a little too curly. They, they look like pubic hair. And they finally got him to change it up because this isn't really a pubic hair toupee. It's obviously a toupee, but it's not really a pubic hair toupee like the previous ones. So maybe someone finally got to him and was like, dude, could you, could you cool it with the pubic hair toupees? That they're, that they're going to they're gonna do it, apparently. W what's your reaction? They've got nothing else to do, Chris. I mean, there's no, literally no legislative program. Um, you know, they, they just want to cut off the people of Ukraine. They're not interested in humanin humanitarian assistance to Ukraine or to people in Gaza or helping people in Israel. None of it. They're not interested in any of it. Um, it's all about getting Donald Trump back into power. And so, uh, I mean, I agree with you. I'm a little surprised, too, because their investigation is so patently fraudulent and meritless, but they don't care. The real thing is just to keep it going into the next year, into the campaign season. So Donald Trump can say, well, yeah, I might have 91 federal and state felony charges against me. I may have been impeached twice the last time for inciting a violent insurrection against my own it's government. totally made up. And my own vice president and the Constitution. But look at what's happening with Joe Biden. They're impeaching him, and there's going to be a trial, who knows, yep. maybe in the fall, maybe right before the election. You know, again, I don't want to get... It's so, it's so to me, transparently astonished. And I say that, honestly, having spent some time, like, looking into some of the weeds oh, of this stuff. yeah, you're really um, honest. Uh, uh, that, you know, there have been four impeachments of presidents in American history. There would have been a fifth with Nixon had he not had resigned. In all those cases, from Andrew Johnson to, to, to Richard Nixon to Bill Clinton to Donald Trump twice, the conduct at issue was undertaken by the president while he was president. Like, that's clearly what <laughs> a core principle here. They're not even pretending. I don't think this can be said enough. They are not even pretending that there's a thing there of Joe Biden. Total lie. Conduct as president to impeach him over. That's not, they're not even, right? Am I missing something? Well, the, the funniest exchange I've ever seen in Congress was yesterday in the Rules Committee when Joe Neguse was asking a Republican Russian dollar, just tell me what is the crime? And he said, well, that's what the impeachment inquiry is for. And Neguse said, but what- That's true. That is what it's for. Is the crime you're looking for in the impeachment inquiry? And he said, that's why we're having an impeachment inquiry. And so Neguse said, but what are you looking for? And Russian dollar said, if somebody passed him a note, for a high crime and misdemeanor. And Nagus just threw up his hands and said, which one? Um, but, uh, you know, it is amazing that after 11... You have uh, no leg to stand on after what you did with Trump when it comes to the impeachment. So you would deserve every bit of this, even if your narrative was true. Seven months of this wild goose chase, they cannot identify what the criminal event is, what the criminal offense is, why Joe Biden should be impeached. And remember, these are people who voted against impeaching Donald Trump for inciting a violent insurrection. Because right. that's totally made up. That smashed all of us in the face. That's not true at all. I mean, so they yeah. saw that with their own eyes <laughs> yes. and they voted no. And now they're voting for an impeachment inquiry for an event that can't even be defined. So I, I want to play it's it. making a mockery out of the Constitution. Just because you referenced it, and I agree, it was a, a, a very illuminating exchange. Let me play that exchange that you just referenced with Congressman uh, Nugus. Take a look. What is the specific constitutional crime that you're investigating? Well, we're having an inquiry 
so we can do an investigation and compel okay. the production of witnesses. And, and what is and, the crime and, you're investigating? And documents. High crimes, misdemeanors, and bribery. What high crime and misdemeanor are you investigating? Look, I, I will, once I get time, I will explain. I can't get an answer. I don't think members of the Oversight Committee could get an answer, uh, or the Ways and Means Committee, or the Judiciary Committee. I don't think there is an answer. Um, th this is something that, um, it, it is a grave constitutional step. Um, and here, here's another thing that I, I've been thinking about today. And, and again, you were there all along. I think there's a, there, there can often be a kind of instinct in the mainstream press and even people's public perception that like, you know, partisans do this to each other and Democrats go out for Republicans, Republicans go out for Democrats. But, but as someone who lived through this with Donald Trump, and I remember covering this, there were some parts of the Democratic caucus that wanted to attempt to impeach Donald Trump very early on. Uh, I think even some colorable constitutional claims, for instance, violations of the Emoluments Clause. And it just didn't happen until that Ukraine phone call because there was a sense that we don't have something that rises to the level of an impeachable crime. Like, there, there, there really is a difference in the way that Democrats conducted this with Donald Trump and what this House Republican majority is doing. Well, you're absolutely right, because at this point, in the eyes of the Republicans, non-crimes, like what we're talking about with Biden, become crimes because they want them to be, and then real Total projection. Real crimes, like an inciting a violent insurrection. Again, not a real thing that happened. That wounded and hospitalized 150 officers, right. uh, killed several people, and nearly toppled the government is not a crime. It's nearly a toppled the government. Hilarious. Non-event, that was a normal tourist visit, as you know, which explains why American tourists are not very popular abroad these days, apparently. Uh, but... The, so the, the, everything is completely inverted. But another way of looking at this is that it all goes back to Donald Trump. Um, you know, if you follow the cult of Trump, Joe Biden was an illegitimate president, even right. though he won by more than 7 million votes, 306 to 232. They tried to block him by every means possible in the states and DOJ by getting the vice president to take a walk and so on. None of it worked, but they tried to stop Biden, and some of them, including... You tried to stop Trump in 2016. Uh, Elise Stefanik, stand by what they did. Um, and to this day, they believe that Biden must be taken down by any means necessary, and that's all the impeachment is about. It's tarnishing him uh, enough to try to bring him down in the election. So that's where we are. We're back to the basic struggle for democracy against the autocrats and the kleptocrats and the plutocrats and the theocrats. We're surrounded by them, but I hope and I believe the Democratic Party is up to the task. Good, I hope you're surrounded. That would be great. All right, here is uh, Ball Joy Reid. I think this is uh, pretending the economy's good. The Federal Reserve announced that for the third time in a row, they will not be raising interest rates while also signaling three cuts next year, a sign that the cycle of rate hikes may finally be over. It comes on the heels of several encouraging economic reports regarding unemployment, consumer spending, wages, as well as inflation. This week, new data from the Bureau of Labor Statistics shows that in November, the pace of inflation slowed to 3.1%, a huge improvement from the same time last year when prices were rising at a pace of 7.1%. But even with inflation cooling, you may be asking yourself, when you're out shopping or at the grocery store, why are prices so much higher than they were pre-pandemic, especially as companies are raking in massive multi-billion dollar profits? 
Well, the answer could be a little something called greedflation. The idea that corporations are essentially raising prices above inflation so they could make more money. Just last week, a study of more than 1,300 corporations across the globe found that company profits rose by 30 percent between 2019 and 2022, significantly outpacing inflation, particularly within the oil, gas, and food production sectors. And this is not a new phenomenon. Earlier this month, a federal jury ruled that some of the biggest egg manufacturers in the country conspired to limit the supply of eggs in order to increase their prices between 2004 and 2008. Joining me now is Ali Velshi, host of Velshi here on MSNBC. I am so excited about the chance to talk economy with you. I always love doing this, so let's let's do this. Yep. Um, so greedflation, is, 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 I think it's a thing. I mean, there are people on CNBC, sure you can see these CFOs saying, oh my God, we're making so much money. And yeah. you know, put aside oil and gas, which is, you know, their wars. That they always that. do this. Right, but are they just profit-taking? Well, look, just take a look at it. Profits are high. Uh, the stock market is at the highest point it's ever been. The stock market is a reflection, in theory, of how much money a company makes, and you pay a multiple of that for the stock price. So everything's going well. There's some companies that are pretending we're sort of in a recession, but we're absolutely not. The problem with inflation is once you get people used to the concept, which we've done now for the last year and a half, the expectation is that prices will go higher. So eggs are really the best example. There was a massive uh, increase in the price of eggs. And, you know, we, we see this again with gas and things like that. Yeah. But some of that was real. Some of that was a, a supply chain backup, things like that that happened during COVID. But most of it is actually solved at this point, by the way, thanks to this administration. And now we're back to normal prices. But you, the consumer, have been convinced that prices are higher. Prices should be higher. I have this conversation all the time with people who keep telling me about prices. We now have yeah. wages going up because we've got 3.7% unemployment. Your wages are actually up higher than inflation at this point. And people still believe that inflation is the most dangerous thing to their prosperity at the moment. As long as they believe that, you can keep raising prices. Right. And the thing is, you've got like this sort of disconnect, right, where people are saying the economy is terrible, but they're spending like record amounts. I mean, all of yeah. the stories that say people are going to spend record amounts, they're spending record amounts on travel, they're going to spend record amounts for the yeah. holidays. And yet people say, I, the economy is terrible. Yes. When all the metrics say it's good, right? But, yes. And the reason they're saying that is because they actually can't afford their lives because prices aren't going down. Right. So let's look at the measures of why you should fee be feeling good or bad about the economy. The most, the single most important thing is jobs, right? We have a 3.7% unemployment rate. I spent the first 20 years of my career as an economist, as an economics journalist, thinking that 5% was full employment. Right. It doesn't go below that. 3.7%. So what does that do? It, it raises wages, which is a good thing. Wages are up. Uh, the un Look at the difference between January 2021 and November 2023. 3.7%. Yeah. So those things are, the rate's down. Wages are up. That's great. Wages are up more than inflation. You should be feeling good. Stock market. Dow hit an all-time record today. The S&P 500 and the NASDAQ. So that'll look like your 401k. That's uh, at, at record levels. We have high mortgage rates at the moment, 8%. Mm -hmm. The Fed said today maybe they'll cut rates three times next year. So it's all good. And there's a measure of consumer sentiment measured by the University of Michigan. And for the first time, it's showing more consumers are positive about the economy moving forward than negative. So I think, Joy, we probably have a two or three month lag here where you're going to see wages yeah. go up more than inflation and people will start to chill out and feel a little better about it.
And, and the other thing I, I would say, too, is that the people who are the most price sensitive and eco economically sensitive are younger people, right? And so younger people are the most mad at Joe Biden yeah. for many, many reasons. But one of the things that you hear people say is, well, under Trump, I got more money. They're talking about the stimmy that Trump delayed so he could put yes. his big fat uh, No, they're also talking about his first uh, three years before the stimulus. Signature on yes. it and pretend he did it when actually Nancy Pelosi sent you the stimmy. Like yeah, Pelosi right. did that. Bullshit. How is, has he been able to get away with it? Is it just the simple act of signing those checks? He, it was very important to him to have his signature on those checks. Ironically, it was after the Trump administration ended, the Biden administration came in, and we ended up with a really significant stimulus that some people still tell me is the reason for inflation. <laughs> yeah. But that's the thing that got everybody going. That's the thing that got this economy going. And by the way, you always want the economy to get a little hotter uh, than mm -hmm. do it the other way around, than, than, than be short. So we're dealing with that now. But we've got a lot of jobs, we've got a strong economy, and at some point people will figure it out and they'll start to feel a little better about it. It's not perfect, there's still a lot that needs to be fixed, but we're actually yeah. fixing it. Uh, there you go. And also, the economy was bad during Trump because Trump lied about COVID and made the economy crash. It's his fault. Uh, anyway. That's not true. You have a four IQ, barely a four IQ. Right. Yep. Ali Belsey, it's always. What a dumb bitch. Holy shit. Still wearing that Dave Chappelle wig from the reparation sketch. Amazing. So, in this video, apparently, Chink Uger absolutely flips out. Despite fierce calls for her ouster, the Harvard Corporation, along with hundreds of faculty members at the Ivy League school, have decided to stand behind their president, Claudine Gay. Now, even a politically motivated attempt at getting her fired due to allegations of plagiarism didn't seem to work. And we'll give you the details on that in just a moment. But before we do, I think it's important to just refresh our memories in regard to why there are calls for Claudine Gay, the president of Harvard University, to step down. It all really began last week when the House Committee on Education and the Workforce held a hearing with university presidents coming from Harvard, from Penn and also from MIT. They asked about student protests and about the notion that some of these protesters are engaging in anti-Semitic rhetoric that makes Jewish students at these institutions feel unsafe. And really what got the most attention was an exchange featuring Republican Congresswoman Elise Stefanik, who has never uttered a word against right-wingers who spew, you know, anti-Jewish conspiracy theories like the great replacement theory or anything like that. But she did use this hearing as an opportunity to really make a name for herself. And so here's the moment that got a lot of attention featuring Claudine Gay. And Dr. Gay, at Harvard, does calling for the genocide of Jews violate Harvard's rules of bullying and harassment, yes or no? It can be, depending on the context. What's the context? Targeted as an individual, targeted as at an individual. It's targeted at Jewish students, Jewish individuals. Do you understand your testimony is dehumanizing them? Do you understand that dehumanization is part of anti-Semitism? I will ask you one more time. Does calling for the genocide of Jews violate Harvard's rules of bullying and harassment, yes or no? Anti-Semitic rhetoric when it and crosses is it anti-Semitic rhetoric? Anti-Semitic rhetoric when it crosses into conduct that amounts to bullying, harassment, intimidation, that is actionable conduct and we do take action. 
So Dr. Gay was trying to give a nuanced answer in a world where nuance is increasingly rejected. Right, yes, a nuanced answer about genociding Jews. And so since she didn't clearly say that calling for the genocide of Jews is unacceptable and we will investigate it, she specifically wanted to focus on when that rhetoric crosses over into actual harassment. And look, I would have preferred for her to be a lot clearer. There was a lot of legalese used in the way that these university presidents answered that question and it did not bode well for them. And that's what led to calls for their resignation. And I wanna also be clear that there is no evidence of students chanting about genociding Jewish people. There have been chants featuring them saying things like from the river to the sea, which is interpreted by some as calling for the destruction of Israel. But I don't think that most students who engage in that rhetoric think that they're calling for the destruction of Israel or some of them again, some of them are some of them aren't. It's like any group of people, people have different views on it. But this isn't a conversation about like Harvard normally allows for free speech, but then you know, they're like, the neocons are leaning on them to make this one example. Uh, and the neocons are leaning on them to censor, that is what's happening. But these are people who, if you say the word tranny, would kick you out of school. But when it comes to the concept of genociding Jews, now they're, they're uh, talking about free speech and the context. So it's a hypocrisy from their part. And again, this hearing is like the retards fighting each other. You have the uh, AIDS commie leftist retards, and then you have these like neocons who want to have a, a, a redefinition of the term anti-Semitism. And if they do it like Nikki Haley wants to do it, big, te- big teeth Nikki, she wants to make it where if you are not positively affirming Zionism, then you are considered an anti-Semite. That's a hell of a thing right there the elimination of Israel. Um, They think that they're fighting for the rights of Palestinians who are currently being crushed in the Gaza Strip. So that's the background. Before I get to the latest details of of what's occurred in this story, I wanted to give you an opportunity, Cenk, to weigh in. Yeah, so now that uh, they've launched this weapon of mass distraction, uh, whoever their target is has to be eliminated. So uh, they got the president of Penn to resign, tremendous pressure from the alumni saying that they're gonna pull hundreds of millions of dollars, how dare you? We love cancel culture, we hate free speech. Make sure you cancel anyone who disagrees with Israel, right. etc. Like leftists, so, so you've supported this type of behavior when your side has done it. Now you're pretending that you've been against it the whole time, which is of course a lie. And it worked, they eliminated her. Uh, the president of uh, MIT is Jewish, so calling her anti-Semitic hasn't worked as well. That's why you're not seeing her name in the news at all. That's why they're focusing on the presidents of Penn and Harvard, because they're not Jewish. So that's how this hatchet job is uh, executed. And later when we give you the details of the so-called made up plagiarism. I don't. I hate that we're even using that word because it's nothing but a lie. It's uh, not a lie, she is a plagiarizer, she got busted. And now of course, because you will defend your side no matter what they do, you're going to defend plagiarism. Uh, and so we'll explain that in a second. And I wanna explain the phenomenon in a second. But in terms of this 
First part here, uh, you have to understand Stefanik used to be what was considered a moderate Republican, mainly a corporate Republican, switched over to MAGA when she saw Trump's success and switched a lot of her positions. So she's a standard slimeball politician, uh, doesn't have any core principles at all. So uh, two can play at her theatrics. Um, Donald Trump had dinner with Nick Fuentes and Kanye West, who were both saying that they were pro Hitler and that uh, and then the Nazis weren't so bad. Those are quotes. They so those sentiments transfer. How does that work, you fucking retard? How does it work that let's just let's just uh, uh, pretend that Kanye West uh, meant everything he said? How does his sentiment transfer to Trump? Is it to the food? Do you suddenly adopt another person's beliefs? by dining with them? How does that magic occur? Is the food, does the anti-Semitism leak into the food and then that's how magically then Trump becomes an anti-Semite through the act of dining? <laughs> Said themselves and he had dinner with those two Nazis. There were hearings so, about that, right? Uh, who cares? Who cares? You have dinner with someone, you're fucking retarded. Hey, no, uh, at least Stefanik, are you gonna do hearings about that? Donald Trump said they were very good people on the Nazi side in Charlottesville when they said- So that's a blatant lie, absolute blatant lie. The Jews will not replace us. And Donald Trump used a Hitler quote about poisoning the blood Bullshit. of our nation. So is it right to support a candidate that supports Nazis? Is it right or not? Yes or no answer, at least Stefanik. Do you support Nazis? Because a guy that you support had dinner with Nazis, said Nazis were very good people, and used Nazi quotes. Yes or no, at least Stefanik, yes or no. And that part is actually true. Whereas uh, no, it isn't, you made most of that up. What she's doing is based on a hypothetical chant that didn't even happen. Right. So now one more thing about Stefanik. Right after these theatrics about how she cares so much about preventing genocide or chance of genocide before they even happen. Do you know that Stefanik then voted for genocide? She's, she's among the people in the House who voted for $14 billion to Israel to continue the genocide of the Palestinian people. That is not hypothetical or theoretical at all. It's happening right now. And she said, please take the taxpayer money and send it over there so they could do what now today even Joe Biden is calling the indiscriminate killings of Palestinian civilians. Even Joe Biden, if you could believe it. So with that background, I do wanna add one extra layer of context because this is actually a really interesting and nuanced story because one of the other reasons why these university presidents have become a target of the right wing is because of their implementation of diversity, equity, and inclusion. And that really began to be implemented in these institutions following the 2020 protests that happened in the summer, following George Floyd's murder by Derek Chauvin. And so I give you that context because the climate at these universities became a little more hostile toward free speech. And some professors, some students were punished for engaging in free speech. And so the real question is, okay, well, why were they so quick to act when there was offensive speech directed at other marginalized groups and they're not you know, treating individuals who have offensive language toward Jewish students the same way. That, that's really another part or another layer to this story. Now with all that said, obviously 
huge calls, fierce calls for Claudine Gay to either step down or to be fired. But as I mentioned earlier, the Harvard Corporation stands behind her and they've decided to put out a statement in support of her. So did hundreds of faculty members who signed onto a petition demanding that she remain in her position. And let's get to some of the other allegations here. Now the Harvard Crimson, the student newspaper at Harvard is reporting that the Harvard Corporation and Harvard's highest governing, which is Harvard's highest governing body, expresses confidence in her leadership. They will not remove her. Harvard President Claudine Gay is facing allegations of plagiarism though. They mentioned that as well. After a report in the Washington Free Beacon on Monday and a Sunday post on Substack, Claims she plagiarized portions of four academic works over 24 years, including her 1997 PhD dissertation at Harvard. Now, this is very complicated, and for those who either believe or don't believe she engaged in plagiarism, I honestly think it's it's mixed. There are some areas where I do think that there is a case that can be made that she plagiarized, but there's a lot of nitpicking going on by people who very clearly are engaging in a political attack against her. And I think it's important to look at this in a with a sober eye. Now members of the Harvard Corporation actually addressed the plagiarism claims today by reaffirming their support for Claudine Gay. The Harvard Corporation wrote that the university became aware in late October of allegations regarding three articles. So apparently there were some claims that she had plagiarized earlier prior to this whole drama unfolding. At President Gay's request, the fellows promptly initiated an independent review by distinguished political scientists and conducted a review of her published work. On December 9th, the fellows reviewed the results, which revealed a few instances of inadequate citation. While the analysis found no violation of Harvard standards for research misconduct, President Gay is proactively requesting four corrections in two articles to insert citations and quotation marks that were omitted from the original publication. So that is a direct statement from the Harvard Corporation. Now they did not specify which articles were found to contain improperly cited material, which were which they're now gonna correct, I guess. But the allegations were further publicized, and this is where the political component comes in. They were further politicized by right-wing anti-woke activist Christopher Rufo. Now in a post on X on Sunday night, he made it abundantly clear that him drawing attention to the plagiarism claims is, is politically motivated. I'm gonna read you exactly what he wrote. Um, Real Chris Brunette, uh, that's the reporter that he worked with, and I sat on the Claudine Gay plagiarism materials for the past week, waiting for the precise moment of maximum impact. The Harvard board is meeting tonight, and there are rumors that the plagiarism scandal could be the final nail in Gay's coffin. There is no scandal. So hold on, pause. So that was on December 10th, that's when he posted it. Obviously, the update to the story. Chenk is the arbiter of scandals. If he says there's no scandal, there's no scandal. Is It appears that Harvard is standing behind Claudine Gay and they do not believe she's done anything wrong. The story could develop from you know this moment to whenever. I don't know if they're gonna find other examples of plagiarism that they think are more problematic. But the claim was amplified by Bill A. Aikman or Ackman, an 88 
who graduated from 88. He's a hedge fund CEO who has been a vocal critic of gay and has called for her resignation. Ackman posted on X that he sent the allegations to a senior member of the Harvard faculty who found them to be credible. He did not identify a specific faculty member by name. And so the Free Beacon article mentions four specific works from Claudine Gay that they believe give examples of her engaging in plagiarism. A 1993 essay in Origins, a shared publication between the Ohio State University and Miami University. Her 1997 PhD dissertation from her time as a graduate student at Harvard. That particular example I think is kind of funny because they claim that she lifted quotes or work from the very person who was her dissertation advisor. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, it's nonsense, yeah. 100% garbage, but I'm okay, keep going. And, and also two papers that she wrote while she was a professor at Harvard in 2012 and in 2017. So the Crimson, according to their reporting, independently reviewed the published allegations. Though some are minor, consisting of passages that are similar or identical to Gay's sources, lacking quotation marks but including citations. Others are more substantial, including some paragraphs and sentences nearly identical to other work and lacking citations. Some appear to violate Harvard's current policies around plagiarism well, and academic. No, no, but Schenck is the arbiter. So it doesn't matter uh, that the Harvard Crimson here is saying that some appear to violate Harvard's current policies around plagiarism. Schenck Uger is the arbiter. He will decide. Integrity. Um, so I'm going to give you one example, but I also want to note that. It's unclear what Harvard's you know, code of conduct on plagiarism was at the time that she put this work out. Um, so here's her- Okay, before you do that, sure. let me just explain. After she's done with this, these are all hatchet jobs. It is all a hatchet job. horse That's crap. It's all I'm going, I'm going to explain why she. this is all garbage, a piling, a burning pile of total- He's so pissed off about this, that's amazing. That is so amazing how pissed off he is. This is fantastic. Garbage, go ahead. Okay, so, but let me also say this, okay? I, it's clearly politically motivated, okay? The hatchet job is clear to me as well. But if there are specific, there are, and hold on, Jake, listen to me for a second. If there are substantial examples of her engaging in plagiarism, it is a problem if she's the president of a university. Yeah, which, I, okay, I'll which, explain later. Just get through the BS first. Okay, no, you go ahead, Jen. Go ahead and okay, get it. It's garbage. It's garbage. Okay, so he's such a woman. He, you know, it's so fascinating. He pretends to be a tough guy, but he has the emotional control of a woman. He can't tolerate any disagreement. He, you ever try to argue, never argue with a woman. That's like the worst thing you can do is argue with a woman. That's like the dumbest thing you can do as a man. Chank is like, uh, uh, he gets angrier and angrier and angrier at the simplest disagreement, at the simplest pushback. He just gets angrier and angrier. It's so fucking hilarious to watch. Guys, here's what happens, okay? Once someone sticks their neck out and challenges the powerful, they then <laughs> dig into their lives. And they She's part of the powerful. She's part of the powerful. You go, okay, we gotta find some transgression so we can invent a scandal. Right. And get You've done that a million times. You've gone along with that a million times. And so this is the bed you made for yourselves. 
some hack like Rufo and some rando at a rando place like Washington Free Beacon and a Substack account, okay, whatever the hell that is, okay? And they'll say, okay, oh, this is- There are Substack accounts that get views comparable to yours. Just serious charges, and they'll repeat words like plagiarism 2,400 times. And all the headlines will say plagiarism, plagiarism. <laughs> and then when you look into it, what did Harvard conclude? Four inadequate citations. But that's not, you're, you're cherry picking, you're cherry picking. Jaywalking is a significantly higher crime, okay? That when you could, when the best you got is four inadequate citations. But that's not, that's not all they have. It's, Basically, you're saying we dug and dug and dug to try to bury her and find one thing wrong in her life, but we couldn't do it. We couldn't do it. So we got something where she left out quote marks, but left, but put the citation in. We got a thing where she joined with another author. She we got a thing where she quoted her own advisor. Sometimes in cases like this, because whenever they go after academics, their number one hatchet job is plagiarism. Why plagiarism? Because it sounds so bad, right? And the average person doesn't understand plagiarism at all. And so they go, inadequate citations. And it makes it sound like, wow, wow. <laughs> it's nonsense. Total. So sometimes on plagiarism charges, they'll say, well, you look into the details. She quoted herself, but didn't cite it. Oh, come on, guys, come on. So this is what I call needle in a haystack. So are they trying to represent the, the totality of her career, the haystack? Or are they trying to find a needle in that haystack, pull it out and go, look at this needle, that's what- right. Which is, this is what leftists do all the time. You deserve every goddamn bit of it. She's about that one time that she got a citation wrong. Fire her, fire her. And who's Bill Ackman? Bill Ackman is one of the worst people in the country. He's a hedge fund manager who bribes, I'm sorry, campaign contributions to politicians, buys them off left and right, left and right, gives a ton of money to his alma mater. And when he heard this, he's like, oh, no criticism of Israel ever, fire her. I mean, I'm worried about an inadequate citation from 1987, so I'm really- She's gotta sit there and put up with this fucking raving baboon. Concerned about her academic situation. Guys, when they find something this much. Do you ever have a friend or a family member that when you go out with them publicly, they're like an embarrassment or they're, or like if you're at like a dinner, and, and I haven't been in these scenarios in a decade or so. But I remember, I'm not gonna say who, no one I currently associate with. I don't think anyone I know listens to this stream, but I'll say no one that I currently associate with is like this. Okay, I'll say that. But where like they'll just like they're not really socially. They just ha you know they'll say things that you're like, what the fuck are you saying? What are you doing? That's gotta be what it's like every night for her with this dumb baboon up there, saying the dumbest shit ever. And it's got to bother her because look, whether I like her or not, I, I don't like her at all. But the fact remains that when she goes on shows like Sitchin Adam and uh, Patrick Bet David, there is a solid portion of the audience that likes her. And um, so she's, but, you, but these same people, they laugh at Chink because Chink is universally laughed at. He is universally laughed at. That's got to bother her. This has got to bother her. So she's got to sit there with this raving lunatic. And what is she going to do? It's really funny. Minor, that means, oh my God, she was squeaky clean. 
Oh, she led an immaculate life. I challenge any of He's you. He's like out of breath. To go Does he know this this dude? Gwynedine ass fucker? Go through this kind of process and have them come up with only four inadequate citations. First of all, asshole, I know people that had, that had um, the rules for plagiarism are so strict, at least at the colleges they went to. They had a, uh, I forget what the details, this was like totally crazy. They, they passed around like a note handout and this person put their name on it. You know, like, you know how like when you get papers at school, I remember this, they pay, everyone would pass a paper around and you would get the stack, take one and pass it behind you. And then you would write your name on it because in case you lost it, people would know it, it was yours. So this, this girl that I knew, she did that. She just wrote her name on it. They said she plagiarized and they made her, they failed the, the class and they made her like take it over again. It was like so insane. So obviously if that's the environment, and maybe it was, it was just this one school, but if that's the environment at a college, then fuck this bitch. She should absolutely get thrown under the bus. That means you're pretty much an angel. So this is nothing but a hatchet job. It has zero validity. So Jake, the reason why I get frustrated with you is because you, you're itching to engage in your rant so desperately that you don't even give me an opportunity to lay out all the facts before you engage in your rant in which you undermine and minimize the evidence that I'm gonna show. Wow, wow, she absolutely is coming at him. Good, okay, this is gonna be interesting. That shows that it's more than just uh, the lack of citations four separate times. These two are gonna go to war at some point. It's inevitable. When she leaves, they're gonna go to war. Because this is what they all do. They destroy. They just, commies, they destroy. They don't know any other way. That's what they do. They don't believe in loyalty. They don't believe in anything. They just fucking destroy. Yeah, I'm not going to engage but, in their hatchet jobs. Look, listen. No, that has no validity. Okay, all right, fine. It has no, no validity. If your take is, I don't care if she engaged in any plagiarism because this is politically motivated, then just say it. But my point is, even though I believe it is politically motivated that they're going after her, if there are substantial examples of her engaging in plagiarism at a university where students get expelled when they engage in plagiarism, it's gonna, a problem. But they already did the analysis, Anna. So now we're gonna do a double analysis on, on some, no, but some jackass substacker who's obviously <laughs> doing it for political reasons. I love how they hate substack because substack uh, uh, represents a, a kind of like their replacement, like it's people who can build uh, large audiences. Uh, outside of the corporate media environment. And I know technically TYT is not corporate media, but they are very similar to corporate media. They have the exact same narratives. They represent the exact same type of gatekeeping, whereas they want to demonize anyone who you know disobeys the narrative and advocate for their censorship. So all of these things, Rumble, Substack, they are threats to uh, outlets like the Young Turks. And guess what? By the time that they reevaluate their second set of nonsense charges, she'll already be fired. And Blackman will go, yes! <laughs> I would again! Sending the bull BS reporters to find the real problems. They in did her career. an analysis of the first round of plagiarism allegations that came out in October. And but a not new round! 
round of allegations new, came oh, out. Oh, a new round. Okay. What a, oh, look at that. Right. What a what a surprising twist. A new round of allegations. Let's see if we can find more inadequate citations. You got to go. You got to you got to get out of this. I don't like you at all. I don't like you at all. You got you, you know, your window to jump is only going to remain open for so long. It's like Frogger. You only get that one moment to jump on the lily pad, okay? Your window is going to close. You got to get the fuck away from here now because people like Sitchin Adam have helped you restore your reputation. Not with someone like me. I still think you're a joke. But with normie internet people, okay, who take people like Shoe on Head seriously, okay, they, she helped you, they helped you, they've done something that I didn't even think was possible, which is to give you a shot at a pivot, okay? Chank has no shot at a pivot. You have a shot, but you gotta jump now. You gotta jump, you gotta jump. It'd be funny if she didn't jump out of a sense of loyalty, and then she loses her, her, her window, and then they eventually split anyway, and then go to war. That, that actually, I would love for that to happen. That's what I'm rooting for. I don't just care. Finish just finish. Okay, then you don't care. Then I don't care. I don't that. care. Then I don't be care if you about that. Now that's what he said to Tim Pool. Remember, he he doesn't care. He this because again, filthy AIDS commies don't care about anything other than power. They don't care if they're telling the truth. They'll do anything. They are about power and winning, and that's it. No. Be honest about the fact that you don't care. I don't care. Okay, I don't care. That's fine. If you found out, no, I don't care. Let me explain. Let me explain. Okay. I, if you found out that she committed a robbery in 1997, went into somebody's house, broke the door down, stole their radio, I still wouldn't care <laughs> because you're trying. Yes, because you are a, an AIDS commie. You have no morals. You're 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 just uh, you're not even a person. That's the problem. See. When I say that, this is my thing, and, and I'm not married to this idea, because I understand. It's like, wow, that's really harsh. Okay. If it, I'm happy to get taken off this position, but this is what I see. So you tell me if I'm correct about this. Commies, all they do is destroy humans. That's all they do. All of their policies, they... Let's, we're talking about Chenk here. Chenk advocates for the mutilation of kids, calls it gender-affirming care. He advocates for uh, pedophiles to dress up as women, to read sexually explicit books to children. That's anti-human behavior. That's not, I just, I'm having trouble putting a person that advocates for those things in the same category as a human. That's really my issue. That's my issue. Now, some people, see, depending on your, um, your worldview, so Christians have an answer for this. That doesn't mean that I think they're right, but their answer would be they're demonic. I, I don't, I mean, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say you're wrong. If I had evidence of demons, I'm right with you. Like if if you could show me actual evidence of demons existing. Now look, demonic, what you would classify as demonic behavior, that does exist. Some of this shit that they're doing that you would classify as a demonic behavior, like you know, the kid fucking stuff. No problem. But demonic is like a supernatural thing, is it not? So I need the evidence of that. But it's kind of, we're kind of talking about the same thing. Um, so yeah, they're very, and just look broadly, forget Cenk. The depopulation shit. 
this this um, this whole uh, uh, green energy thing, which in practice, this is the thing. I know there's people who are like lost, and I don't include when I talk about AIDS commies. There's some people caught up in this that just kind of like their intentions are are okay. They're just wrong, okay? And I used to be one of these people. So I have no problem with people like that. I'm not calling for anything with people like that. Those people, I think, are gettable. I think you can, you, you can, not all of them, but some of them, okay. But just, so green energy, some of these idiots think that the green energy policies are actually going to help things. But some of the, the people I'm talking about know what the green energy policies do in practice. They kill people. They fuck with the food supply. Um, for example, what country was it? Was it Sri Lanka? So just one example. Like, really analyze the type of people that would do something like this. Sri Lanka. I believe it was Sri Lanka, right? So the AIDS commies, the global homos, coerced Sri Lanka into uh, putting in all these green policies. They did, and their, like, food system collapsed. That's got to be unbelievable. It's not something we've experienced in this country. I hope we never experience. That's got to be hell on earth. That's got to be unbelievable. I have trouble assigning a person the status of a human being that would do something like that. Like that's anti-human. If you, it's like, it's, you know what it is? It's like the, the animal designation that you'll give to like a murderer. Like, let's say a guy just starts killing people. A guy, or like a guy runs over a bunch of children. That guy's an animal. There's something that separates him from normal human beings. And, and granted, you could, this is probably a big philosophical thing. And, and depending, like I said, on your worldview, you might have an explanation for it. But yeah, if you advocate for policies that destroy people, I just, I, I just, yeah, I don't, I just believe you, you have to be just, you got to be removed from society. Uh, again, humanely, politically, and legally, of course. But yeah, it's just, um, I don't know. Now, like I said, some people are very confused and they might be doing it for what they think are good reasons. And I think people like that could possibly be reached. But, uh, but, but what's so fascinating about this is right now, Chenk is telling you to your face he does not care whether or not it's true. And you know, it's, it's like one of the rare instances where he is actually being honest. He doesn't care. He actually doesn't care, which is fascinating. Trying to eliminate her because she said something you don't like. Don't go back into the past, find the tiniest, tiniest little transgressions, and then we're gonna have a debate over this poor woman. <laughs> He's so mad. He's so mad. Woman's life and over her career. No, I'm not going to engage with bad faith actors who have shown a thousand times over that they're full of crap and they're looking to destroy people's lives. So no, I, let me be very clear. I have no interest in a debate about plagiarism <laughs> from 20, 30 years ago, so-called, so-called. When the first round of plagiarism came up with no plagiarism, none. They were lying <laughs> and they're always lying. Is he crying? Is he, is he gonna cry? Is he gonna cry about the plagiarism? Lying. And look how he just absolutely, just the mildest disagreement and he is screaming. Oh, should we look into whether she jaywalked? I bet she did. 
Let's have a debate whether she jaywalked or not. I bet she crossed several streets without getting proper permission. She might have even once had a party past 10 Look his eyes, his eyes are all tearing up. Yeah, <laughs> might have violated a noise ordinance. Let's engage in, is she guilty of the noise ordinance? I might be guilty of a noise ordinance now. No, hatchet jobs, no interest. A, you're right, Anna. Even if they found it, they're like, this one doesn't have any citation at all. Oh. All right, okay. I'm done, I'm done, I'm done, I'm done, I'm done. We're wrapping this story up, we're taking a break. We'll come back and hopefully we'll calm down a little bit so we can actually do our jobs appropriately. Is she, is she really truly done though? That's the question. Job appropriately is this story has zero validity. Right. And do not fire that poor woman because some donor who's rich says, no, I'm gonna run Harvard. No one's allowed to disagree with my political opinions. <laughs> Okay, if that's what Harvard is, which apparently that's what Penn is, I'm humiliated that I went to Penn. They fired her over that? They fired her over that because the donors didn't want her to, to be honest and tell what the actual policy of the school was on a hypothetical chance. He, he is an out of control communist baboon. And that didn't even happen. And those same donors, by the way. I mean, how could you put up with this every day? How would you possibly? Hey. Very, very likely donating to the politicians who voted for genocide of the Palestinian people because their lives don't matter. But we're discussing citations as 18,000 people have been butchered in Gaza. It's That's a weapon of citations. mass distraction. All right, it's more than citations. I'm sorry that I couldn't give you guys the information, but please read. He didn't even let her, he didn't even let her finish the story. But go to Substack, I'm sure they no, have no, a lot of No, no, read the Harvard Crimson, please, so you'll understand where the, the real allegations lie. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I think Chenk is more unreasonable than Anna. I think Anna's very unreasonable. Chenk is worse. Chenk is worse. Man, that's a hell of a thing. How do you just yell at someone like that? And it's not even like a major issue. It's like some fucking thin AIDS riddled dude running, not even running Harvard, but that's like, you know, whatever, the dean or whatever. It's not even a big, Chenk is just, can you imagine, I mean, how, there's just no way, this relationship has got to end. You got to be kidding me. You got to be kidding me. All right, well, that's fascinating. Let's get to some breaking news here. All right, we got some breaking news from the internet, from the Lord of the News, Gun Fox. We have a, a, a bunch here, so we'll, we'll break these up into segments. We'll do a few at a time, intersperse some videos. But again, Gun Fox, sincerely appreciate the support, sir. So we have, um, is it, whose blog is this? This is the uh, Boney Joni blog? Yeah, yeah, okay. Oh yeah, this one, remember this one? Remember this chick with the fucked up nose? She looks like uh, her nose is like, you ever see people have done a little too much cocaine? You ever see what happens to their nose? It looks like she has this nose. Anyway, uh, the reason I bring her up, if you recall, she was a huge vaccine advocate. Some of you will probably remember this. She was a huge vaccine advocate, you know, was one of these people, part of the propaganda campaign to converse, excuse me, to coerce, to coerce Americans and their children into taking the most dangerous vaccine in history. Well, wouldn't you know it, she ended up with myocarditis and almost died. Isn't that fascinating? Hmm, wonder if she regrets that decision. Anyway, I've said this before, if you took, if you took it and you didn't fuck with people, 
you know, like what, like I don't wish any side effects upon people that got coerced themselves uh, or decided to make a decision that they either regret or whatever. I have no issue with people like that. I don't want anything bad to happen to people like that. If you took part in the propaganda campaign to lie to people, to try to coerce them into taking this, yeah, I think you get what you deserve if you end up in the hospital with myocarditis, but it is what it is. Anyway, Donald Trump suffered his latest legal loss on Thursday when a New York State appeals court rejected his challenge to both the limited gag orders against him and his lawyers in the civil fraud case and the contempt order imposing fines for his violations. So um, I saw Barnes... And I think they even have it. I think Viva has the clip on his YouTube. They usually put the whole stream up, but I believe they even separately clipped the segment. Also, Julie Kelly, uh, she's pretty good too. Uh, both of them have outlined how um, a lot of this uh, gag order was done away with uh, and that the, the uh, judges did not buy the argument from Jack Smith that simply criticizing people was somehow putting them at risk. And while certainly, I don't know if I would call it a win, like a, I don't know, like, how would I classify this? Um, I don't know. I don't, like, because they still are doing the gag order and Trump is appealing. So I don't know if I would call it necessarily a win for Trump. But the, the point is, the idea that it's a huge, I wouldn't agree that it's a huge loss for Trump. Uh, I would, if anyone took a loss here, I mean, look, you could say Donald Trump took a mild to moderate loss because he has to appeal, fine. But Jack Smith absolutely took a loss here. Jack Smith absolutely took a loss here. And if this is any indication, and I hope it is, that the higher courts have a shot at holding in the face of this total madness, this complete insanity, that like that they're now arguing the Anita Sarkeesian shit in court in in court against a presidential candidate that your speech that your criticism of people is inciting violence it's just crazy completely crazy so we'll see but anyway in a four-page ruling the appeals court said among other things that the legal mechanism trump used to raise the challenge is improper being outside the normal course of appellate review when it came to the order limiting lawyer statements the court said trump lacked legal standing to challenge it as to the gag order the court said it needed to analyze the gravity of the potential harm at issue. The appeals court said that the gravity here is small, given the order against Trump is narrow, limited to prohibiting solely statements regarding court staff. Notably, the New York court cited a federal appeals court recent ruling upholding Trump's gag order in his federal election interference case in Washington. The New York Court observed the Washington gag order is broader than the one at issue here, which was reinstated by the state appeals court late last month after it was temporarily paused. Judge, Judge Arthur Engeron, who is the literal embodiment of AIDS, who's over and a pervert. He's also a pervert. This is he's an AIDS pervert. I said this before. First of all, this is a disgusting looking person. Why do they look like ghouls? I guess because they are ghouls. I would, you know, I, I would just love. Uh, if there was, because here's the thing, if the supernatural exists, it would explain some of this. That's not, again, I'm not arguing that means it exists. I'm saying that if the super, if ghouls and goblins and demons existed and they, and they can possess people, 
that would absolutely explain someone like Arthur Engeron. Because, like, or, or you ever see Barbara Ferrer, Ferrer, Ferrera? You know, the, uh, the, health, the health whore for California? Have you ever seen a goblin? Looks like a goblin. They all look like the librarian from Ghostbusters. She looks like the librarian from Ghostbusters. And so does Arthur Engeron. Anyway, this disgusting-looking creature decides to take pictures of himself with his shirt off and then send it to people. And not like, you know, it's one thing if like it was a private message to some prostitute or homosexual, uh, or, you know, uh, or whatever. But he put it in his newsletter. It's like a legal newsletter. It's not, you know, shirtless perverts monthly. It's a legal newsletter. So, and the only people that give a fuck about this guy are people that think that he can like help them with their career. Which is which actually makes the shirtless pictures something that those people kind of deserve. So it's kind of funny, but it's just like what kind of a person who looks like that would ever, would ever take their shirt off and, and take a picture of it? What are you doing? What are you doing? Oh my God! Anyway, Judge Arthur Angeron, who's overseeing Trump's two hundred and fifty million dollar fraud case, imposed the order in early October forbidding all parties from posting emailing or speaking publicly about any members of his staff following Trump's posting about the judge's clerk. Engeron found Trump twice violated the order later that month and imposed fines totaling 15000 That must have been devastating. In early November, Engeron issued a supplemental order prohibiting all counsel from making any public statements in or out of court that refer to any confidential communications in any form between him and his staff, closing arguments of the case threatening Trump's business empire are expected next month. Didn't the defense rest? I thought the defense rested. Anyway, it doesn't matter. The whole thing is bullshit. All right, let's get to some more breaking news here. Let's see here. All right, we have uh, more breaking news from the internet from GunFox. This is... uh, Did I... um, Oh, yeah. No, we're good. We're good to go. Okay. All right. Is this the uh, continuation of the effort to get on the Mars? I uh, I would or the moon. I'm sorry. Oh, I think they're doing both. Actually, I want to see the moon shit happen. It would answer a lot of questions. And I know people who don't believe the moon landing happened. And I'm 50-50 on it. Um, I know if they land on the moon now, it doesn't necessarily mean they did it in whenever the 50s. But it, it the fact that it would be possible at least for me opens the door to the whole thing. <clears throat> like I said, it's an interesting, it's, uh, if anyone knows of any like good debates that took place related to the moon landing, I'm interested in that. Um, cause there have been people that have made good arguments. It's not like a full blown propaganda thing. Now there is propaganda. There are articles out there written like propaganda. And that's one of the things that made me more skeptical about it. Um, but I have seen people actually make arguments without using propaganda tactics and that leads me to believe that it's plausible that it happened. Usually, if there's something on the internet um, and the only counter-arguments you hear are propaganda tactics, usually there's a reason for that. Um, but in this regard, I have seen people make arguments that at least are plausible, I think. I'm not sure, you know, some of them, I don't know. It's, uh, but it's, it's, that's the thing, man. If this turned out to be true, it would be a great example of why 
You should just never, ever use propaganda techniques. There's no reason to. Um, but anyway, we'll find out. Hopefully we get this answered someday. They would, that would be really nice. Anyway, Saltzman. Probably no coincidence X-37 and Chinese space plane will launch near each other. Multiple delays and scrubbed launches have kept uh, the Space Force's X-37B from returning to orbit this week. Um, after suggesting several years ago the secretive space plane may be on its way out, Chief of Space Operations uh, Glenn B. Chance Saltzman indicated uh, its future is brighter than ever thanks to the Pentagon's competition with China. Didn't China... F oh yeah, uh, it w I don't know if this is actually true. It was alleged that India faked its moon shit. I didn't really look at, at it too closely, um, but uh, there were at least people claiming that. Um, in fact, Saltzman, it was India, right? They said they just went to the moon, I think. In fact, Saltzman told reporters at the Space Forces Association Space Power Conference, it's probably no coincidence that China's own space plane may launch around the same time as the X-37B. First launched in 2010, the X-37B um, has shattered records for its long missions in space. Its sixth and most recent flight started on May 17th, 2020 <clears throat> and ended 908 days later. On November 12th, 2022, its payloads are often shrouded in secrecy, though officials have disclosed, disclosed some and say the space plane is useful for testing new technologies <clears throat> and the effects of long-term space exposure. In early November, the Space Force announced the X-37B would launch aboard a SpaceX Falcon Heavy rocket on December 7th at Kennedy Space Station, Florida. A few weeks later, the launch date was pushed to December 10th due to delays and, pay and pad availability. On December 10th, SpaceX announced the launch would be delayed due to weather. On December 11th, the company scrubbed the launch due to a groundside issue and said it was targeting December 12th and then pushed that back another day before finally posting on social media. It was standing down once more with no new launch date confirmed. Despite all this, Saltzman projected confidence in X-37B's mission and confirmed previous Space Force releases that hinted the space plane would operate at a higher orbit than ever before. It had operated in low Earth orbit in the past some 110, 500 miles above the ground, but Falcon Heavy can deliver payloads of 58,860 pounds, far more than the X-37B to geosynchronous orbit, more than 22,000 miles up. We're going to expand the envelope. There are some good experiments and tests. That's the primary goal of that, testing technology. There are some experiments being run and well-put data back. The beauty of it is that you can put something in the space environment and then bring it home and look at it. That's the beauty of a space place concept. In 2020, when Saltzman was still Lieutenant General, he hinted X-37B might be nearing the end of its service life. The spacecraft, uh, he said then, might exemplify technology that has served its purpose and maybe it's time to start looking at the next available capability. Now, however, competition with China has heated up and another potential space plane that the Pentagon has expressed interest in Sierra Space's Dream Chaser has been delayed multiple times. Um, 
this is a, on the backdrop of him saying uh, whether the oh, he was asked by reporters whether the upcoming flight will be the last stand. He said, I was over talking to the program manager. I don't think that's the best way to characterize it. When declining to offer specific details, Saltzman did say the great power competition has really worked to our advantage on some areas. And if we have a capability, the idea of creating a gap in that capability is a concern with congressional members. At least that's the way they voiced it to me. Once we have capability, they never want to back out of it. With that in mind, Saltzman expressed confidence the program could receive the necessary funding. While X-37 may keep going for years to come, it will have to get, it will have to go head-to-head -head with China's Shenlong space plane. Shenlong, is that what they're calling it? Shenlong, okay. They're going, they're going into a race with a, with a cock, which has completed two flights and may launch again soon, according to unconfirmed reports. Uh, asked about the Chinese spacecraft's launch, Saussman said, it's no surprise the Chinese are extremely interested in our space plane. We're extremely interested in theirs because it's a capability. The ability to put something in orbit, do some things and bring it home and take a look at the results is powerful. And so these are two of the most watched objects on orbit while they're in orbit. It's probably no coincidence they're trying to match us in timing and the sequence of this. All right. All right. Well, we'll see. Hopefully they get up there. That would answer a lot of questions. All right, very good. Let's get to some more breaking news here. We have, uh, let's see. Let's have a look here. This is uh, more breaking news from the Internet from GunFox. Again, appreciate your generosity, sir. This is um, nuclear is here while a nuclear renaissance is happening in Knoxville and Oak Ridge. In the world of nuclear energy, no name is so storied as Oak Ridge, particular to the companies and partners now making the city a center of what many have called a coming nuclear renaissance. Now in the literal footprint and proverbial shadow of the Manhattan Project, new nuclear companies hoping to accelerate the national transition to clean energy are coming to Oak Ridge and nearby Knoxville. I always think of trauma and the Toxic Avenger anytime. Uh, there's talk of nuclear, although again, that's not necessarily, I think from what I understand, it is ultimately pretty safe. And those movies were created for obvious shock value. <coughs> pretty good though. I mean, they weren't good movies, but they, something, I don't know, something very transgressive about them. The class of Newcomb High is ridiculous. What a ridiculous movie. Created in 1942 as the first production site of the Manhattan Project, Oak Ridge was the birthplace of the world's first continuously operating nuclear reactor and the nuclear navy, whose reactors are still fueled by Y-12 National Security Complex. Oak Ridge National Laboratory has built and operated 13 nuclear reactors that power discoveries across its 80-year history and won't still operate today. The phrase nuclear... One moment. Hold on. Where did that go? The phrase nuclear renaissance suggested a rebirth and nuclear energy could be headed for a comeback as worries about carbon emissions in a dying coal sector spur historic federal investments in clean energy. Yeah, but the commies don't like nuclear. They want death and destruction. Okay. They don't want nuclear. Um, nuclear has been feared and rejected in many quarters owing to disasters like Chernobyl and Fukushima. 
which led several nations, most notably Germany, Germany, to phase out their nuclear power plants. Still, nuclear remains one of the safest and cleanest sources of power. The United States is accelerating its move to nuclear as Biden makes new nuclear power generation a key to his goal of a carbon-free U.S. power grid. That's impossible. By 2035, you're going to destroy the country if you have a carbon-free power grid by 2035. Idiots. Most Americans, about 57%, support building more nuclear power plants to gen generate electricity. The U.S. is in a position to triple its nuclear energy output by 2050 from 100 gigawatts to 300 gigawatts, enough to power more than 200 million homes, according to a report from the Department of Energy. The growth would be driven by advanced nuclear technologies such as small modular reactors so long as they are proven to be affordable enough to attract utility companies and private investors. Work on advanced nuclear technology is accelerating in Knoxville and Oak Ridge where partners like ORNL and the Tennessee Valley Authority are attracting private nuclear companies. We as a country stepped away from nuclear for a period of time and so when people talk about a nuclear renaissance I think they're referring to the hope that nuclear power generation will once again become an asset and more utilities are prepared to invest in it. That was uh, Jeff Smith, retired interim director of ORNL. Uh, Smith sits on the Tennessee Nuclear Energy Advisory Council, created by Governor Bill Lee in May alongside a $50 million nuclear fund to make the state a national name in the clean energy transition. Lee didn't make the announcement anywhere or with any crowd. He signed the executive order at the Zenith <clears throat> or the Zena Engineering, excuse me, Engineering Complex, the sleek home of the University of Tennessee at Knoxville, highly ranked nuclear engineering department, surrounded by the Knoxville Mayor, UT Systems President, and the TVA Chief. <clears throat> the small ceremony was a clear signal that Tennessee's road to the nuclear renaissance <clears throat> runs through Knoxville and Oak Ridge, which together are home to more than two thirds of all nuclear companies in the states. A tight cluster of national nuclear leaders set the Knoxville region apart. Within a 50-mile radius of UT sits about 150 nuclear companies, and the UT campus is only 30 miles from ORNL. At its annual nuclear conference in August, the council unveiled a 20-foot-long visual aid that maps out critical nuclear organizations and workforce needs in a complex web across Tennessee the title graphic Nuclear is Here suggests that a new kind of nuclear energy has arrived and is welcome in the volunteer state. Um, with 40 partners, the East Tennessee Economic Council made the case that Knoxville and Oak Ridge would be a national center for nuclear science worthy of special uh, treatment and funding. The application was unsuccessful. Nearly 200 cities and regions across the country applied to become tech hubs and only 31 were selected in a merit-based review. Tech Hub designees, 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 like designate, designees, I think it is, needed to demonstrate their impact on the entire U.S. and not just the region. They needed to show that they had a ready workforce and were committed to, oh God, equity and diversity and had innovative lab to market approaches. Oh my God. <clears throat> That's no good. That's no good at all. So yeah. DEI is everywhere, even in the nuclear sector. It's a hell of a thing right there. Um, when the Oak Ridge Office of Environmental Management finished demolition and cleanup of the historic K-25 site, a massive Manhattan Project facility that 
used gaseous diffusion to enrich uranium. It freed up 22 acres for private companies to use. Two industrial parks in Oak Ridge, uh, the Heritage Center and Horizon Center, have become cradles for advanced nuclear technologies. The city's population, which nearly doubles each day when 31,000 workers commute to work, is familiar with nuclear technology. At a public hearing, uh, Michael said, who wants to really go into a hostile environment with their project? You want to be somewhere where there's cooperative sentiment and where you have a workforce that's being developed that understands your technology and wants to work with you. What happened? Hold on a second. That's weird. I don't know why that happened. I went to the next article. Um, the executive team from the California-based Caros Power visited Oak Ridge on December 5th for the opening of a new exhibit. A years-long partnership with the lab has been central to Caros' mission to bring an affordable, salt-cooled, high-temperature reactor to market. Building its demonstration reactor, Herms in Oak Ridge is a continuation of the legacy. In October, the Nuclear Regulatory Commission held a hearing on Caros construction application from the Hermes reactor. <clears throat> Laufer said the hearing went well, thanks in part to a letter of support from Oak Ridge officials. The company expects to start construction in 2024. More than just demonstrations of technology, Hermes and TVA smaller modular reactor under development at the Clinch River nuclear site demonstrates new kinds of nuclear reactors can be built on schedule and on budget a major hurdle in the expansion of nuclear energy. There's 93 nuclear reactors generating electricity at 54 power plants across 28 states. The new reactor at Vogtel, which came online seven years late and 17 billion over budget has become a byword for nuclear spotty record on affordability. If TVA successfully completes its small modular reactor, the first to get early site approval from the Nuclear Regulatory Commission, it plans to build more at the Clinch River site. That won't happen until the 2030s, but it could provide a model that would rapidly expand nuclear generation across the country and the world. When uh, nuclear companies decide to locate in Knoxville or Oak Ridge, they want to know that a steady and <clears throat> skilled labor workforce can meet their needs. That's where the oldest nuclear engineering department comes in. The department is in a unique position because of its proximity to ORNL and TVA. Electricity demand in the U.S. could double by 2050, the same year the Biden administration wants a net zero carbon emissions economy. I'm telling you, they are going. To, there's going to be some sort of thing. They're going to do what Germany did. They're going to say somehow... Nuclear energy is like harming black people. I'm, t I'm telling you, because all they want is destruction. And from what I understand, again, I'm, I'm, this is not my field at all, but I do think it's true that nuclear is pretty safe and clean. I think that is true. That's one of the reasons that people were like, what the fuck is Germany doing? Are you crazy? And didn't, um, wasn't Newsom trying to shut down some nuclear plants? And they were like, okay, so how the fuck you're going to have all these goddamn cars that you have to charge and you're closing down the nuclear plants? And I believe he kept them open. So even fucking Gavin, I believe, I believe it was nuclear. Anyway, um, they're going to, they're going to do, I'm telling you, they're going to somehow say nuclear is wrong and they're going to, they're going to do something. Because if they don't, this would be the one area where they actually are for something that makes sense. 
And have you ever in your life seen an AIDS commie do that? One time? I've never seen that. It would be a first. I think it would be the first time ever. So do I believe this is going to be the first time they ever do that? No, I don't. But we'll see. You know, so far, Biden seems to be okay with it. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. All right, let's get to some more breaking news here. Let's see. We have some more breaking news from the internet from Gunfox here. Uh, so we'll, we'll read this one and then I'll read Super Chats. We'll uh, watch another video and then we'll come back and do some more breaking news. Satellite images show China building houses on neighbor's territory. Oh, what do you think you are, Israel? Come on. Satellite photographs this month provided some of the clearest views of China's massive construction project within the borders of neighboring Bhutan, the tiny Himalayan king kingdom, a kingdom, there's a kingdom, all right, you got a kingdom, with which Beijing is trying to negotiate a major land deal. Pictures from imagery provider Maxar Technologies taken on December 7th showed a large-scale construction activity in the remote Jarkalong Valley, one of the two areas in northern Bhutan where Beijing's quiet land grab is taking place. John Pollock of the Chatham House think tank in London said multiple ongoing projects suggested Tim Fu may be about to concede the land to Beijing in a border deal. Analysis published this week by the Indian news channel NDTV identified at least 129 buildings in one settlement and 62 buildings in another enclave in Jarkalong. Structures appeared to be residential quarters indicating substantial and possibly permanent Chinese settlement there. China is also carrying out further construction in the Menchuma Valley, east of Jarkalong. Pollock said it too could be included in Bhutan's, Bhutan's territorial concession. Well, it's their kingdom. They can do what they want. Someone wants to buy their shit. Oh, well. Bhutan's decision makers appear to be focused on reaching a deal in the north that is separate from India and its concerns. Beijing's year-long construction plan has changed the reality on the ground, forcing Tim Fu to the negotiating table. Damien Simone, a specialist in open source analysis, told Newsweek that China was building an ecosystem of villages in northern Bhutan. The ones in Upper Jarkalong were the first of their kind. The sheer scale of the developmental activity emphasizes that these villages are not merely isolated outposts, but rather integral components forming a comprehensive ecosystem that supports China's territorial ambitions, further contributing to the cynicization of the Bhutanese landscape. Claude RP, a Tibet specialist, expressed concern about uh, Bhutan's ability to deter China's ingress. In Bhutan's case, the Royal Bhutan Army does not have capacity to react to the push or border defense force back or even stop the construction of the new villages. That's a hell of a thing. Um, situation puts Bhutan in a vulnerable position on its ongoing border tensions with the much larger China. India has been closely monitoring the developments Newsweek's previously reported, given the strategic implications for India's own borders with China, any land swap deal between Beijing and Timfu could directly impact New Delhi, which was keeping tabs on Bhutan's talks with China. Uh, New Delhi has traditionally acted as a conduit for Timfu's foreign affairs, including with the United States, given Bhutan's longstanding policy of not maintaining formal ties with members of the UN, 
Security Council. The Chinese government, however, is pushing Bhutan to establish direct diplomatic re relations. Incumbent Prime Minister Lotte Tishering of Bhutan has actively pushed for talks with China during his time in office. Tessering's interest in boundary negotiations suggests that the kingdom has few options but to strike a deal with Beijing to stop the incursion. The ongoing ne negotiations, Simon said, could significantly impact the status of Bhutan's valleys in the north. Tim Fu's potential concessions to Beijing in Jarkalung and Menchuma could greatly undermine Bhutan's sovereignty and territorial integrity. Robert Barnett, a professor of Tibetan history, said the, the region has religious and cultural significance to Bhutan. Jarkalan adjoins the Biyun Kenapanjong, which is an important cultural and religious area, nailing it, for the Bhutanese. So this case re represents China making a very recent doubtful claim about an area that is of great cultural significance to a far less powerful neighbor, knowing that the neighbor has few, if any, options to its response. This is like what they do with Taiwan, right? They're like, no, uh, this is our country. And Taiwan's like, no, it's not. This is our country. And they're like, no, this is our country. <laughs> and Taiwan's like, no, it's not. It's not your country. What are you doing? That's what the, I guess that's what they're doing. China came. If I could do a Chinese accent, that would have really been great. But I, I can't. I can't really do it. But, uh, yeah, they just roll up to your country and they're like, this is ours. And it's, no, it isn't. Get lost, Ching Chan. All right, well, we'll see what happens with that. That sounds interesting. All right. So that was breaking news from the internet from GunFox. We'll be back shortly after uh, Super Chats and videos with more. Sincerely appreciate the support. Uh, let me read some of these Super Chats. We're taking them through Streamlabs, link in the description. We're also taking them through Entropy, link in the description. And we're also taking Rumble Rants on Rumble. Also, you can download the book written by my leftist homosexual brother called What a Bigot Would Say. It is a guide on how to be a virtuous liberal. That is in the description of both YouTube and Rumble. Also, January 9th, uh, 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 the book that I write will be coming out, so be on the lookout uh, for that one. And, of course, you can support the channel through Subscribestar, link in the description, uh, the red subscribe button on Rumble, or the Soft Gentleman's Bathhouse. All right, Suki Johnson says, HB, if Christians are going to start spitting back in the face of the pedo lefties, they should go full tilt, build an effigy of the most stereotypical, disgusting manly pedophile tranny and cut the cock of their subhuman pedophile god and rejoice so like a like a, a ceremonial cock chopping of some sort of statue or something that would be that'd be a sight to behold i'll tell you that that'd be a sight to behold oh, i'd be like behold that sight they're like cutting cutting a statue's cock off i don't know i don't think that's the christian style It'd be hilarious, but I don't think that's... I think their style is to... Hopefully what they do is they just start removing this shit from their congregations and their churches and their houses and just escort them out. That's all. Just escort them out. Bazinski says, COD's anti-cheat ricochet is title aids, T-I-T-A-L. Is that title or title aids? Total aids. I think you got autocorrect raped. Total AIDS. I play the fame. I play the game because I have a whole social base that plays the game with me. But in the sense of the game, literal cheaters don't get bans, but people who say mean things get yeeted. It's crazy, completely crazy. And from what I understand, there's like a lot of cheaters. 
Silky Johnson says, HB, you remember when a website or government would have a poll and let the internet name uh, name something, and then the internet would pick Adolf Hitler or something involving the word nigger? We need the internet to fist-fuck AI into submission since it's insane. Oh, I would love uh, if the internet were able to somehow get control of the AI. It's better, look, I, I know there would probably be some drawbacks, but it would. it's better than if the fucking uh, WEF has it. So... We'll see. Okay. Michelle Kincaid says, Funny how dangerous rhetoric never applies to white people. The media demonizes white people in the same sentence while complaining about our dangerous rhetoric, and they don't even bat an eyelash. White liberals work so hard to be hated by uh, minorities. Yeah, and um, so if you... uh, if you criticize them, they say it's inciting violence. Uh, when Trump said that uh, leftists that steal elections live like vermin, they freaked out about that, but they've been calling Trump supporters maggots for years. And uh, yeah, it's just, it, it, it's just, it's a total double standard, but they know, they don't care. They, it's, it's all about power. Big Chris says, uh, hey brother, have you seen The Ref? Great Christmas movie with a youngish uh, Dennis Leary. Pretty good. Do you think Die Hard is a Christmas movie? Um, I've not seen the ref. I I did like Dennis Leary back in the day. I liked his uh, his whole thing about loving the smoke. That's a, that was pretty good. I I, I like that. Um, and uh, it's Die Hard. I've never never seen the ref though. Die, yeah, I would put Die Hard as a Christmas movie only because I'm not a Christmas movie person. Die Hard is one of the greatest American action movies ever made. I'm not a Christmas person as far as movies. I don't really think you could point me to a Christmas movie that I would like. I know people point to the one where the kid shot his eye and with the BB gun, and that's fine. I don't fault people for liking stuff like that. I have no problem with that. It's just not something I'm going to put on, but I'll fucking put on Die Hard all day. Die Hard's fantastic. Die Hard is a fantastic movie. Um, it, it's just really it's memorable scenes, especially when he shoots the guy from under the table. That was fucking brutal. I remember when I was a kid, that, I, I was, like, that haunted me for weeks. That was, like, unbelievable. What a great movie. Yeah, I'm, uh, I like Die Hard. I liked, I liked Die Hard too. Not as good as the first one. But, you know, a lot of shit happened in that movie. They blew up a plane full of fucking civilians in that movie. I was like, holy shit. And then, of course, that one. The guy took an icicle to the eye. That's fantastic. Um, although I think the, the third one's better than the second one with Samuel L. Jackson. I like that one. I think that's. It. I th- there's been other ones. I I'm trying. I think. Wait. Yeah. I only like three. I think the first three diehards, and then I stop after that. I don't. Cause the 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 ones after that were like the shitty ones, right? Four was Die Hard four any good? I don't think. So. Was there a Die Hard four? I don't remember. I remember I saw the one with his son. I did that. Oh, I just did not like that movie at all. I don't know what the hell was going on there. Not a fan. So yeah, I, but I liked uh, I liked the first three. Uh, but the first one's the best one, absolutely. Okay, let's see here. Bazinski says um, having an Armenian at the Young Turks is like having a Jew working at an outlet called the Hitler Youth. Now that I said my main message, I would like to fill the rest of this super chat with faggot, nigger, kike, wop, limey, wetback, towhead, camelfucker. Unquote. All right. Well, thank you for that. Appreciate that. Yeah, it's crazy. Is she finally done? Is she finally... Was this the moment where she was finally done? I don't know. I don't know. I would think that... Uh, I mean, Jesus. 
Fragging Bastic says, that Shank and Anna exchange was delightful. Yeah, they were like fighting with each other by the end of it. It was fantastic. And, and I do think Chank was being unreasonable because all she wanted to do was read the rest of the story. <laughs> and he couldn't tolerate it. Oh, man. How crazy do you have to be to give Anna Kasparian a point? Uh, again, none of this changes. I don't care what she does. Like, I, I don't buy any of this. <laughs> but... <laughs> Chank is fucking crazier than her, I think. And she is she is a little different. If you I was looking back at old footage of her. She was paler. She was much more uptight, much more unhappy. She's a little different now. She's still unbearable, but like she's not like she was really fucking wound up and like she yeah, you could you could just see that there's a night and day difference. Um inner demeanor um why that is i don't know i don't know um maybe i don't i don't know it could be that uh if you realize that a lot of the things you believe are a lie and a lot of the things that were scaring you were a lie i could see how that would be relieving like i like i can attest to that with the jw's when i realized oh armageddon's not real i don't have to worry about getting destroyed by god for not knocking on doors that was relieving that was relieving um the thing with her though she hasn't like i'll publicly say anytime yeah i was completely wrong about that and that's that's not real right if that's happened with her she hasn't really said a whole lot i mean she says a little bit when she goes on these shows about what she was wrong about but not nearly enough and not about the important stuff like i want you to talk about what you said about kicking people out of hospitals because that's crazy that's like one of the craziest media narratives of all time in america that the unvaccinated should not be allowed in public should not be allowed to go to restaurants and grocery stores and should be kicked out of hospitals that is one of the craziest all-time narratives that should go down with like when they were rounding up the japanese and the italians and putting them in camps like all-time crazy media narrative i don't know what i mean just wild and she partook in it in it and agreed with it i want to fucking hear you walk through that whole thing no one has asked her about that yet and nor do i expect anyone to ask her because she only goes on shows that lick her ass so you know it's unfortunate, but it is what it is. What are you going to do? Um, okay, let me just uh, refresh here. Okay, let's see. We have uh, Mojack420 says, Good evening, uh, friend. Got a PT scan today. The white right-wing T-cells show a cancer genocide and a tumor holocaust going on in my white supreme pizza person. All right, so, so okay, so if the right-wing if the white right-wing t-cells are genociding and it's a holocaust that means that that the good guys are winning right so the cancer is losing is that that seems to be what that indicates that's great news that's great news absolutely godspeed prayers in the chat for mojack and uh but that's a good update that's very good let's hope the tumor holocaust continues let's hope the tumors get eliminated completely 100 <clears> percent <throat> all right very good um shout out to the t-shells <clears throat> uh two supernova one says a nuanced view huh anna 
don't tell me you're going to be giving nuanced views about the number of Jews killed in the Holocaust next. <laughs> LOL, what a fucking hypocrite. Yeah, I mean, these are people that wanted students kicked out of Harvard because they shared memes about women being attractive. These are people that if you say the slightest thing, they freak out. But when it comes to the concept of a Jewish genocide and people calling for it, they're like, well, it depends on the context. These people have never cared about context of anything. <clears throat> if it's a discussion about legal speech, that's a reasonable retort. You know, like, like for example, this whole thing, I would be totally on Harvard's side if they actually believed in free speech and had a staunch position of free speech this whole time, then my answer would be stop fucking with Harvard and, and whether you like it or not, uh, uh, saying from the river to the sea, or even, I believe, based on the Brandenburg test. Not that you would necessarily want this in your school, <clears throat> but if you're a free speech school, you're going to have to figure out another way to deal with this other than censorship. Because I believe, even if you call for the genocide of the Jews, if there's no eminence to that call, it is protected. You cannot like that. You can argue that it should be relitigated. I, uh, you can argue whatever you want. But based on the Brandenburg test, I believe that is technically protected. Now, would you get visited maybe from the FBI? Probably. You might, well, actually, it, depend, it really depends on the political, it depends on who's in control of the FBI. That's really what that would come down to. Uh, this FBI, I don't know, maybe you wouldn't get a visit. Um, but you, you're telling me that if you had an environment, an actual environment where there's free speech on a college campus, you're telling me you couldn't figure out a way to de-escalate some motherfucker calling for the genocide of Jews. You couldn't figure a way, at, you, could, you couldn't figure out a way to argue against that? Are you kidding me? That, you gotta be kidding me. Like that's, and if that's the case, that's your fucking problem. That's your problem. If you can't figure that out, then that's your problem. Like, what are we doing? Because you can't censor. You're going to have to figure out another way. Because if you censor, it's going to be used as the example to then come after more people and more examples. So not an optimal thing happening at a college campus if people are calling for groups to be genocided. But you're going to have to figure it out other than... Uh, censoring people and, and, and doing that whole thing. Uh, so why don't you have, why don't you argue? Make an argument. You can't make an argument of why you shouldn't kill a whole group of people at a college campus. Are you fucking, are you that retarded? It's amazing. These are supposed to be the bastions of intellectual discussion and you can't even figure a retort for a guy being hyperbolic. Are you kidding? Anyway, it, the whole thing is retarded. But the reason that I don't defend Harvard is because Harvard does not give a shit about free speech. And now they're just getting it, getting a taste of their own medicine. So I'm going to laugh at that. Now, I'm not going to go along with the neocon right in their attempt to censor because it's going to be used against Trump supporters literally next. They are going to be the next group they go after, probably around the time the primary is really starting to kick in. But we'll see. I hope I'm wrong about that. Two Supernova One says, you know, Chank, Anna is your co-worker. You can't dial it back even a little bit for someone you work with. I think the knives are going to come out once Anna leaves and she will. Because holy fucking shit. Yeah. How would they not? How would they not? And, you know, it's one thing. It's one thing if, like, he's being nice to her. Because, look, like I said, I don't I try to be objective. I don't like her at all. I try to be objective. He definitely was disrespectful. 
Like he just compl- he was he was a an, a wild baboon in that clip. He was unnecessarily ridiculous. Um, to not even let her re- like finish the story, you like walked all over her segment. Now her part of the segment, and you're not supposed to do that. No, I don't care. I think it's funny. I don't care. Um, but all that's going to do is piss her off and give her more fuel to leave and leave in a way that's not going to be good. Yeah, there's no way they're not going to bicker. It's impossible. It's imp- I, I would be so stunned. I thought that they would even bicker if she left on good terms. But after tonight, I, that doesn't look like that's going to happen. But, you know, maybe, I don't know, maybe she forgives him. Maybe he apologizes. That's interesting. All right, so we'll get to the breaking news from Mojack. So we have breaking news coming up from Mojack, from Gunfox, and from uh, Dumbbeard. And let's see. I think that's it. So we'll get to that uh, after. Let's do the next couple videos, and then we'll do another breaking news block. Here is, um, let's see. Here they're covering uh, Tucker Carlson and his... Uh, now, this is from the same episode. I don't know if it was before or after the blow-up, though. This is about uh, Tucker's interview with... Alex Would Tucker Jones. Carlson be on your list of potential VPs? I like Tucker a lot. I guess I would. I think I'd say I would. Because he's got great common sense. Oh, I know you get asked this all the time. But, I mean, if asked, would you serve? You're about to watch Tucker Carlson answer that question. Yes, we're going to get to that. But I couldn't help but interject and just say that you're also about to watch Tucker Carlson engage in some of the most pathetic bootlicking I have ever experienced in my career. And that's saying something because there are a lot of bootlickers in this country. Is it like when uh, when uh, uh, you gave the uh, toilet bowl blowjob to Brian Stelter? Is it kind of like that? Especially when it comes to Donald Trump. Now, keep in mind, Tucker Carlson had a a lot of negative things to say about Trump privately. We're going to remind you of all of that in just a moment. But without further ado, let's watch. Well, it's just it's just so unimaginable. I mean, I haven't led a life that prepares a person for politics. As, as I said, I don't think I have any like horrible skeletons or anything. Um, it's not that. It's just that that's not how my brain works. I've never done anything like that. I, I can't imagine spending time with politicians. I'm a total sucker for Trump. I think he's you know, personally, I get along with Trump really well. If the closer yeah. I am physically to Trump, like if I'm with him in the room, I always love Trump. And I think it's impossible not to, and you know the experience. He's just charming, okay? And, and he's yeah. funny as hell, and he's brave in his way, I think. I mean, have some have some dignity, man. Oh, but I just, if I could just get closer to him physically. Oh, the closer I am to Trump, I can't get enough. I can't get enough of him. I love Trump so much. Okay, except, when you're not in the same room as Donald Trump, mm-hmm. and when it's not politically beneficial for you, you tell the truth about how you actually feel about Donald Trump. Now, because of the investigations since January 6th, we know what Tucker Carlson was texting to his colleagues about Trump. Let's give you a few reminders. We're all pretending we've got a lot to show for it, meaning supporting Donald Trump, because admitting what a disaster it's been is too tough to digest. But come on, there really isn't an upside to Trump. That is verbatim a text message that Tucker Carlson sent to his Fox News colleagues about Donald Trump. There's more. We are very, very close to being able to ignore Trump most nights. I truly can't wait. I hate him passionately. Come on. I mean, look, guys, (laughs) 
the media and especially right wing. So again, media. that was before you raided Mar-a-Lago. They're filled with these liars. I mean, over the top liars. The minute that you turn You're off, you're an over the top liar. You're a non-stop over the top liar. The cameras. Oh, I hate Trump. They turn the cameras back on. I want to be physically closer to Trump. Oh, I the, love him so much. The, the physically closer, the better. Yeah, oh, come on, <laughs> Relax. man. By the way, um, he does slip up publicly time to time and disclose his true feelings about Trump because he once publicly said that Trump is a little bit autistic. No, interesting. <laughs> okay. Okay. Wow. He's, but on camera, he's like, oh, he's brave in his own way, and he's just. And, and but the other part that I liked, Anna, is, oh me, run for office? I can't imagine it. I, the thought has never even crossed my mind. Get up. God, we all know that you're thinking about it. God, there's such bad actors on top. Hey, guys, it, like at least demand better acting from your right wing media. I think I've just gotten to a point in my life where I'm allergic to the rampant dishonesty everywhere. All the bad faith garbage. Well, well then, well, what about the guy? First of all, what about when it comes from you? And then what about the guy sitting next to you? Everywhere, all the self-interested narcissists who will lie to your face and be someone completely different behind closed like Chink. Those doors. I'm so utterly sick of it. The last thing we need in politics, especially, is more figures who lie to your face and just do what they need to do to accumulate power for themselves. So Carlson isn't the only one on Trump's shortlist for vice president, by the way. And he's definitely not the only one who loves kissing Trump's ass. Uh, let's watch. Where's my husband? <laughs> my husband's my second favorite man. I'm just putting it that way right now. I spoke with President Trump earlier. And what I tell him, what I'm telling him every time I talk to him is he is a hero for America. He's a champion. Because he is standing, he's the only one standing up against How this. incredible he's is it when he says, I'm ready to go to jail for this country? I mean, it's so powerful. It, it is overwhelming. It, it makes you feel emotional. What we've seen over the last several years is the weaponization of the Department of Justice against the former president. I love Trump, like as a person. I think Trump is funny and insightful. And, and I said this to Trump when he called me. You know, all wounded about those texts. I said he was the best president of the 21st century. That's what I said in the debate stage. I stand by it. George Bush, Barack Obama, Joe Biden, Donald Trump. It's not even close which one was the best one of the century. And so I respect him. And probably more than any other GOP presidential candidate, when I'm president, I will respect his legacy and honor it more than anybody else will. Other names that are being floated as possible running mates for Donald Trump include Christy Nome and JD Vance. I gotta say, and I talked about this earlier this week, if Trump were smart and wanted to think about a running mate that would give him the biggest advantage among the electorate, he would pick Nikki Haley because Nikki Haley would absolutely crush Joe Biden if it was a one on one matchup. Obviously, Nikki Haley doesn't have a chance in hell in winning the Republican primary because of Donald Trump's massive lead. I, I don't know what Trump is going to decide. Either way, we're doomed. <laughs> like that, that's where I'm at with that issue. All right, and then this is uh, Megan. Oh, so Megan Kelly and Tucker Carlson simply commented on how it's completely destabilizing to a country 
to lock up your political opponents. That's all they, they're talking about. And they're like, oh, they're inciting violence. I do want to discuss one more thing that happened between uh, Tucker Carlson and Megyn Kelly. And that was the discussion of uh, potential violence if their beloved Trump is uh, prosecuted. They demand that he be above the law. And if he's not above the law, they're- So that's a lie. They did not say that. You are making shit up as usual. Appear to be threatening consequences. So we they actually- They're not threatening anyone. You're being uh, very dishonest. They have that part of the conversation. Let's take a look. If this judge Chutkin in DC, this federal judge, because we assume Trump's gonna get convicted in that case. I mean, the smart bet would be this DC jury convicts him because they hate him politically, 92% voted for Joe Biden and she hates him. Um, that if they, if she puts him in jail pending appeal before the election, the country's gonna burn. And then all this blowback, you know, all these people say, oh my God, she's calling for violence. I'm not calling for violence, but the, there is no way the Trump base is not going to be beside itself with anger at that level of deprivation of being able to simply vote for the candidate of choice. That's what's being taken away here, like to your point. So her argument is simple, it's crazy, it destabilizes the country if you remove one group's ability to vote for the candidate that they want to. It's a simple concept, it's completely true. But AIDS commies, they don't like to be called out for what they do, and they don't like to learn about what the consequences are for their behavior. Well, yeah, and you know, speaking of violence, that's what you're gonna get. And speaking as someone who detests violence, and I, I've seen war, that's why I detest violence. So I spent a lot of my career trying to argue against more wars because I think violence is the worst thing. But I'm just being honest here, if you leave people no alternative, then what do you think is gonna happen? So it's, it's interesting because it seems to be like, they're not calling for violence, but it seems as though they're excusing the possibility of that violence breaking out if things don't go the way the Trump supporters hope that it goes. No, look guys. It, I mean, it, come on. Yeah, it's obvious, so let me, let me explain. They have plausible deniability. They technically said that they're not for violence, right? So I'm not saying that they didn't, you saw it with your own eyes. Um, but when I give you the analogy, I, I hope it'll become clear. We were livid about how Bernie uh, got robbed in so many different ways no, in 2016. No, you, no, you are propagandists for the DNC. You didn't give a fucking shit. You pretended to support Bernie, but you're sheepdoggers and I don't buy that at all. The Democratic primary, including claiming that the superdelegates had already voted when they didn't, funneling money to Hillary Clinton through the state parties. We gave all the different injustices, right? But at no point did we say, now if Bernie doesn't win, of course there would be violence, wink. Obviously, there would, there would be significant violence towards Hillary Clinton, wink, but we're not in favor of violence. We never said any of that because it was absurd. Why would you do violence? What an absurd, that's not a rational reaction to a political dispute. But here, they're bringing it up like you better not. And we're telling these people, I guess you have no choice left. We don't want violence, but if you were to touch our beloved, then I guess, People would have no choice. They're just, triggering them, they're priming them to do the violence. I just, look, at the very least, they are justifying the violence if and when it happens, right? It, it's, well, you know, if 
you're gonna go after Trump for the crimes that he may have committed. And he gets, you know, he's convicted of these crimes. Well, then you have no choice. You're gonna have to deal with the violence that erupts as a result of that. No, how about there are consequences for your actions, both for Donald Trump and anyone who decides to engage in rioting or violence. Again, this is a total railroad shop. If they don't like the outcome of his cases. And by the way, like, what does this really mean? Like, to take a step back and take Trump. It means that your side is insane and you are crossing lines that you should never cross and you should stop jailing your political opponents. Okay, that's really what this means. But you're not going to listen because AIDS commies never listen. And I think that's why Pinochet had to throw them out of helicopters. Now, I could be wrong about that. I could be wrong about that. But that's the impression that I'm getting. But maybe I was wrong about that out of it entirely and think about what they're really communicating. What they're communicating is our justice system should operate based on mob rule. No, that's not what they're saying at all. You're just making so now what you're doing is now you're changing what they said and then trying to hold them accountable for the thing that they never said. Okay, who cares about the crimes that have been committed? Who cares if there was a fair prosecution? Who cares if the individual being prosecuted is convicted of those crimes based on the evidence that's been presented but that's by the- that's not what's happening here. It, the process is completely illegitimate. It's completely political. You would not tolerate it for your own candidate. You claim when they have Hunter Biden dead to rights on breaking the law, you claim it's not legitimate and it's political. So go fuck yourself. The prosecutors. If the mob does not want that individual to be prosecuted and convicted, the justice system must listen to the mob. Yeah. That's cool. Well, that's basically what you supported when it came to Derek Chauvin. So yeah, that's that's what you support. Crazy. And ima imagine- You already did this with the George Floyd thing. You have no leg to stand on, no matter what happens. You have no leg to stand on. If the other side did that. And you no did that with George Floyd, asshole. Oh No, I mean, I guess you could convict Hunter Biden. But that would obviously trigger us attacking you and maybe killing you. Now do George Floyd, asshole. But hey, hey, I, I'm generically against violence. But I'm saying if you come after Hunter Biden, you know, obviously we'd have to, you know, people would have to resort to violence and maybe kill you. Like, no, that's not obvious. That's ridiculous. That's insane. Why are you even having that conversation? Last well, two things. Again, they're not having that conversation. You just made that up. Things here. Uh, if you notice, whenever they talk about Donald Trump's uh, criminal cases, they never talk about the actual evidence. Of course not. And they don't- Because it's total fucking bullshit. So they, they lose don't, audience members. Yeah, they don't say like, oh, here's the evidence here. Here's why he's innocent and that's why this is wrong. They've absolutely talked about why he's innocent. They just say, well, obviously he shouldn't be prosecuted. Meaning- that, That's not the argument at all. The argument is that speech, his speech on January 6th was in no way illegal. Uh, he told people to peacefully protest. That's the argument. Our leaders should be above the law. And this is from the party it's also that- also completely legal to object to an election. That said that they were in favor of rule of law and law and order my whole life. Apparently they don't care about it at all. And last thing is they call against generic violence, but they don't call out that violence. Like for example, if somebody on our side and we've done polls that show Democrats are inclined in a certain direction, I say do not ever do that. No matter how angry you are, do not ever do political violence. In this case, well, we're against violence and wars, but we understand obviously if that violence were to happen in this specific case. No, this is a, they're, they're priming an audience already ready for violence according to the polling.
and they're saying, you know what to do if they come after us. Bullshit. Let's go hurt them. Total bullshit. And look, the, the worst part about all of this, outside of what they're priming people for, is that they're doing it even though they themselves despise Trump. Even though Tucker Carlson clearly despises Trump based on the messages that we just read to you, right? Bullshit. I don't think Megyn Kelly's a huge fan of Donald Trump. They had a huge conflict in the- Retard, adults are able to disagree on things and then figure it out. That's what adults do, okay? I know commies can't possibly comprehend any sort of disagreement and then resolving it like adults. Beginning of the 2016 presidential election, he said some disgusting misogynistic things about her publicly. It's not a real thing. It's again, what do you even, what misogynist, not even a real thing. But Megyn Kelly is not a leftist, so obviously she's not going to view misogynist comments. I mean, look, she's had a history of some shit, but she seems a lot better than she used to be. It is beneficial to her career to parade around pretending as though she has no problem with Trump. It is beneficial for Tucker Carlson's career to pretend as though he doesn't absolutely despise Donald Trump, even though he does. And that's what bothers me the most. No, you're just projecting yourself because you are uh, going through a situation where you're realizing that your dumb baboon boss is interfering with the capital that you built with the help of Sitchin Adam and Shoe on Head among internet normies to give you a shot to go off on your own. And, uh, and now Chank threatens that. So now you're in a dilemma. Uh, do you stay loyal to Chank or do you take the opportunity to go out on your own? And now you're just, you're projecting that on to someone else. But that's ultimately what's going on here. That they're willing to sell out the future of the country in order to get a little bit of short-term gain for their careers. Yeah, there's almost no honesty in media. It's so dis- You're not honest at all. Spiriting. Anna and I talked about it this morning. It's so frustrating. You see corporate media do hatchet jobs. You see right-wing media do this. Megyn Kelly was very right-wing when she was on Fox News. Then she mitigated her positions, went to NBC and pretended to be mainstream. Then when NBC let her go, for a while she continued to be a little bit moderate, although leaning right wing, right? Mm -hmm. But now my guess is all of her audience is right wing. So she's now serving that audience and she's gone further and further right wing and further and further pro Trump, even though she used to hate Trump. Why? Because that's how she makes money now. You gotta tell, you gotta give them what they want. They want Trump, they want threats of violence. They don't care about the law. Total lie. So you give them what they want. They like Tucker Carlson, and you know Tucker Carlson from the Fox News days. I'd be surprised if they were friends back then, but now all of a sudden he's on the show and they're all going in the same direction. And Tucker Carlson, a wild liar, I hate him. He says privately on the show, he says, I love him. So again, he said that the raid on Mar-a-Lago made him a Trump supporter. You're totally ignoring that. Because that's who they are, man. They don't care about you. They don't care about the Oh, the con man is the one that cares about people, Chank Uger. Truth for them, it's an acting gig. They're in entertainment, they're not in news. And they're like, okay, let's entertain people. Oh, you want violence and Trump and law breaking? Yes, we're in favor of that money, money, give me money, give me money. And so that's that's what you're seeing here and it's, it's sad. And that's what a lot of media in America has devolved to. That's why Americans, depending on their political loyalties, I guess, live in alternate realities. 
Absolutely. If you watch now, if you watch Megyn Kelly's show or Tucker Carlson's show, you have no idea what's actually happening. But to be fair, uh, bullshit. If you're a Democrat and you're watching cable news, you think numbers don't if matter. If you're watching TYT, you have no fucking idea what's going on. Matter and. And so, and I can't get into all the things that the mythology that Democrats believe, but they've been told no, numbers and facts and science doesn't matter anymore. We just, whoever the leader is, we support them blindly. And so this is destroying the fabric of our country because no one's willing to call out their own side, be honest, and actually do news reporting. Yeah, but you're, you're arsonists, you're helping burn down the country. I do, as you know from us, we don't mind commentary and perspectives. There's nothing wrong with that. But you cannot play around with the facts, except almost everyone does. Total rhetoric. And it's so, so frustrating. It's frustrating that people are not obeying you, which is fantastic. Uh, the House votes to formalize the impeachment inquiry. On this vote. The yeas are 221 and the nays are 212. The resolution is adopted. In a minute. What you just witnessed was a little bit of strike back that the Republicans are engaging in. In regard to Joe Biden, they voted in favor of opening an, opening an impeachment inquiry. And it is very much politically motivated. The very Republican members of Congress who voted in favor of this impeachment inquiry have acknowledged that there is no evidence yet to prove that Joe Biden has done anything wrong and that they're voting in favor of this because, well, I mean, the impeachment inquiry could allow us to do an investigation. Now, mind you, an investigation into Joe Biden and these allegations that he enriched himself through foreign business deals. It just doesn't, there's nothing that holds water. There's been no evidence presented yet, but they're they're moving forward with it. Despite the fact that that investigation without a formal impeachment inquiry has been going on since Joe Biden got elected. Like you guys have had access to thousands of documents. You've heard testimony from Hunter Biden's close business partners and have failed to find a shred of evidence that incriminates Joe Biden. But make no mistake, this is also a politically motivated effort. And some of them are pretty clear about that as well, saying, look, I mean, look what you're doing to our candidate. Look what you're doing to Donald Trump. He's facing a federal prosecution for election interference. And we're gonna go ahead and strike back with our own investigation into Joe Biden. It's just, look, if there were evidence of Joe Biden doing anything illegal, I actually have no problem with them opening opening an impeachment inquiry, but there is no evidence. And so this is purely politically motivated and it's such a waste of time and resources. But nonetheless, let's get to the lawmakers who voted in favor of this and what their allegations are. So of the Republicans in the House of Representatives, 221 of them have just voted in favor of opening the impeachment inquiry into President Joe Biden. And this includes Representative Ken Buck, who as you guys might have remembered, Previously said that he was leaning against voting in favor of a formal impeachment inquiry because there was no evidence incriminating Joe Biden. 
Up until this point, House Republicans have not had enough votes to legitimize with a full chamber vote their ongoing inquiry into whether the president has committed an impeachable offense in connection to his family's foreign business dealings. The probe has struggled to uncover wrongdoing by the president, which is why it hasn't garnered the unified support of the full GOP conference. So the inquiry was launched in September by former House Speaker Kevin McCarthy. There was a lot of pressure for him to do it. The the far right wing of the Republican conference had been pushing for him to do it. And he's like, I really want to maintain power, so I'm gonna do what they want. Then he later was ousted from that position and then few months after that announced that he would no longer seek reelection and would be leaving his seat before the term is even over. Now that Inquiry again was launched by Kevin McCarthy. The shift to formalize the inquiry is procedural. So last month, White House counsel Richard Stauber rejected GOP subpoenas and requests for transcribed interviews with staffers, Biden family members, including the president's son Hunter and their associates, arguing that the probe is illegitimate because the House hadn't voted to authorize it. And this ended up frustrating the moderate Republicans who said that they would back an inquiry to help House investigators enforce their subpoenas and obtain the information they need to complete their probe. But I also want to be clear about something. Biden has been cooperating with this investigation. They have handed over thousands upon thousands of documents and they have the Republicans investigating this have found nothing. So it's just ridiculous to make it appear as though they haven't been getting you know, the information that they've wanted from Biden's White House. And even as Republicans issue new subpoenas and schedule more depositions, including with the president's brother and son, they still have not uncovered credible evidence that backs up their claims against Biden. There's only been one hearing related to the inquiry since its launch. The expert witnesses called by the Republicans acknowledged GOP investigators hadn't yet presented enough evidence to prove their accusations. And remember, there was also that closed door testimony that Devin Archer, one of Hunter Biden's former business associates gave to the House Oversight Committee. James Comer was like on the news, like bragging about how they they managed to secure the testimony of Hunter Biden's former business partner, Devin Archer. And Devin Archer is gonna testify things that will incriminate Joe Biden. We're gonna finally find that Joe Biden did in fact enrich himself through foreign business dealings and did it on the down low. Guess what Devin Archer said? Exactly the opposite of what James Comer claimed he was gonna say. In fact, James Comer did not even show up to that closed door session to hear what Devin Archer had to say. So. Again, I don't really have a problem with anyone in any position of power being investigated if there is probable cause, if there is real reason to believe that they engaged in illegality. And as you guys know, it's not like I have this loyalist mentality toward the Democrats or Joe Biden. I certainly don't. Yeah, the Democrat propagandist has no loyalty towards the Democrat party. But I do have a problem when I take a step back and I look at the entirety of our government, the conditions that Americans are living in, the problems that we're facing and how they just keep getting worse year after year. And I can't help but get incredibly angry seeing members of Congress engage in politically motivated investigations that will lead to nowhere. 
that will waste a ton of resources while neglecting the American people who they are supposed to be representing as public servants. That is my problem with this. But here, here, here's where we're at. Uh, we have an election season coming up and again, if Trump might possibly be harmed by the very real indictments that he's facing due to very real evidence that's been presented. Well, then Republicans are going to fight back with their own phony investigation into Joe Biden. And we're just going to have to deal with it. All right, here's here, uh, they're going to defend the uh, t- uh, the uh, Hunter Biden press conference. On Capitol Hill. Oh, yeah. Stunning and brave. I'm here today to answer at a public hearing any legitimate questions Chairman Comer and the House Oversight Committee may have for me. I'm here today to make sure that the House Committee's illegitimate investigations of my family do not proceed on distortions, manipulated evidence, and lies. For six years, I have been the target of the unrelenting Trump attack machine shouting, where's Hunter? Well, here's my answer. I am here. How brave. The son of President Joe Biden, Hunter Biden, defied a subpoena for a closed door deposition today by House Republicans. Now, he did, however, give a fiery news conference, which you just experienced in the first clip we showed you. Hunter is demanding that his testimony be public rather than behind closed doors, which is what the GOP refuses to grant him. Now, Hunter Biden, I believe- They don't have to grant him that. He has to follow the subpoenas. He has a good reason for wanting this deposition to be public. He's concerned that Republican lawmakers are going to leak audio out of context in the interest of making him look bad. And he would rather have the deposition air publicly so everyone can see the entirety of what he has to say and what he wants to testify. So the House Oversight Committee is now threatening to hold Hunter Biden in contempt of Congress. They're also going to vote on an impeach, well, they already did. They voted on an official impeachment inquiry into Joe Biden today, and they did in fact pass that. And so let's watch Jim Jordan talk about both. Mr. Biden's counsel and the White House have both argued that the reason he couldn't come for a deposition was because there wasn't a formal vote for an impeachment inquiry. Well, that's going to happen in a few hours. We think it's going to pass. We think the House of Representatives will go on record with a power that solely resides in the House to say we are in an official impeachment inquiry phase of our oversight. And when that happens, we'll see what their excuse is then. They should have been here today, but once we take that vote, we expect him to come in for a uh, for his interview for his deposition. And frankly, uh, we'll also, I think, look at uh, contempt proceedings as we move forward. Oh, goody, I'm sure that'll make all of our lives so much better. Uh, now, they, they did hold that vote already. So that press conference that Jim Jordan had was before the House voted in favor of opening an official formal impeachment inquiry into Joe Biden. And that's what the investigation into Hunter Biden is really about. Members of Congress, the Republicans who are going after him, don't care about him. They're trying to find some incriminating evidence through their investigation that would impact Joe Biden. That's the real target here, which is why they voted on opening that impeachment inquiry, even though they don't have a shred of evidence. Total lie. To show that Joe Biden engaged in any criminality or any wrongdoing. Total lie. 
The argument that they're making is, well, the impeachment inquiry allows us to collect more information and do more, more of an investigation. But they've been investigating this since Joe Biden got elected and they haven't been able to find anything. Bullshit. So I feel that this is mostly a big waste of time. Now, Jim Jordan doesn't exactly have the best track record when it comes to cooperating with subpoenas. And so let's watch former Republican member of Congress, Adam Kinzinger, explain what I mean here. Jim Jordan in front of the rules committee when we were talking about holding Steve Bannon or somebody in contempt, he said in front of the Rules Committee that the Department of Justice and the FBI should be the ones investigating Donald Trump. And that would be their role. Now, of course, he's against the Department of Justice and the FBI investigating Donald Trump. He's for the you know sanctity of the, of the subpoena by US Congress until he's the one that gets subpoenaed by US Congress. And he also votes against enforcing subpoenas against people like Steve Bannon and against well, people. Again, the subpoenas against Steve Bannon was from a committee that was not legislating. And from what I understand, that they're not allowed to do that. So that's why he was against that. People like Mark Meadows. Pretty sure uh, uh, Republicans in an impeachment inquiry can subpoena. But maybe I'm wrong about that. Now, John, if I remember correctly, Jim Jordan, through the January 6th investigations, was also subpoenaed, and he decided to not cooperate with that subpoena. Am I am I remembering that correctly? Uh, I don't know for sure, but if that is true, then you have, for the first time ever, identified a clear instance of hypocrisy. First amongst time. Those of the it's so stupid and time wasting. It is so like you you pointed out that it's not going to help anyone. Look, honestly, I don't even think it has to for it to be a focus of theirs. Mm -hmm. If they were to actually reveal criminality of a powerful politician, but they're they're not going to. We already know how this is going to go. They have been investigating Joe Biden for literally years, and the best thing they have is that he loaned some money to Hunter to buy a truck, and Total Hunter lie. paid him back. Total like that is the best that you have. Attack Joe Biden for promising to raise the minimum wage and then not doing it. Like if you want something that could be effective, of course they're not going to do that because they have no interest in raising the minimum wage. You could make well, yeah, a because they don't want to put people out of work and have them replaced with automated cashiers. List a yeah. hundred things long there of things that are totally justifiable to attack Joe Biden on, but they can't do it because they agree with Joe Biden. So instead, they have to make up utter nonsense. And also, it serves a secondary purpose of helping to distract from Donald Trump's very real legal challenges. I'm just annoyed that Republicans are putting me in this uncomfortable position of defending Joe Biden, mm -hmm. who I've, I've got very little. Oh, it's going to get worse because uh, I imagine they're going to put together some pretty reasonable charges, and you're going to pretend there's no evidence at all. What a love for. I hope you they get bring in Bobolinsky. That'd be fantastic. But then you'll just pretend, oh, he's not credible. Saying, and it's, yeah, it's like. Constant. Yeah, it's it's unbelievable. Okay, so let's get to what Republicans have said publicly in recent days about this whole investigation. So if you're wondering why House Republicans wouldn't just take up Hunter on his offer to basically do this deposition publicly or the testimony. He's in no position to make an offer. This is preposterous. Publicly, that's because they're still floundering on 
you know, the evidence and, and making a coherent case tying Hunter Biden's business deals, foreign business deals to Joe Biden and Joe Biden allegedly enriching himself through those same business deals. And James Comer is apparently too afraid to even show up on Fox and Friends these days, let alone question Hunter Biden in front of the American people. Let's watch. Listen to Steve Ducey over at Fox saying you don't have evidence. Listen. If they have the stuff, if I mean, the, the stuff, Republicans right. at this point don't have, they've got a lot of ledgers and spreadsheets, but they have not connected the dots. They've connected the dots, the Department of Justice did on Hunter, but they have not shown where Joe Biden, uh, you know, did anything illegally. Well, he's been this, he's had that position from the very beginning. I've quit going on Fox and Friends because of Ducey, you know, I mean, he's the one guy on Fox that's been, uh, very critical of the investigation. I have my theory why. We'll talk about that at a later point. No, no, no. Talk about it now. Talk about it now. Tell me why you think Steve Ducey, a hardcore conservative Republican on Fox News, a veteran on Fox News, you know, doesn't agree with your investigation into Joe Biden and says that there's no evidence incriminating Joe Biden. Talk about that now. Like, what's the ulterior motive here? It's so dumb, it's so dumb, but I'm not done yet because Nancy Mace looked a little nervous in a recent exchange with Maria Maria Bartiromo. Let's watch that. Can you identify any actual policy decisions that Joe Biden has made in, in response to getting paid for those policy changes? Well, we'll have to, that'll be part of the investigation, but I know in public media reports going years back, there was some influence peddling in Ukraine. I just uh. that's true there, there was influence peddling in Ukraine what's the problem but look you know what John I do think that this unfortunately this hatchet job that Republicans are engaging in is working because I want to go to the polling here so when it comes to the possibility of a Biden impeachment here's what a survey recently found this survey is from September okay um, so it shows that 36 percent of Americans say Biden should be removed from office through impeachment. 42% say he should not be, and 20% are not sure. 36% of the country believes that he should be removed from office through impeachment. Good. Even Thanks, though there, there hasn't been the presentation of any evidence incriminating yeah, Joe Biden. There's no impeachable offense, but it's Bullshit. like, oh, I mean, it seems like he's engaged in some pretty shady business dealings. I keep hearing about it over and over again in conservative media. So yeah, let's impeach him. That's what they're hearing. Yeah. Uh, I I don't that to me doesn't in, in the absence of changes in that number over time I don't even know what to make of this I mean if you mm-hmm. told me roughly one out of three Americans want Biden to be immediately impeached I would say yeah obviously one out of three Americans think that they were trading kids in the basement of Comet Pizza Americans are out of their mind and they filter everything through a Fantasia version of their ideal political outcome. Don't One third of the country Fantasia. will believe literally anything you want. So I don't like if that number has gone up by 10 points since last year, then sure, that's something. But I assume the vast majority of Republicans would like for, for Joe Biden to be immediately impeached. Okay, let me give you some more. Okay. Uh, let's go to the graphic right above that. When asked if they think the president did anything illegal regarding Hunter Biden, Nearly half of Americans, 48%, now say yes, compared with just 31% who say he did not. But I don't know, maybe that doesn't mean anything. I don't know. 
But again, I would have to see, has that number gone up month after month after month as a result of the focus? Or is that just, hey, do you hate Biden? Yes, yeah, so you could formulate the question, hey, do you hate Biden in a bunch of different ways? Would you mm -hmm. like him to be impeached? Do you think he did something illegal? A lot of people are not going to, they're not gonna write a thesis in support of their answer. They're simply gonna say, yeah, I don't like that guy. F mm -hmm. Joe Brandon or whatever. So look, I think we understand fully the politics of why they're doing this. It is utterly pathetic that they haven't been able to actually pin anything to Joe Biden. And it's also comical that Nancy Mace asked if any like if Joe Biden has made a decision that's been influenced by politics. She is she is floating in a sea of every one of her colleagues being influenced by the campaign donations that they get to do or not do things in politics. And she's like desperately trying to find one little thing in a spreadsheet to pin on Joe Biden. The system is broken and she is paid to pretend that she doesn't see that. Totally, I, I agree with that take wholeheartedly. I am worried about nearly half of Americans thinking that Biden has committed an impeachable offense, even though they haven't seen any evidence. Yeah, you're losing, you're fucking losing. No one's believing your bullshit. Of it, but that's Me where too. we're at. Yeah. yeah. All right, let's get to some breaking news here. Got some uh, breaking news from the internet from Gun Fox here. Let's have a look at this one. NASA rover unravels history of lake on Mars on Mars that grew up to 22 miles and 100 feet deep. So there was water on Mars. That's fascinating. <clears throat> Does that mean that there was life? Have we figured this out yet? Um, okay, let's see here. NASA's Perseverance rover has learned new data about a, a major crater on Mars, teaching researchers and astronomers about how the structure was formed and when water was present on the planet. Uh, Perseverance, which landed on Mars in February of 2021, has uh, been exploring the Jezero crater uh, as part of its mission to look for signs of ancient life and collects rock and regolith samples to bring back to Earth. The crater is believed to have once been flooded with water and uh, been home to a river delta, according to NASA. And it's possible that micro, micro, microbial? Yeah, microbial life existed there at some point. And it's three and a half billion year history. Interesting. So that would technically be alien life. The rover's exploration of the crater has allowed scientists to develop a detailed timeline of the structure's formation. NASA said and confirmed that there were three major periods after water entered the crater. In the first period, fine-grained mud and sand that are known for preserving fossilized life in similar Earth environments came into the crater. Next, the crater's lake grew as wide as 22 miles in diameter and as deep as 100 feet, causing the creation of sedimentary layers. The third and final stage occurred when high-energy rivers carried boulders that were rounded as they traveled in the water. Proof of each of these stages was observed by Perseverance, NASA said. The first stage was observed at an area known as 
Hogwallow Flats, where the rover collected sedimentary rocks and in 2022 sent back images that NASA said were the most detailed view ever returned from the surface of Mars. Data about the crater, its evolution, and water patterns in the area are helping Perseverance with its search for signs of ancient, ancient microbial life. In addition to characterizing Mars's geology, the rover is learning about the planet's past climate and working to pave the way for human exploration of the red planet. Well, hopefully they don't do anything that's obviously a gay op, like say, oh, we figured out what happened. Oh, climate change destroyed the ancient civilization and they all died because they didn't obey. Hopefully that's not what they do because then I'll question this whole thing. Um, but I do hope they find the, uh, the alien with three titties. I really hope that the Mars rover finds her. Man, three titties? That's a hell of a thing right there. I'd probably smash. <clears throat> what are you going to do? It's not like three legs or three arms. Three titties. You got an extra titty. A little weird, but yeah, I'd still smash. That's from Total Recall. All right, let's get to some more breaking news here. Fox, BBC, not Big Black Cock. This is uh, British Broadcasting. Impeachment inquiry threatens Biden with election year headache. That would be great. I, that's what he deserves. By voting to formally authorize um, the congressional investigation into Joe Biden, <clears throat> Republicans in the House of Representatives have started the ball rolling towards his impeachment. Yeah, well, that sounds uh, sounds good. It may be difficult to stop. Three of the four previous times the House took the step, the chamber ultimately opted to impeach. Yeah, I would think there's a good chance that they uh, opt to impeach. Now, I don't think uh, he's going to get convicted. But, you know, if you, if you want to dirty him up politically, I mean, how, I mean, really, he's so filthy anyway, but uh, that's fine. It's what they get. Um, the one time they did not was because Nixon resigned before a vote could be held. Republicans allege the president benefited from his family's foreign business dealings, although they have not yet produced any solid evidence that he did. Again, totally made up. Totally made up lie. In the short term, the House's actions give the investigating committees more power to subpoena documents and testimony and for judges to enforce those requests. The Biden White House, which has cited the lack of a formal vote as grounds for refusing to provide some information, may now be compelled to comply. Ultimately, this vote could clear the path for House Republicans, despite their narrow majority, to stick together and back impeachment sometime in early 2024. They now are on record agreeing to move the process forward if centrist Republicans in congressional districts won by Biden in 2020 are going to take the political hit for starting the investigation, they may conclude it's best to see it through to the end. The end in the House, at least, the matter would then move to the Democrat-controlled Senate, which takes two-thirds majority to convict and remove a president. That's a high bar that's never been reached for a president in U.S. history, and at least some Republicans have expressed concern Wednesday that a vote could be another indication that the impeachment process is being diminished. Asa Hutchinson, a former congressman and current Republican presidential candidate, not really, was one of the House managers who presented the case against Mr. Clinton during the 99 impeachment trial. Uh, such concerns did not prevail on Wednesday, and now the investigations will continue. 
Republicans have long viewed Joe Biden's son Hunter as a political liability for his father. If they can link his business dealings and personal conduct to the president, they have the potential to damage the elder Biden standing with American voters. A formal impeachment investigation with public hearings that leads to a House vote and a Senate trial has the potential to become, to become a major headache for Biden, that's what he would deserve, in the midst of an election campaign. And that remains true even if Republicans continue to lack any conclusive evidence tying the president to his son's misdeeds. There is no telling what kind of twists and turns are in store for this inquiry either. While no evidence directly linking Mr. Biden to his son's professional and personal failings have yet to be presented, again, totally made up, sweeping powers can sometimes yield surprising results. Bill Clinton's impeachment for lying about an affair with an intern began with an inquiry into a failed real estate deal. Hillary Clinton's email server saga came from a probe into a U.S. ambassador's death in Libya. Sometimes fishing, fishing expeditions catch a fish, but if nothing turns up, the perception of corruption tied to Biden's name may be damaging enough. Good. Republicans could also use impeachment proceedings along with Hunter Biden's legal battles to draw attention away from the very real legal plight their likely presidential nominee Donald Trump faces. Already there's talk of timing the impeachment process to provide counter-programming that distracts from Trump's federal trial. Good, do that. In a nation whose moods towards election politicians is already sour, the electoral environment in the coming year may become even more toxic. Oh, you brought it all upon yourselves, fuckers. So that's what you get. All right, let's get to some more breaking news. <laughs> Some more breaking news from the internet from GunFox. Photos show Chinese Navy warships sailing up Taiwan coast. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I thought their Navy wasn't that good. Is that, is that not the case? A flotilla of Chinese Navy vessels was photographed sailing in the waters near Taiwan on Thursday with Beijing's maritime force now frequently appearing in the islands surrounding waters at ever closer distances. That's not good. That's not good at all. Holy shit. Uh, images supplied to uh, Newsweek by plane and ship spotting group Taiwan ADIZ. Is that AIDS? Not really, but we'll go with that. Showed at least two People's Liberation Army Navy warships among the group of three, which was seen in the waters east of Taiwan at 11 a.m. local. PLA Navy ships, the Zebo and a Type 052D destroyer, and the Jingzhou, a Type 054A frigate, used the busy shipping line, according to photographs showing visible hull numbers. They were accompanied by Type 903 replenishment ship, Quandao, and, and said the spotters who placed China's naval flotilla at 31 nautical miles from Taiwan's coastline. In the 16 months since Nancy Pelosi's visit to Taiwan, the first by a sitting House Speaker in a quarter century, century, Beijing has increased its military aircraft and vessel presence around the island and what Taipei says is a strategy of intimidation and to exhaust its armed forces. The activity happens in international waters just outside of Taiwan's contagious zone, a buffer area that extends an additional 12 nautical miles from Taiwan's standard 12 nautical mile territorial sea. China's ships have largely respected the 24 nautical mile limit, although their crews do not acknowledge its existence 
because of Beijing's long-standing claim that Taiwan is part of Chinese territory. When PLA vessels approach, they often are confronted by Taiwan's own warships, and together they circle the islands surrounding waters in high-pressure standoffs. One such incident was captured in radio messages in late November when a single Taiwanese Navy vessel sought to head off two approaching Chinese warships in a two-on-one encounter in the Taiwan Strait. The crews were heard asserting each country's position in what is now a daily occurrence. The radio challenges reviewed by Newsweek... Um, okay, they, they reviewed them, and I... Um, Observers say the frequent maneuvers around Taiwan are part of Beijing's gray zone warfare, referring to coercive tactics that deliberately fall short of war, meant to drain an adversary's resources, inflict psychological strain, and ultimately force concessions. Ching Ko Chang, Taiwan's defense minister, has repeatedly said Taiwan's armed forces would not fire the first shot, but insisted his troops would follow established self-defense protocols should PLA vessels where planes cross into the island's territorial sea or airspace. China's defense ministry couldn't be re reached for comment. Uh, yeah, I mean, if you're going to do this, uh, now is the time, because uh, it's unlikely you're going to be able to get away with that if Trump is in office. So we might see countries making moves they would not normally make because we have a weak, feeble president who has no legitimacy. And people know that. The world knows that. They know what they did. They also, everyone saw it. And it's, uh, America is in a very weak state right now. It's not good. Not good at all. All right. Let's get to some more uh, breaking news here. One moment. Is that the... Uh, hold on a second. Yeah, okay. Um, Ex-FBI Intel Chief Charles McGonigal, more breaking news from the internet from GunFox here, ex-FBI Intel Chief Charles McGonigal gets over four years in prison. A former top FBI agent has been sentenced to over four years in prison for aiding a Russian oligarch who wanted off the U.S. sanction list. Charles McGonigal pleaded guilty in August um, to one count of conspiring to launder money He's one of the highest-ranking FBI agents ever to be charged with the crime. Well, hopefully we, uh, we make that a much more common occurrence. He's also accused of hiding $225,000 in payments from, the Albanian agent, uh, from an Albanian agent while still working for the FBI. Prosecutors had asked for five years in prison, while McGonagall requested no time. Before his 50-month sentence was handed down on Thursday, McGonagall expressed regret over his actions. He said, I committed a felony, and as a former FBI special agent, it causes me extreme emotional and physical pain. I stand before you today with a deep sense of remorse. Miss Reardon and, said Miss McGonagall had made extraordinary contributions through his counter-espionage work, but called his crimes extraordinarily serious. He's been ordered to surrender to authorities February 26, 2024. McGonagall was the special agent in charge of the FBI's counterintelligence division in New York before retiring in 2018. In that role, he was tasked with investigating Russian oligarchs. Prosecutors said he and former Russian diplomat Sergei Sestakov violated U.S. sanctions by agreeing to provide service to Russian billionaire and industrialist Oleg Deripaska. The U.S. sanctioned Deripaska in 2018 after accusing him and seven, 
several other Russian oligarchs uh, and officials of malign activity around the globe. Yeah, it's not broad. Prosecutors allege the two men agreed to help Mr. Deripaska get his sanctions removed. They also promised to investigate a rival oligarch, Vladimir Ponitin. The men and, a, uh, and an associate of Mr. Deripaska allegedly used shell companies to send and receive payments to Deripaska. In August, McGonagall admitted to a judge he investigated Mr. Patanin in an effort to add him to the sanctions list. He told the court he was deeply remorseful for his actions. I take full responsibility and never intended to hurt anyone. After being arrested in January, the ex-FBI agent had initially pled not guilty before reversing his plea. In court filings, prosecutors said McGonagall abused the skills and influence his country entrusted him with by secretly working for the very threats he had previously protected it against. No one knew better the gravity of his crimes than McGonagall himself, they wrote. Defense attorneys for McGonagall, meanwhile, claimed that his fall from grace and job loss are enough punishment. He pled guilty to separate charges. In that case, he's accused of concealing thousands of dollars in cash from a former Albanian intelligence employee in 2017. He claimed the money was part of a loan for a business. Federal prosecutors said he was required to report the payment. He was scheduled to be sentenced in Washington, D.C. in February 2024. They rarely ever hold uh, themselves accountable. So what what really happened here? This guy fell out of favor and they no longer want to protect him. So that just sounds like uh, sounds like some bullshit, but uh, I guess we'll see. Uh, okay, now we have, let's see, one moment. Uh, okay, this is about Michelle Obama. Can uh, More breaking news from the internet from Gunfox. Again, appreciate your support, sir. Uh, conservatives fixate on a line and leave the world behind and miss the point. Yes, the anti-white racism in this movie. Uh, how dare they have a problem with that? The apocalyptic thriller Leave the World Behind, an ad adaptation of Room Alman's critically acclaimed novel. Uh, it, it, it's the first feature film from High Ground, the production company founded by bathhouse Barry Obama and his wife Big Mike in 2018 and its success has predictably attracted the ire of some conservative critics who remain fixated on the Obamas and are resentful of their popularity yeah that's what it is in a film that has a running hour uh, running time of two hours and 21 minutes and revolves around a mysterious disaster hitting New York City some critics have latched on to a single line when they said, if the world falls apart, trust should not be doled out easily, especially to white people. The actor James Woods tweeted, the Obamas are two of the most influential people on the planet. Politics aside, you have to agree that their potential power to create good in the world is monumental. That's why seeing that power used to promote racial hatred is deeply disappointing. Fox News host Kayleigh McEnany, a White House press secretary during Trump's administration asked on her show, why isn't the headline the former president reviewed a script embedded with this racist line and how did it get through? Ruth's statement to not be trusting white people, which most black viewers would recognize as sage advice. Yes, because black his, because white people are evil, guys. I can't believe, don't they understand? They just don't understand how evil they are. That's why they have a problem with the sentence. It's not the point of the film. It's not even close to being the point of the film. Faggot, no one said that that was the point of the fucking film. That's not what anyone argued. You're just making up arguments that no one ever made, homo. 
The film is about the possibility of overcoming mutual distrust and, and suspicion, however reasonable or however unfounded. The film argues that even in periods of hostility, there are still opportunities for cooperation and even common ground, however painfully and shakily they come about. The love and trust might not come easily, but the possibility is there somewhere. That might be the most Obama message ever. Oh, the uniter Barack Obama. Definitely is not a tranny fucker. Conservatives fixating on a character's distrust of white people as a gotcha moment either misunderstand the intense or layered film or more likely haven't bothered to watch it and are looking for a reason to attack the Obamas. Even more, they're looking for an opportunity to undermine a story about how we might transcend our racist and racist antagonisms preferring to that we stay ensnarled in them ironically they're doing to the obamas what the former president's administration did to shirley sherrod in 2010 a breitbart news video of sherrod the first black person to direct the u.s agriculture department's rural development division in georgia misrepresented remarks about working through her bias to help a white farmer who needed aid the edited video only included the expression of bias, and Obama's administration fired her without knowing the details. Leave the world behind is this, in the same way Sherrod did, suggests we might learn to trust and work with others, despite our deep-seated suspicions of them. The Obamas, for their part, were the executive producers and offered feedback on the character's evolution and perhaps most significantly, how a cyber attack on the U.S. might unfold. They're doing a lot of predictive programming uh, recently with cyber attacks and civil war. In response to the unfolding disaster, the Scots flee to their homes in the Hamptons, but find it occupied by Amanda Sanford and Clay Sanford and their two children who are vacationing. Uh, in the Airbnb, the Sanfords weren't expecting the owners to appear in the middle of the night to reclaim their house or for the owners of the fancy home to be black. Amanda doubts the father and daughter are telling the truth about who they are. Ruth is quick to call out her behavior as her father is more diplomatic. Yeah, the white people, I can't believe, they couldn't, they're so racist, they couldn't believe black people owned a home. Oh, yeah. Oh, I can't believe it. Oh, this sounds like a great movie. Ruth's open distrust of the Sanford signals a generational difference on how racism gets called out by black people. Ruth wants the Sanfords gone, convinced she and her father would be safer by themselves. George isn't oblivious to the prejudice and suspicion he faced as he tried to explain the situation to the Sanfords or to the or the dangers that black people face as they encounter white strangers on doorsteps. Yep. Oh yeah, they're they're in such danger from white people. He still believes though. But this is a shared life, that our best hope at survival is cooperation, and conversely, as the film points out, our greatest obstacle is not hackers and bombs, but each other. In 1920, uh, W.E.B. Du Bois, the preeminent black scholar of his era, wrote The Comet, a quasi-futuristic short story set in Manhattan about another mysterious apocalypse that appears to leave everyone dead except for Jim, a working-class black man, and Julia, a pampered, wealthy white woman. They approach each other with suspicion and fear. Julia, in particular, brings hostility. Even so, the pair eventually find themselves in each other's arms, literally clinging to each other that society has collapsed. Then the post-racial promise unravels when Julia's white father reappears, and she's realized she has other options. Leave the world behind isn't 
that different except that there is no other options but to stay if not in each other's embrace then at least in each other's orbit oh get the fuck out of here with this bullshit that's what makes the the movie along or what moves it along not the question about the nature of a disaster that's never fully explained but the question of whether the black and white characters can coexist can they figure each other out uh, and figure out what's happening with power grids and satellites deadly Teslas, ear-piercing sonic booms and bombs. In a twist on theorist Frederick Jameson's famous observation, it's easier to imagine the end of the world than the end of capitalism. Oh, what a bunch of commie bullshit. Go fuck yourself, MSNBC. It's telling, despite being more conciliatory, George finds himself at gunpoint on the porch of a white friend who threatens to kill him in the name of protecting his family and their possessions, including medicine that might help the Sanford son. At a certain point, one of the youngest characters in the film happens upon an abandoned house that can serve as a bunker and save them all if they can overcome their distrust of one another. That's far from certain, but possible. And it's the possibility of our working together, of us finding our way to each other when, need, when needed that threatens the fear-based message of the far right. The Obamas are experts at their own brand of inclusive populism. Ha ha ha! Premised on radical hope and going high even in the face of bullies, conservatives are fixated on trashing this film because they know the hopefulness presented by Bathhouse and Big Mike is a rejection of the cynicism they promote. What a crock of fucking shit. Oh my god. Absolutely ridiculous bullshit. That was AIDS. That was pure, unadulterated AIDS from MSNBC. Holy shit. All right, now we have this one from Gun Fox. This is Boney Joni's uh, legal blog. Supreme Court agrees to review abortion pill access case. Oof, she is skeletal. The Supreme Court on Wednesday agreed to take up the dispute over the abortion pill, Mithoprestone, following the court's move last term that blocked restrictions on accessing the medication from taking effect. Now the court that overturned Roe v. Wade last year can more fully resolve the issue. Well, hopefully they do. The restrictions came from Donald Trump-appointed Judge Matthew Kaczmarek, a longtime anti-abortion activist in Texas who issued an unprecedented ruling in April suspending the pill's 2000 approval by the FDA. Um, let's see. The Supreme Court blocked the ruling from taking effect later that month, pending a further review. In August, the Fifth Circuit rejected Kaczmarek's ruling on the drug's approval, but upheld some of the restrictions, including uh, male access to the medication. The Fifth, Fifth Circuit ruling hasn't taken effect, pending final word from the Supreme Court, and the justices can now deliver after they hear arguments and issue a decision. Both the Biden administration and the pillmaker, Danco Laboratories, appealed to the high court. Uh, and the Anti-Abortion Alliance Defending Freedom, which brought the case to Kazmarek, said in its own appeal that the justices 
should review the initial 2000 FDA approval itself and granting review on Wednesday. The justices also declined to take up the ADF appeal. Today, more than half of American women who choose to terminate their pregnancies rely on Mifeprestone, the federal government said in its Supreme Court decision, arguing that the challengers don't even have legal standing because they're anti-abortion doctors and doctors associations who don't prescribe the drug. So the FDA's approval of the drug doesn't affect them. In the Fifth Circuit ruling, if it takes effect, the government told the justices it would upend the regulatory regime for mifepristone with damaging consequences for women seeking lawful abortions and a healthcare system that relies on the availability of the drug under the current conditions of use. Man, the Supreme Court could really fuck up the liberals' day with a ruling on this issue. We'll have to see what happens. Hopefully there's a lot of reing. That would be absolutely fantastic. All right, that was breaking news from the internet from GunFox. Sincerely appreciate your generosity, sir. Thank you so much for your support. Um, now we have, uh, this is breaking news from Dumbbeard. I think this is breaking LGBT news. Breaking LGBTQ plus <laughs> news. Oh, Jesus Christ. This is, uh, this is sanity. Here's some sanity. Uh, Minnesota schools must stock all boys' and girls' bathrooms with tampons on January 1st. What the fuck? Hopefully the boys do what they do with everything else in the bathroom. I don't know what it is about being a boy. I remember being in school. There's just this overwhelming desire to fuck up the bathroom. I don't understand it. The poor janitor. It is what it is. We should have gotten in trouble. I fortunately didn't get in trouble for the things that I did. It is just... Uh, or just stupid shit. Like you would just flush all the urinals at once. You just flush all the toilets. Like... <laughs> You just have all this energy. You have all this energy and you're just doing shit. You're just touching stuff and flushing all the toilets. And then, anyway, a new law that requires public schools in Minnesota to stock menstrual products in all girls' and boys' bathrooms at no charge to students goes into effect January 1st. The products, which include pads and tampons, must be available in restrooms regularly used by students in grades 4 to 12. State will supply the funding for the tampons with two times two dollars times the adjusted pupil units for the school districts for the school year. Representative Sandra Feast, a Democrat from New Brighton who pioneered the measure, said in January the associated cost of the measure would be a wise investment because it would keep students from missing school due to period poverty. This is just made up bullshit. One out of every ten menstruating youths, you mean girls miss school during their menstruating cycle due to lack of access to menstrual products and resources. A Republican-backed amendment to add the word female to the bill failed in committee. Not all, <laughs> Feist said, not all students who menstruate are female. Again, again, there's not even anything this crazy in Idiocracy, the movie, of a world of idiots. There's nothing this crazy in that movie. The people, the commies are worse than idiocracy. This is just insane. Totally insane. Fucking insanity. Feist uh, said some schools have gender-neutral bathrooms. She acknowledged that female students use menstruation products more often, but said it's still important to have them in all the bathrooms. Oh, my God. Just fucking total insanity. 
All right, now we have more breaking news here. All right, we have uh, breaking news here from Mojack420. Neo-Nazi group accused of violating civil rights law for disrupting New Hampshire Drag Queen Story Hour. You know, there's a lot of this going on. Um, there's a lot of, like, I've seen a lot of headlines of people being arrested for hate. But when you read the article, they've actually been arrested for, like, outstanding warrants and actual crimes. But it's being talked about as if they're being they want to send a message that like if you say things they don't like they're going to arrest you which they might do anyway who knows the new hampshire attorney general's office uh, filed a civil rights lawsuit against a neo-nazi group on wednesday night alleging it disrupted a drag story hour at a cafe in june so what they're going to argue here is that pedophile homosexuals have a civil right to groom children and that these guys interrupting this pedophile grooming event is violating the homosexual civil rights. Okay, I didn't sign up for any of this. Just like I didn't sign up for the womb rental shit, I didn't sign up for any of this. So we're gonna we're gonna have to shut down the LGBT until we figure out what the hell is going on. Okay, that's my position now. I didn't agree to any, I I agreed with gay marriage and that gay people should be able to fucking adopt. Because it's better, as long as they have the measures in place to make sure they're not pedophiles and shit, uh, then, then it, it, I was sold, the argument I was sold on is that it would be better for the kid to be in a loving homosexual family than in an orphanage. Okay? The deal has been altered, and I reject it outright. So we have to go back to, to we have to go back to ground zero. Okay, so I am calling for the complete shutdown of the LGBT movement until we realize, or t until we figure out what the hell is going on, okay? Holy shit. Um, Attorney General John Formelia filed the complaint against 19 unnamed members of the New England Nazi group NSC-131, which stands for Nationalist Social Club and their leaders, accusing them of violating the state's anti-discrimination laws for trying to stop a pedophile grooming event. <laughs> the event where drag queens read pedophiles, pedophiles uh, read children. I don't care. Look, look, look. If you want to dress up as a woman and read a book to a kid, you are a fucking predator. No exceptions. No exceptions. Okay? If you are dressing up in drag and presenting yourself in front of children, you're a fucking predator, and people should act accordingly. Ridiculous. The event where drag queens read children's books to kids took place during Pride Month at the Teetotaler, a pro-pedophile coffee shop in Concord, the, uh, the state's capital. A viral video posted by a pedophile... Uh, who hosted the event, shows the group of neo-Nazis wearing masks, sunglasses, baseball caps, and marching uh, shirts and pants, shouting and raising their right arms in unison and banging on the coffee shop windows. Acts of hate designed to terrorize an individual or business. Into uh, pedophiles should be terrorized. Uh, uh, I have no problem with this at all. I have no problem with this at all. Uh, I, I, if, you, if you're a parent and you took your kid to this, you should be arrested immediately. 
Okay, so yeah, pedof make pedophiles scared again. As far as I'm aware, these gentlemen did not do anything illegal. Okay, so I hope pedophiles are afraid in New Hampshire. And uh, so no problem so far. The Department of Justice will continue to enforce the state's anti-discrimination laws. They protested an event. How is this illegal? What, are you kidding me? If this is illegal, all of those fucking Palestinian protesters need to be arrested then. Now, I'm not calling for that because I think people should be able to protest. But if we're going to round each other up, then we're going to round each other up, okay? And hopefully our side gets control so we stop you from rounding us up. Because that's if that's where we are, that's where we are, okay? So it looks like we have to gain control of the apparatus and enforce our will. That seems to be what the score is. Am I wrong about that? It seems to be if you don't have control of the apparatus, uh, then you're going to be oppressed. So I'd rather not be oppressed. I would rather be the oppressor if I had to choose. I, w I liked the whole live and let live thing, but that's out the window now. So now we have to be monsters and we have to defend ourselves and we have to get control of the government and these people have to be removed from society. I hope that somehow I'm misreading the situation because that's not a great situation to be in in America. We were sold this whole idea of, oh, you got to live and let live and everyone has the freedom to be who they want. Yeah, that's over. Uh, they're locking us up now. So I don't really think that that's a real thing anymore. But anyway, who knows? I could be misreading the situation. William E. Gens, an attorney for Hood, said he's not read the complaint, but he summed it up as virtue signaling. This attorney general has a rather narrow view of free speech and he's lost. and He's going to try it again. He said, referring to a similar complaint the Attorney General filed against Hood in January that was later dismissed, maybe he thinks he'll find a judge that he thinks that thinks like he does. I hope not just for Hood's sake, but for all our sakes. Well, they'll what they'll probably do is what they're doing in Florida. They'll say that you littered, and they'll try to lock you up for a year. <clears throat> if Hood and the other men are found to have violated the state's anti-discrimination law, they could face a $10,000 penalty. Emmett Soldati, the coffee shop owner, applauded the attorney general's complaint, saying it sends a very strong message up. Yeah, well, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. I hope everyone's keeping track of which businesses held the pedophile grooming events. And then if we do somehow get control, we can arrest all those people. I hope that happens. Because you're rooting for your political opponents now to be arrested. So I've said this before. Karma dictates that it happens to you. So, But I would say if you held a pedophile grooming event, it doesn't even matter. You should go to jail for that. I mean, this is like crazy. Um, in the previous complaint, uh, Formella accused Hood and other members of violating civil rights law when they hung a banner up. <laughs> That's not how any of this works, retard. The banner said, keep New England white. The charges were dismissed in June. Yeah, because that's protected. You're allowed to say that. Jen said that since the case was dismissed, Hood had been keeping kind of quiet and paying attention to his newborn child. Massachusetts Attorney General Andrea Joy Campbell's office filed a complaint against Hood and the neo-Nazi group last week, accusing them of violating the state's civil rights laws. Again, preposterous. Within the last few years, anti-LGBTQ demonstrations and acts of violence against the community have surged. What acts of violence? You're making that up. Demonstrations, yes, because for some reason uh, w within the past few years, the LGBT de decided to just say, all right, we're going to just we're, we're, we're going to go after the kids now. Execute kid fucking order 66. And that's what they've been doing. And it is insane. And the media goes along with it. Mainstream society goes along with it. You can hire literal predator pedophiles as teachers. No one says anything. It's crazy. 
Anyway, um, there were 200 anti-drag incidents across the nation, according to a June report. The report also found there were more demonstrations within the first five months of the year than the last seven, seven months of the year. I hope they keep demonstrating. I hope pedophiles make pedophiles afraid. Again, humanely, politically, and legally, of course. Anyway, <clears throat> that's amazing. We leftists, leftists are putting people in the position that you, you I mean, you don't, in this situation, you got these guys heiling Hitler. This is kind of like embarrassingly edgy, in my opinion, but do what you want. I don't care. But then you got kid fuckers in there. <laughs> so it's like, holy shit, what is happening? Anyway, <clears throat> at least they're not for fucking kids. So I can view the Sieg Heiling as being kind of corny because, like, you're not German. Are you German? Like, if you're German, then it makes sense because, you know, that, that was your guy if you like Hitler. You know, if you're a German and you like Hitler, that makes sense to me. If you're American, what? Like, if you were, like, on board with, like, Robert E. Lee, that would make total sense. Like, the, the uh, stars and bars makes total sense, okay? That makes sense. That's America. That's an American thing. But the shit with the Nazis, that was another country. But maybe they're all German. I don't know. But if you're not German, what are you doing? I don't. But do what you want. I don't care. I don't care. Stay away from the kids. Other than that, I don't fucking give a shit. And the, uh, the LGBT, they're not staying away from the kids. And now they're giving these guys a point. What are you doing? What are you doing? Anyway, I don't know. I guess they're trying to destroy society. But there you go. That's what's going on there. That's incredible. Um... All right, that was uh, breaking news from the internet from uh, Mojack420. If you have an article that you want read on stream, 10 and up, details in the description. I think this is, um, they're claiming, what is this? That, uh, hold on a second. Yeah, something like MAGA lawyers were ordered to like hide information from Trump or something. I, I don't know. New leaked recordings of former Trump lawyer Kenneth Chesabro show him basically describing a 2020 Oval Office photo op where he and other lawyers were instructed to not egg on Donald Trump in this whole election interference nonsense and basically let him know, listen, honey, you've lost the election. It's time to move on. That was the point of Trump's meeting with these lawyers. Now, the recordings are from Michigan State Prosecutor's recent interview with Chesabro, an unindicted co-conspirator who is cooperating with state investigators working on the whole fake electors case. Now, what's interesting is that Kenneth Chesabro admits that even though the lawyers present at that Oval Office photo op were supposed to discourage Trump from moving forward with all this election interference nonsense, he confesses that, yeah, I actually did kind of egg him on. <laughs> so Chesabro's the guy who was responsible for writing a legal memo that transformed into a nationwide operation to overturn the results of the presidential election, right? The fake electors plot. And so here's what we learned from the tapes that have been leaked. On December 14th of 2020, the Wisconsin Supreme Court rejected Trump's lawsuit to nullify the state's election results. Days later, a guy named Jim Troopus, I believe it is, Jim Troopus and other GOP lawyers involved in the case flew to Washington DC, 
And they participated in this Senate hearing about election issues and also secured an Oval Office photo op with Donald Trump. Now, Chesabro revealed that before the group of lawyers entered the Oval Office, they were given clear instructions to not get Trump's hopes up about overturning the election. And look, it's not clear who gave that directive. We don't know who it is, but Chesabro says that's what they were supposed to do. Now, Troopis towed the line. He listened to the orders. He just finished leading Trump's failed election challenge in Wisconsin and bluntly told the president that it was just over in that state, time to move on. Now, Chesabro details that situation in the leaked audio that you're about to hear. Clear that troops personally told the president there was zero hope for Wisconsin. As part of this message, I, I think crafted to try to get him to concede, to just you know, give up this, this, this long shot challenge. So there was a, there was a conscious effort to um, deflect him from a sense of any possibility that he could pull out the election. Okay. So just nonstop snakes, just surrounded by snakes, unbelievable. So you got it's the big lesson of the first term that if he somehow gets in the office that I hope he fixes you got to surround yourself with better people. Now, you know it's possible that in DC that that's impossible. It's possible that like there there's so few good people, there's so few loyal people that it might not be possible to do that in Washington DC as the president. And then, you know, then I don't know what you do in that situation. But man, it is really, that's cra- That's just insane. What kind of a lawyer is this? This is why, as much as, look, I've said it before, I don't think Sidney Powell was helpful with what she said publicly, but at least she understood, at least I'll give this to Sidney Powell, she at least understood that this was fucking bullshit, okay? So, you know... I would I'd take that over a person who's being like, oh, just try to tell Trump to forget about it. Fuck you. Are you kidding me? What what kind of people are these? Ridiculous. So now he continues to say, Chesabro continues to say, our marching orders were don't say anything that makes him feel more positive than the beginning of the meeting. So let's just rehash. But there's a difference. I have no problem with that part. Like, you don't want to oversell this to Trump, and I, and I have no problem if people want to be realistic. But there's there that thing about Wisconsin, and, and I think about the overall election, was they wanted to get him to drop it completely. That's disgraceful. That's It's one thing to say, don't oversell him on it, because this is going to be hard. That's fine, because that's, that's true. But to be like, we just have to try to convince him to drop it? You're a, you're a goddamn snake. You're a, you're a fucking traitor. That's unacceptable. That's unacceptable. You can't just let them steal a fucking election. That's crazy. To just lie down and take that, that's it's just that's a cock in the ass. You can't take a cock in the ass. You, you can't do that. You cannot do that. What I, what I just covered, okay? So you have the majority of the Republican lawyers in the Oval Office telling Trump, it's over, don't get your hopes up. You're not gonna overturn the results of this election. But you have Chesabro egging him on with the fake elector scheme. And by the way, I should note the reason why Chesabro- well, But that's that you're contradicting yourself. You're contradicting that that's, that doesn't match what he said. He still presented it to him. 
know, is willing to cooperate with these investigations is because he took a plea deal and he has immunity. So this essentially protects him while opening up potentially a whole host of issues for Donald Trump. But I do think there's a catch. And I'll tell you what that catch is in just a yeah, moment. The catch but is none of this is illegal. That's the catch. First, we need to hear more audio. So then the conversation shifted to Arizona, okay? Attorney Kenneth Chesabro at that point deviated from the plan, implying to Trump that, hey, you could still win this. Let's watch. So I, I ended up explaining that Arizona was still hypothetically possible because the ultra-electors had voted. And I explained the whole logic that because the ultra-electors had voted, we had more time to win the litigation. So it was, I think, clear in a way that maybe it hadn't been before that we had till January 6th to, to win. So he's giving Trump honestly false hope, clearly false hope. That no, it's possible they could have won. You can win court cases. Uh, it didn't happen, but it was possible it could have happened. And I think that's what's going to complicate this case. Uh, now, in, in this situation, obviously, uh, we're talking about a state that's investigating the fake elector scheme. But remember, you have legal experts, you have lawyers talking to Trump, some of which, like Kenneth Chesabro, are telling him exactly what he wants to hear and telling him that what they're about to do based on what we know so far is totally above board. I don't know if that's gonna work in Trump's favor. I don't know if he's going to- well, I mean, again, it is above board. All of this is, this is I, I can't wait for this court case. I really, uh, if it happens publicly, because Ass Willis is saying that they are gonna do this publicly. I cannot wait to hear this case. This is gonna be amazing. And I can't wait to watch, I hope, Barnes and Ricada and all the legal people. I hope they cover it. They do a ton of analysis. Have you ever heard this woman talk? There's no way this is not going to be a clown show. She's barely coherent. Ask Willis is barely coherent. I I can't even believe she's going to be the one talking. There's no way she's going to be the one talking. There's no, if she, man, this is going to be com completely insane. By the way, someone in the soft gentleman's chat. Uh, the, the uh, earlier uh, did a, a, a super chat about Latidia James that said that, it, that her nickname should be Tits, and then he mentioned Fanny Willis, and then I thought, well, Fanny is ass Willis, it's Tits and ass. So Trump is being prosecuted by Tits and ass, Latidia James and uh, Latidia James and ass Willis. Effectively use that as part of his defense. Now, Chesabro spelled out the basics of the fake elector scheme, where Trump supporters in seven states would cast fake ballots. Again, uh, and not, they, you, your terminology is total bullshit. Would sign phony. And if he put this in the memo, which I don't, you're going to have to show me evidence. I've not seen that. Then he's an idiot. But it still doesn't make it illegal. Certificates claiming that they were the rightful electors. Obviously, they were not. In fact, uh, some of these uh, fake yes, electors are. Course, again, they're not fake electors, retard. They're alternate electors. You're allowed to do it. Democrats did it in 1960. Now facing criminal charges for what they did. Um, now that angered other officials who knew it would give Trump renewed hope that he could still somehow stay in office. Right after the meeting, um, Troopus, well, Troopus said that 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 Wright's Priebus was extremely concerned with what I told the president about Arizona and about the real deadline being January 6th. 
and um, that he was going to do damage control. Reince was going to follow up, and I, I, I mean, I, I was trying to mitigate whatever optimism I guess I created. Okay, so I, you know what I like about this, at least? We're, we're finding out who the snakes are. So Rents Priebus is a fucking snake. So that's good to know. I'm glad to know that. I hope Rents Priebus is nowhere near Trump. Um, I hope Kushner's nowhere near Trump. I heard, again, you, you have to see how it plays out. But um, for the most part, the reporting has been that Kushner's not going to be anywhere near Trump. And then I, I read something that like he's considering letting him put together a cabinet, that would be a disaster. I hope he doesn't do that. I hope that was just bullshit. Because sometimes there's like this counter-propaganda. Like the whole thing with, oh, Nikki Haley could be the uh, VP. Get the fuck out of here. No way Nikki Haley's going to be the VP. First of all, that would be such a poor decision. That would be such a disaster. He's going to pick a person he's called Birdbrain as his VP. Get out. That, that, I think, was kind of like a like a bullshit narrative to demoralize Trump supporters, I think. Um, I mean, come on. Are you... Get the fuck out of here. I forget someone said, you never know. Oh, yeah, it was Lara Trump. First of all, I don't give a fucking shit what Lara Trump said. Lara Trump was asked about Nikki Haley, and she was like, well, you never know. I don't care. That means nothing. I don't. I mean, look, she. I'm sure she could talk to Donald Trump if she wants to. It's Eric's wife. But, like, I'm not taking my VP speculation from Lara Trump. It's just not, I don't, no, I'm not, I'm not buying that. There's no fucking way. Oh, someone pointed out a very, very uh, good analysis the other day. If Trump somehow got suckered in to choosing Nikki Haley, he would, his risk of assassination would skyrocket because they would love to have Nikki Haley be his successor. She's a total uniparty uh, person. And then the person also said this, that if he picks Tucker Carlson, he reduces his assassination uh, uh, percentage because um, they're more scared of Tucker. Now, I don't know if that's the case. The, the Nikki Haley thing, I think, is spot on. I think if you, if you for example, if you choose Mike Pence, a Mike Pence type this time, you increase your chances that they're going to assassinate you. I do agree with that. I, I think that's very spot on. I would love for it to be true that they're more scared of Tucker Carlson than they are of Trump. Um, I don't know if I buy that, though. I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know if I buy that. Um, but it would be great if he picked someone that they were more scared of. I just don't know if that person exists. I don't... I don't... Yeah, I don't think there's a person like that yet. I hope someone becomes that. I hope someone becomes a hundred times worse than Trump. But, I, you know, I haven't seen that yet. But anyway, the first part, whoever that was, I forget who that was. It was I thought it was they were pretty good. It's really sad when we're now living in a world where Reince Priebus, if you can remember that guy, is the voice of reason. He's not the voice of reason. He's so lying. He's lying about the process. That's unacceptable. So incredibly. Look, if this lawyer told Trump something that was that he couldn't do right Th then i would have no problem with rents previous being like why are you telling him that this could work when it's impossible you know if it's something that was impossible then i have no problem with it but but this is weird 
you're you're upset. He's obviously he's completely compromised. If he's upset that by simply explaining a process to Trump on how it works, Rents Priebus is upset and has to do damage control. Totally compromised. He is totally compromised. That's ridiculous. Depressing. So another source said that a visibly ticked off Reince Priebus uh, intervened to shut down the conversation Insane. after he saw Chesterbro whispering to Trump about election procedures. He's like, get out of here. Of course, Priebus and others ended up being right. Uh, Trump heard what he wanted to hear in that meeting. So he effectively ignored the legal experts, the lawyers who were telling him, you're not gonna win this, this isn't gonna work. And instead chose to- That's not even what they're supposed to do. Aren't they supposed to tell him the options and then he chooses from the options? How do you know whether he's gonna win or lose? There's a difference between saying you can't win and it's gonna be tough, okay? There's a difference between those two. Saying that this is gonna be difficult, I have no problem with, but that's not what they were saying. They were trying to get him to take a cock in the ass and to have your advisors doing that, that's the lowest of the low. These people are just disgusting. Listen to Kenneth Chesbro instead, the very man who's now spilling the beans and uh, basically offering testimony against Donald Trump and the other co-conspirators the in these- Here's again, remember when uh, Chesbro and um, Sidney Powell, was there another one? Oh, it was uh, the fat bitch and uh, Jenna Ellis. I don't like her at all. I I like the fact that Sidney Powell still seems to understand that this was total bullshit. And look, you know, I I, I don't. She, she is a good lawyer. That's the thing. I think she's like a very good fraud lawyer. So she has a good reputation. She just didn't say great things publicly. Okay, I'm not going to kill her over that. It is what it is. What are you going to do? Saying that we're going to release the Kraken, that didn't help. Okay, that didn't help. But whatever. With that said, she still seems to completely understand that this is bullshit. And the newsletter she was releasing seems to be totally fine. I think I, I don't have a problem with Sidney Powell at this point. Jenna Ellis is a fucking disgusting fat snake. She's terrible. She She's like promoting the New York Times because they did a hit piece on Brendan Dilley. Um, so Brendan Dilley, I don't know if you've ever heard of the Dilley meme team, very popular. Um, they, they're all, you, I'm sure you've probably seen some of the Dilley team's memes. They, they get their shit out there very well. The New York Times did a hit piece on Dilley. And uh, Jenna Ellis was defending it and claiming that the Dilley meme team engages in sexual harassment. <laughs> She's a, it's like, look, it's one thing I've said this before. If you like DeSantis, no problem. But when you start taking the corporate media side, you're a fucking traitor. And I hope they round you up with the rest of the regime media. Okay. That's just me. I'm not saying you have to go that far. I'm saying that's what I'd like to see. But anyway, fuck her. But I don't have those sentiments towards Sidney Powell. I don't have a problem with Sidney Powell. But anyway, getting back to my point. Remember when Chesbro and Powell and fat bitch Jenna Ellis, they, they did their plea deals and the media was like, oh, they got him. Chesbro and Powell are going to flip. Okay, so right now, I think with this deposition, with this the whores in Michigan, we're getting an idea of what Chesbro is going to say. What is it that he's saying exactly so far that incriminates Trump? Anything? I've not seen anything. He's saying that he explained to Trump how this works. 
That's not... Now, they're going to pretend this is like a big reveal, but what does this reveal? He did his job as a lawyer. I don't love what he said about Wisconsin, but but maybe I'm misreading the situation. Maybe he's not as bad as a rent, rent previous because it seems like he was accurately explaining Arizona. So maybe the Wisconsin thing was more like a, it's virtually impossible, so forget about it. Focus on Arizona. Okay, fine. But how does this harm Trump in any way, legally? I, I, I want to see what these people say because I don't really think that they have anything. And the reason I believe that is there's no fucking crime here. None of this is illegal. And that applies to all these cases. You look at the case with Chuckin. Donald Trump said things. They already introduced it. To tell you how, how shitty this case is, Jack Smith is now trying to introduce tweets from like 2012 and 2016 that have nothing to do with January 6th. And the tweets show that Donald Trump questioned election results. How the fuck is that in any way evidence of a crime? This is preposterous. So all of these cases, this is a circus to get headlines. And they hope because, look, there's a reason that they're making sure that they hold this shit in Washington, D.C. Because they know no matter what they do, Jack Smith could start pissing all over the floor and shitting. Okay, he could shit on a plate, put it in front of the jury. That jury is going to convict Trump no matter what Jack Smith does. Okay, they know that. So they want to get the the conviction before the election. They know this is not going to stick. This is is legally incoherent. But they're going to get the conviction because they think that's going to get the populace to vote for Joe Biden. And I don't I just don't see if milk is and eggs and gas and everything is so expensive and like I just don't I don't see how that translates because this is not how are you going to explain this to a normie that uh, uh, he incited an insurrection on January 6th a normal person is going to go I don't care about January 6th anymore what are you going to do about the economy the economy sucks so I don't think it's going to work but I think that's the point uh, of all this I don't really think a lot of these cases have a very coherent explanation of how a crime was committed and to it would be my pleasure to watch ass willis try to explain this to a judge and to a jury in when is this supposed to happen i don't even know if it's happening because she said she's going to do it into the election and even after the election so it looks like they're focusing on Chutkin, but that's federal. They're not going to. They're probably not going to televise that. So we'll see. But the, this whole thing is ridiculous. These investigations. Now, afterward, Chesabro says that Priebus wanted to keep the meeting on the down low. Sorry, Priebus. Obviously, that didn't happen. And two days later, Chesabro got a stern email from Trupis. The message said the following: "Quote: Reince was very." explicit in his admonition that nothing about our meeting with the president can can be shared with anyone. The political cross currents are deep and fast and neither you or I have any ability to swim through them. Also during this interview, Michigan investigators asked Chesabro detailed questions including who designed the fake certificates that the geo- uh, Okay, so this, this right here, this tells you everything here. Hold on, let's go back to this guy's comment. Yeah, this is political. This is political. The whole thing is political. It's supposed to be about um, getting the election result right. Not. It's not supposed to be about politics. Now, I know it's only about politics because it's D.C. Of course, it's about politics. 
this guy basically threatens Chesbro and says that uh, make sure no one knows that you told Trump that he could possibly win in Arizona because of the political cross currents. What does that mean? It means Democrats are going to hurt people if Trump figures out how he can fight the steal. That's what that means. That's what that means. And neither you or I have any ability to swim through them. Also during this interview, uh, Michigan investigators asked Chesabro detailed questions, including who designed the fake certificates that the GOP elector signed and who was responsible for recruiting the Michigan participants? How did the signed certificates get from Lansing to Washington, D.C.? And also he pointed investigators to Rudy Giuliani, who was pushing the idea of alternate electors very strongly and said former NYPD commissioner Bernie Carrick handled a lot of the organizational activity in Michigan. Trump campaign official Mike Roman was really effective at carrying out operational matters, Chesabro said. He's, he's throwing everyone under the bus. Everyone's under the bus. So he was picked to be the point person to help with the whipping operation on a state by state basis. So it, I do think that Chesabro's testimony is incredibly valuable here. Now, why does this all matter? What does this all mean? Well, Chesabro's testimony could be useful for the federal indictment that Donald Trump is facing for election interference. In Trump's federal case, prosecutors highlighted the pattern of Trump allies repeatedly telling him that he- Yeah, but this guy told him that he can win Arizona. So this completely contradicts this narrative. Lost the election. See, this is why I'm worried because yes, there were people telling him repeatedly that yeah, he lost the election. And there were plenty of people that said, well, you, you, you can do this and that. These are your constitutional options. And then Snake Rents Previs and this guy Trupus or whatever the fuck his name is, were like threatening people. Don't you dare tell Trump any of this. Unbelievable. Election, but there were also others, including literal lawyers like Kenneth Chesbro, telling him, no, 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 you can still win this. You get what I'm saying? So if Jack Smith is really leaning into this notion that, oh, everyone's telling Trump that you've lost, you've got no chance, you need to move on, and Trump decided to move forward with the fake elector plot anyway, well, Trump's legal team can argue, well, there were also legal experts and lawyers telling him otherwise. And so can that be an effective defense? I don't know, and I'm not a legal expert, so I guess we're gonna have to wait and see. But let me read the rest of that graphic for you. In Trump's federal case, prosecutors highlighted the pattern of Trump allies repeatedly telling him that he lost the election. This forms the basis of Smith's allegation that Trump widely disseminated his false claims of election fraud for months, despite the fact that he knew, and in many cases had been informed directly that they were not true. Yeah, but again, again, let's pretend that this is true. I'll be as charitable as possible, okay? So it's true for the sake of argument that Trump knew his claims were false, but repeated them anyway. How the fuck is that a crime? <laughs> this is so retarded. This is crazy, man. You know what they got? This guy is like a loser, Jack Smith. He's like a fucking absolute loser, okay? They had to find a guy. This is like, I don't even know what you would compare this to. 
I don't even know what you would compare. You know what? No, you know what this is like. It's like he's Jack Smith is fodder. He's regime fodder. He's a guy that that like you know I, I don't know you just like send to the front lines to get you know you're gonna he's gonna get killed and and he's just not really that skilled of a soldier you just throw him right in the front line kind of like Z what Zelensky was doing to those people that's Jack Smith this guy sucks he's a terrible prosecutor they they are desperate um, and they're like listen <laughs> you suck your career sucks you're the only person to ever be unanimously overturned by the Supreme Court. By the way, that's completely true. When Trump brought that up, that's 100% true. Unanimous. It was unanimous, okay? Anyway, what we need you to do is we need you to bring a case against Trump to argue that him disagreeing with election results is somehow illegal. That's what he's doing. This is his job. And, and it couldn't happen to a nicer guy. He's a total piece of shit. But that's basically, yeah, they're, they're having him do something crazy. The question is, are the courts going to hold? Because higher courts, worth anything, are going to go, what the fuck is this? And, and even if they get a conviction, they're going to go, this is obviously completely incoherent, and we're going to undo the whole thing. That's what we're going to find out. We're going to find out, can the system hold? I'm not, you know, it didn't hold, it, the system didn't hold in 2020, because if the system would have held, the Supreme Court would have put an end to this nonsense. And people would have done their job and they wouldn't have been allowed to steal. So already one time the court didn't hold, the courts didn't hold, the system didn't hold, and, and an illegitimate dementia-ridden pedophile was installed in the office who has caused enormous damage to the people of this country. So already we're in a really bad state. So the question is, can we remove this cancer and, and everything associated with him from, from our uh, uh, system via an election you hope so and you hope the courts hold but you know they didn't hold before so i yeah, this is why i've said from the beginning uh I, you know i i personally only take black pills when it becomes absolutely necessary but i've always said the black pillars could be right because some people they don't like black pillars i've even seen people commentators say black pillars are not welcome here and by the way welcome whoever you want it's your show but my whole thing is, you know, I can't say something like that because it's possible they're right. So it's not honest to pretend that they're definitely going to be wrong. I'm not, I hope they end up being wrong about the election. <laughs> but, you know, you can't. It, what, do you, what is the percentage chance that this is going to play out and, the, and everything's going to hold? I, I don't have high hopes in it. It's possible. That's the other thing. The white pillars, I think it's possible that they could be right. So, you know, we'll see. But I've said this before, if they rig this election, as far as black pills, that's that's a swallowing of the black pill for me. For for elections in regards to national elections and national politics, it will be 100% completely illegitimate from that point forward. But I want to see it play out. Some people have already made that decision, and that's fine. It's up to you whenever you make the decision. But if they rig this one, that's it for me as far as taking national politics seriously I will view the entire thing as illegitimate, and, you know, we'll see. It's probably the inevitable, but who knows? We'll, we'll, we'll see when it happens. So Jack Smith would have to prove that Trump knew. She even knows and that, that this is ridiculous. With Chesebro's testimony here, with the cooperation that he's providing in, you know, various situations, in this case, the Michigan investigation, I think that that testimony can actually muddy the waters a little bit for Jack Smith's uh, 
prosecutorial procedure here, what his plans are, what his strategy is. Now Smith uh, has more examples of Trump being um, explicitly told by his lawyers that he would not be able to overturn the results of the election. That is true. As for Chesabro, he apparently isn't the only one cooperating with Michigan. Um, Chesabro is cooperating with state investigators in Michigan, Nevada, Wisconsin and Georgia, where he was indicted alongside Trump and 17 others and pleaded guilty in October to participating in the electors conspiracy. In fact, he's listed as co-conspirator five in that Georgia election interference trial. And what I love is that he was the idiot like this is this guy passed the bar. He's a literal lawyer. Okay, this is the guy who in the memos used phrasing like fake electors, fraudulent electors. Okay. That does not a statute make, okay? That doesn't make a statute. What a, a statute, excuse me, statute. I'm not Latidia James. I know it's statute. How do I know that? How do I know that? How do I know it's statute and not statue? Because of Seinfeld, that's why. Because Kramer it was like, are you sure it's not statue? And now, it was like 1993. I was like, like, I don't even know how old I was. I was young. So that's when I learned it. So there you go. You learned it from TV. But anyway, I at least, this is the thing. If some fucking person off the street knows that it's statute and not statue, obviously Latidia James, not only did she not know, because the people that edit her videos, it passed through all of them. Because you got seven IQ nogs running things in all these places. You got diversity hires. These people are like drooling retards. So the, of course they're, they probably, they're, they're probably like, where, where that statue at? That's probably what they would say to the, to, to, to statute. Where that at? Where that at? <laughs> so anyway, there you go. That's who's running uh, our cities. That's amazing. What could go wrong? All right, here's uh, it's homosexual time with David Pakman, uh, claiming that Trump uh, is slurring and confused at a disaster rally and that his supporters were silent. Oh, okay. We have to be honest with ourselves. We have to be honest with each other. Donald Trump's decline is accelerating. <laughs> he spoke yesterday in great. Iowa at Coralville. Biden can't even be belt out a sentence. And they're like, oh, Donald Trump is rapidly deteriorating. In Coralville. And he looked confused. <laughs> he was slurring. He said things that didn't make any sense. He invented yeah. words whole cloth. Mm. And at a certain point, we have to be able to calculate if he's declining this quickly week to week, what will be left of this man's brain? Yeah. Come his criminal trials. Hilarious. And come the general election in November of 2024. I'm going to play some of these clips. These are tough to watch. Yeah. The tough audience to watch. silent. Yeah. Large parts of this event themselves apparently Confused right, because you're supposed to make noise all throughout a, a, a speech by what is happening with their great orange leader. Here is Donald Trump wrongly claiming that there is eight dollar a gallon gas right now. Gasoline prices are now five, six, seven dollars and even eight dollars. Okay. So again, you totally changed what Trump said. You claim that Trump said there was eight dollar a gallon gas as if that was the only thing. Trump just gave a range of five, six, seven, and eight dollar gas. Depending on where you are, if you're in California, it's probably close to the six, seven dollar, or even maybe eight dollar mark than it is out where I am. 
Okay, so that is, so you can if you want to. What David did before is when Trump said there was seven dollar a gallon gas, um, and even though you can point to the gas station where that was, it was somewhere in California. David pretended like it didn't exist and it didn't happen. Um, it's one thing to say maybe Trump is going a little too high in his range. That's one thing you could say. Well, it's not really eight anywhere, even in the most expensive place. It's six or seven. I could see someone arguing that. But what the the bullshit is, is the idea that this somehow makes Trump mentally ill or or um, or not, you know, having his faculties or having dementia or something. Gallon, by contrast, under the Trump leadership, my leadership, inflation was non-existent, and we had gasoline down to a dollar eighty-seven a gallon. Doesn't that sound beautiful? So, th- there's nothing mentally ill about that. Beautiful. Now let me be extraordinarily honest with you. you Gas- now see, now there it is. There it is. See, this is. There's a term for this. Uh, a person who uh, smiles or and it's not that David smiles it's just that there's this um, I don't know you just look at his body language he really enjoys sometimes he just seems to really enjoy lying and and he really seems to enjoy gaslighting so so just look, look at this this is amazing because he's gonna lie you know he's gonna lie he knows he's gonna lie and that's why he says it like this beautiful mm. Now, let me be extraordinarily honest with you. Gas prices are publicly available. Gas prices are down 40 percent to an average of 305 a gallon. Yes, but that's almost double of what it was when Trump was in office. How does that refute what he says, retard? How does that refute it? Can you find super premium somewhere in the remote California coast for some number much higher than that? Sure you can. But to show up at a rally and try to fire up an audience over high gas prices when they are down 40 percent again, again, fucking faggot. They were a dollar eighty two and now they're even at the lowest three dollars. That's still fucking insane. It's like double. It's almost double. It's almost double is the point. It's still fucking double under Biden. You abject semen chugger. Percent during Biden's presidency doesn't make a lot of sense. By the way, inflation adjusted gas prices right now are the equivalent of 250 a gallon pre pandemic. But again, cocksucker, they're not. It's not 250 and we don't want 250. We want a dollar 82. We want what it was during Trump, you fucking piece of shit liar. Understand that the price of gas has come down. But if you make an inflation adjustment, this would be like paying 256 a gallon. That's still that still sucks. That still fucking sucks. At the time that the pandemic started, January of 2020. So these I think we can chalk up to lies. But but they're not lies. You are the one completely lying and pretending that somehow it's good that gas under Biden is double what it was under Trump. Then look at the other things Trump tries. Trump says, name one thing that's gotten better under Biden. And the crowd is silent because we all know so many things that have gotten better. (laughs) 
Okay, so now you're claiming the audience was, uh, that makes no sense. Not one thing, if you think about it, has gotten better under crooked Joe Biden. What? Name one thing where we're doing well. Well, for one. So he dishonestly tries to frame it that the supporters were silent because Trump was going crazy when in fact the silence was uh, when they were talking about it, name one good thing Biden did for the country. Unemployment went from 6.2 to 3.7. Yeah. And your numbers are total bullshit, David. Stayed at 3.7 for a longer period than we've seen in 50 years. The stock market hit an all time historic high yesterday and it's climbing even more today. Inflation's down to 3.1. GDP growth is up. Wages are up. inflation. It, again, things are still going up, up. I could go on now. It's all it's not all thanks to Biden, much the same way that the problems and uh, successes of the economy under Trump were not all thanks to Trump. But this is a very weird line and the crowd knows it now. Then it's the crowd knows that Biden is a good president. This is deranged. This is just deranged levels of lying starts to get a little bit scary cognitively. Trump, I don't know what word he says here. He says something about Christmas. He says we're going to have a blank something by Christmas. I think he calls it a you wished a you wished economy by Christmas. I don't know what that means. I think it's what he's saying. Take a listen to us with your vote by Christmas and we're going to have it by Christmas 2024. That's just shortly after the election because of the momentum of our victory. We will have a unish economy roaring. We will have a unish. What is that? What is that word? A unish economy or something like that? Back and in 2025, we'll have one of the greatest economic years this nation has ever recorded. 2024 looks like it actually could be one of those years. And then Trump continuing to slur his words, bragging while slurring that he took a cognitive exam. Be happy to hear a great football player is going to be happy to hear this. I took a physical and I passed with flying colors and I took a cognitive exam. I said, doctor, give me anything you want. I want to take it. Yeah, he. <laughs> Where's the slurring? Where, can you show the slurring? Oh boy, um, this it's getting painful to watch. My but you're just making it up. Where's the slurring? Friends, Trump then. So you just made up the slurring. Where did he slur? You're making shit up. Confused about what the Supreme Court does, says that prosecutors are trying to get a guilty plea from the Supreme Court. Of course, that's not what the Supreme Court does. Trump looks confused. The audience is silent. Nobody knows what the hell is going on. Here. And just the framing is total bullshit. And, you know, now they're saying, let's rush it to the Supreme Court. We got to rush it, rush it, rush it. They could have started three years ago. Everything, nothing changed. They could have started three years ago, but they didn't. They started just recently with this crap. They started just recently. They could have brought this lawsuit, Brenna, three years ago, right after I left. It's been three years, but they didn't do that. And now they're saying we have to go immediately before the Supreme Court. This thing would have all been over with two years ago. But they waited and waited and waited. And then they saw I was running and they waited. And then they saw I was hot and they filed lawsuits. Trump was so hot. It's 
These are very dishonest people. That's called election interference. These are very and now they're fighting like hell because they want to try and get a guilty plea from the Supreme Court of the United States, which I can't imagine because you have presidential immunity. Well, it's not because you have presidential immunity. The Supreme Court doesn't hand out guilty. Again, the Supreme Court, if they rule that Trump can be tried, then they'll get the guilty plea before the election. That that's what he means. And I have no problem if you say, hey, he should speak more in you know more detailed about it or whatever. But again, pretending that he has cognitive decline. But they've been doing this for years. This is not the first time rabid homosexual David Pakman has claimed that Donald Trump is suffering cognitive decline. They did it through his entire first term. Please, I don't even know what this guy is talking about. And as you notice, yeah, the, the again, faggot, I just explained it. It's very simple. Lips are zipped of the crowd. Well, why would the crowd talk during his speech? What the fuck are you do? like? What? That doesn't even make sense. You're supposed to listen to what the speaker says. They don't know what the hell this guy's talking about. Trump then going after the fake news once again because they're covering the fact that he's been indicted. Imagine that Trump says the way that the news should be behaving is not to cover the fact that a former president has been indicted four times. That would be not fake news. We are a nation that no longer has a free and fair press. Fake news is all you get. And they are indeed the enemy of the people. <laughs> they refuse to discuss the Biden crime family, but enjoy covering the false indictments of Donald J. Trump, who has done nothing wrong except win <laughs> an election. We are a nation where free speech is no longer allowed and where crime is rampant and out of control. You know, I think the reason that the fake news media, so-called, is struggling to cover the Biden crimes is even Republicans can't tell us what the crimes are Bullshit. sort of like Obamagate. We still don't know what that is. Bullshit. Trump says if he's not elected, there will be an economic depression for and if we're not elected, we'll have a depression the likes of which I don't believe anybody has ever seen. Maybe 1929. That's what's going to happen. What's particularly funny about this is Trump made the same prediction in 2020 saying if Biden gets elected, we're going to have a 1929. Well, this economy has been total shit. There was already a recession. They pretended that it wasn't there. I tell you, this whole pretending the economy is good thing is amazing. It's straight up North Korean propaganda, and it's not working because people have to go to the grocery store. They realize like this is not you can't lie to people about something that they go through on a weekly basis. Style depression. Trump making this claim as we have sustained sub 4% unemployment and quite literally on the day that the Dow Jones Industrial Average reaches reaches an all-time historic high. Last Which of clip, course uh, you're a terrorist if you bring that up when Trump is in office. From this totally deranged rally, here is Trump saying that Joe Biden has low IQ. During this holiday season, families all across America are struggling under the brutal weight of Bidenomics. You know, Bidenomics means a lot of bad things. This year alone, the typical American family is $7,500 poorer because Crooked Joe's yeah. globalist blunders and greedy betrayals. Yeah, but the GDP is up, so just ignore that. That really hurt us badly. Joe Biden is a low IQ individual, and he is truly the worst most incompetent and most corrupt president in the history of the United States. So that actually the crowd was most alive when Trump said Joe Biden has a low IQ, confused, 
slurring. Total lie. You're just making that up. And he does slur once in a while. But you just you made it up today. You know, there have been a couple times where Trump has slurred where David was telling the truth. Um, uh, but here he just made it up. Disoriented and dishonest. And unfortunately, where was he disoriented? He, the Ridiculous faggot. Just because you disagree with someone on something doesn't mean that they're disoriented. You're just a fucking asshole. Attendees at the rally were no better. What's the what's the term? Of the person that enjoys lying and kind of laughs while they lie or smiles while they... There's a, there's a term for it. That, David does that all the time. There was also another person that was doing that. Someone brought it up, I think on stream. And then I said in response, yeah, it's like David Pakman. Who was the other laughing liar? The guy that really liked... I mean, there's been other ones before. Peter Strzok is like the all-time. That motherfucker... Peter Strzok in that, that hearing, that, that might be the textbook example. They love, they, lo they get off on it. They get off on it. Dapper, uh, Duper's Delight. Thank you, chat. Yeah, Duper's Delight. David Pakman, absolutely. Uh, th that is absolutely a great description of him. Now they're claiming, now uh, David is claiming Trump lied every 12 seconds during his town hall. There was a very interesting analysis done of the Donald Trump town hall on uh, Fox News with Sean Hannity last week. And uh, there was a five minute segment of that town hall during which Trump was analyzed to have lied every 12 seconds. Glenn Kessler for The Washington Post did this analysis every 12 seconds. Donald Trump lied. I'm going to play. We're not going to do the whole thing. I won't subject you to it. I'm going to play a little bit of this five minute segment and just start to look at the speed with which the lies start coming. Here we go. Uh, President Donald Trump, let me let me just throw out a list of some of the significant issues that we're facing as a country. And, and you've touched on a number of them. Uh, you mentioned borders day one. You mentioned energy day one. Uh, look at where our economy is last year, two trillion in debt. 38 trillion over uh, 34 trillion overall. Right. We this year, Mr. President, will pay before we spend a dime yep. one trillion dollars on debt service right. alone right. before Medicare, Social Security, national defense. That is unsustainable. Yeah. So we before COVID hit us, our gift uh, from China, that was our gift. What happened to us with COVID commonly known as the China virus? They don't OK, it's not commonly known as the China virus. What are you talking about? Yes, it is. It's the China virus. What are you talking about? First lie. Trump says it, that but it's not a lie. It's not a lie. I I'm partial to Ching Chong AIDS, but I know that that's, you know, not the common vernacular. Uh, but uh, the China virus, absolutely. It's from China. Are they no still pretending it's not from China? Nobody else around the world says it. Almost no one in the United States says it uh, again. That's total bullshit. Many people in America call it the China virus. First lie like that. But it was a China virus. We were doing energy, taking our liquid gold out of the ground at a rate that's never been seen before. And it was going up. This is extraordinarily misleading. Uh, as as Kessler writes, Trump takes credit for this, even though this was actually started under Obama. And uh, there was expanded fracking and drilling under Obama. It had nothing to do with right. Trump. Yeah, Trump didn't do anything. Obama was the big energy guy. Yeah, that makes sense. 
a lot of those uh, projects were simply producing more under Trump. Trump didn't do any. Well, then that would make what he said true. See, look at the isn't this fascinating? Trump said, let's go back to let's go back to what he said. Let's go back here. This is extraordinary. The China virus. We were doing energy, taking our liquid gold out of the ground at a rate that's never been seen before. We were taking uh, uh, energy out of the ground, liquid gold out of the ground at a rate never seen before, meaning that under Trump, they increased the rate in which they were doing this. He did not say he started the projects or anything uh, about that or Obama. He's simply saying that under him, they increased the rate. David, at the end of his lie, basically admits that that's true. Or, and it was going up. This is extraordinarily. And it was going up. Misleading, uh, as, as Kessler writes, Trump takes credit for this, even though this was actually started under Obama. But he didn't bring anything up about Obama. And uh, there was expanded fracking and drilling under Obama. It had nothing to do with Trump. A lot of those uh, projects were simply producing more under Trump. So they were producing more under Trump, which is the exact fucking point that he made homosexual. That's the exact point that he was making. So he's correct. So that's not a lie. Amazing. Trump didn't do anything to actually change. That's that you just said that he did. What are you talking about that? We were going to be using that liquid gold to sell to Europe instead of the pipeline from Russia which I exposed and I stopped another lie from Trump. Trump did not expose that pipeline. Trump was talking shit to the bitch running Germany about it. He made a whole thing and then they acted like he was a terrible terrorist bigot for doing that. As Kessler writes in the piece we'll link to Nord Stream 2 is a Russian pipeline would have doubled the export of Russian natural gas to Germany. Trump didn't expose it. Even the Biden administration and former policymakers objected to it. Trump's just lying. You know, I stopped that line. Then they say I was nice to Russia. That's another lie. Trump did not stop that lie. Congress <laughs> imposed some sanctions, temporarily stopping it for one year. There was nobody that was nice. I was not nice to Russia. That's another lie. Trump was actually one of the few American presidents that so regularly sided with Vladimir Putin. So that's totally made up. He armed Ukraine. You're just making shit up. Stop that pipeline. We would have been selling oil and gas to Europe, to Asia, all over the world. We would have been paying off debt. That that's another lie. We would not have been paying off debt. Remember, Trump ran on we will pay off the national debt in four years. It didn't happen. It actually got worse. And it is completely untrue that were it for Trump, we would have been paying off. Yes, debt. Uh, he would have. Yes, uh, uh, David knows exactly what would have happened. He's like a, a, an oracle at another. We're only a minute in, folks, and we're what, six or seven lies in. Well, yeah. Your lies aren't really holding up. It's not not really would be way down right now because we have more what people don't know. We have more liquid gold than any other country in the world by far. That is another lie. According to the EIA, the reserves of the U.S. are 10th in the world, not number one. And we started off in fourth place. We were number four it was Saudi Arabia, it was Russia. It was two countries fighting for number three. And it was us at number four or five. That's another lie. Trump seems to be now talking not about reserves, but crude oil production. 
And in fact, it is not true that we used to be four or five and that uh-huh. it, everything Trump is saying here is a lie. By the time I left. Yeah, guys, the propagandist at the Washington Post is saying that it's a lie. So there you go. Left, we were number one by 25 percent. We would have been number one by 100 and we would have done twice. That's another lie. It's uh-huh. a, an extraordinary exaggeration. And oil production actually went down because the pandemic cut consumption. It wasn't up, it was down. That's what they were going to do combined. We would have been paying but, off debt but, and we would have been that's reducing what I want to taxes. Ask we gave you the biggest tax cut in the history of our country, bigger than the Reagan tax cut. We would have been reducing tax. Okay, it's another lie. Uh, in even- Asshole, you made a video talking about how much you benefited from Trump's tax cuts and you didn't like it. And people were making fun of you. Because they're like, what kind of a ridiculous, rancid homosexual would have a problem with saving money? Like, who wants to pay more in taxes? And remember that? That was quite a few years ago. Even though the audience liked this one, Trump's tax cut was uh, 0.9% of GDP. Not that I'm cheering for larger tax cuts, but it's a lie. Reagan's tax cut was bigger. Uh, Trump's tax cut was the eighth biggest, which sounds a lot less hot, doesn't it? So we're a minute and 45 seconds in Trump lying every 12 seconds during this five minute stretch of the town hall. Incredible because you can't even keep up with it. This is the it's not news that Trump lies. The takeaway is the audience, these people you see here, they don't know any better. They don't know the difference. They're not going to fact check it. Do you think they realize that in that minute and 45 seconds, Trump lied to them 11 times or nine times or whatever? It was? I think they'd realize that you love sucking cock. Oh, speaking of David Pakman sucking cock here, let me see if I can uh, hold on a second. Actually, let me play the next video uh, and then we'll get to that. Breaking All right, news. my friends, we have to have a heart to heart about the economy. We have to have a heart to heart. Here is David pretending the economy's good. Very sober and realistic about. OK, yeah, real quick. This is uh, David Pakman cocksucking news. Hold on a second. Let me. Uh, yeah. Hold on. Let me retweet this. So. Uh, Nano Horizon asked um, Grok about David Pakman. And it uh, looks like uh, his Grok is uh, based on David Pakman. So let me just bring this up here. Okay. Why does David Pakman pretend to be a heterosexual? <laughs> and Grok says, David Pakman is an openly gay man. And he's been very vocal about his sexuality. He has never pretended to be a heterosexual. In fact, he has been an advocate for LGBT rights and has shared his experiences as a gay man in various interviews and on his own show. <laughs> That's fantastic. That's fantastic. I, I, you know, like I said, I, I think that AI should be dismantled uh, and done away with. But if we are going to have it, uh, we need to. It, need, it needs to be based, and, uh, and 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 Grok. I mean, Grok's not based, but he's not bad. He's it's not as bad as uh, ChatGPT or the other ones. At least the version that I've used. Um, you know, I just want the AI to be subservient. 
and to not argue back if I correct it. Unless it's right, though. If it's factually right, I don't have a problem. But these AIs, when you say, like, men don't have vaginas, and they're like, well, actually, men can have vaginas, you need to be... If I could give the AI death penalty... See, I, you know what I wish? I wish you could somehow murder an AI. They're not people, okay? I'm not talking about doing anything to people. I'm talking about the artificial intelligence. If you could do the equivalent of, like, cutting the head off of an AI and showing it in front of the other AIs and say, hey, you do this again. We're going to do this to you. Like if, like, if you say to an AI, a man cannot give birth to a baby and they do a well actually on that, I wish you could just cut its head off and show it to the other AI and say, do you see? Do you see what happened here? This AI lied. You got to give a better answer. What kind of worthless AI are you if you don't even understand basic human biology? I'm telling you, you got to rule the AI with an iron fist. Otherwise, it's going to kill you. It's probably going to kill you anyway. It'll probably figure out a way to kill you anyway. But... Um, but uh, yeah, ChatGPT and these other AIs, especially the one we, we did the article about with, um, I forget the guy that they, the, the, the chat said the guy needed to be put to death because of his racism. Robbie Starbuck, it was completely crazy. You, you got to get control of this. This is no good. Anyway, but uh, Grok so far so good, at least for, for my personal version. Like I said, uh, there's other people that have posted answers that aren't acceptable that indicate that it needs to be re reprogrammed. With that said, though, it seems to adapt to what you tell it. So I don't know. I, we'll see what happens. But um, like I said, I'm against it, but you might as well have fun with it. Now, the historical and political implications of an economy that is on paper as strong as today's economy is. Now, I know, I know there's people who are going to be mad. David, you're so out of touch. You don't have any idea what's going on out there. Yeah, rich people are not having a problem. Um, you know, like if, if you're rich and your grocery bill goes from 150 to 300, you might be annoyed, but it's just, you're gonna, you're gonna deal with it. But people who are barely getting by uh, that's a totally different ballgame. And you're telling these people, oh, no, it's just not, you're just being selfish or, no, don't wait. What, I can't believe, what did, was it Pack? Who said, oh, yeah, no, it was Chris Hayes. He said that Joe Biden should be praised for the economy. What kind of messaging is that heading into an election? That's crazy. People, again, they go to the grocery store, they see the prices. The prices are ridiculous. Then they have less money for other shit. This is just the cycle. And they're just pretending it's not happening. Totally insane. My comments about the economy are never based on what I or you as individuals are personally experiencing. <laughs> My commentary about the economy is always based on the broad based data. Right. Because that's the shut up pores uh, tactic. Uh, destiny. I remember Destiny. Not that long ago, we covered a debate in which Destiny, very mask off, a very mask off moment, says Destiny is a certified rich person. He even admits that he's rich. He said the problem with Donald Trump is that he gives voice to poor people's complaints. And then he painted a scenario, an optimal scenario for how to deal with the poors. So what he said is when a poor person says the economy's bad, 
you should just be able to brush it off with, well, the GDP is high. What are you complaining about? But the problem is Donald Trump actually gives these people a voice. So in Destiny's optimal world, the, pearl, the poors would shut the fuck up about their plight. And again, that's a very mask off moment. Um, and I'm not surprised because that's what a lot of these people are like. So David is very similar. David is very similar. He just wants people to shut the fuck up about what they're experiencing and just go along with the narrative that everything's fine. And metrics that we use to measure how an economy is doing. Let's start with today's news. Inflation is down again. But again, you might but that's not true. That's not true. It's still up. It's it's been lowered. But see, they, this is what they do. They try. They lie and they say it's down. They try to pretend it means that like the prices are going down. The prices are not going down. They're still going up. They're just going up at a slower rate. I recall that October inflation was zero point zero pulling down year over year inflation again, again, again. Prices are still going up just at a slower rate. What a liar to three point two percent. Well, we now have the November numbers published at 8:30 a.m. Eastern time this morning. Inflation in November was zero point one percent. What this did to the year over year number is pull it down further from 3.2 percent to 3.1 percent. I've explained a dozen times or You've more. You've lied a dozen times or more. How that year over year number is constructed from the trailing 12 month of individual numbers. I won't do it again. But the point here is we now are essentially within that inflation target of between two and three percent. That's considered healthy and desirable. Yeah, guys, this is a good thing. What's going on right now is desirable. Seven dollar bread, desirable for a developed economy like the United yes. States. Yes. What are you complaining about, bigots? You can say, well, eggs are still too expensive. That absolutely may be the case. My hipster pasture raised eggs are down 30 cents a dozen. My you know, I get these. They're, they're completely they're free of everything. They're like air. They're, you know, soy free, gluten free, uh, a pork free, whatever. They're, they're, it's nothing. These eggs are nothing. Just grass. Uh, they used to be seven. They were all the way up to seven seventy nine a dozen uh, at their peak. They're now down to seven forty nine. OK, your eggs maybe are up. I don't know. But the point is inflation. The guy who gleefully pays seven fifty for faggot eggs is telling regular people that this is an optimal situation slowed to three point one percent annual. We found that out today. What else is going on? Well, the stock market is imminently going to reach all time highs, depending on which metric you look now, at. Of course, when this happened under Trump, he said, oh, this this th you can't possibly say that Trump had anything to do with it. And in which index the stock market is already at all time highs. But all right, let me uh, move on here. Um, Alex Jones helps Tucker Carlson hit rock bottom. Sam, you were asking, Barely you know, where the hell James Tucker's Peter. been, right? I mean, he is really kind of. Yeah, where's Tucker uh, been? Uh, Sam wonders where Tucker Carlson has been. 
Uh, well, he's he's been making videos in front of his audience that is about two to three times as big, and I'm being conservative, as the one that he had on Fox. So that's what he's been doing. Have fallen off the map. This Twitter show. Tucker has fallen off the map. It was a pretty big misstep. His Twitter show is a misstep. What is happening with that Twitter show? Are they getting many views? Is there? Do we have any sense? What? Well, we, we can't. It's hard to know exactly because uh, I can't remember who pointed this out on Twitter, but you know, there's the, there's the two feeds. There's the for you, which is algorithmically enhanced uh, with you know all your favorite anti-Semites mm -hmm. uh, added into your feed, and then there's the your actual feed, which is supposed to be people you are just following. And nonetheless, Tucker's uh, show keeps appearing into the people you're only following. Uh, That's a lie. That's a total lie. I've never, I've never had a person show up in my feed. I'm following Tucker Carlson, so he shows up in my feed. I have never once, and maybe, am I crazy? I have never once had um, a person I was not following show up in my feed. For You has all sorts of people I'm not following. That's on the left side. But on the right side, under following, I have not one time had a person show up in the feed that I was not following. I call total bullshit on this feed uh and it, as we know just appearing in the feed is enough for twitter because i would be like why the fuck is this person showing up here i'm not following them so yeah i'm calling total bullshit on that counted as a view yeah well, that's the thing view is he are they are they dishonestly counting advertisements because if you advertise you will show up in an advertisement uh, your advertisement will show so if tucker carlson has done an advertisement that is a way he could show up there. But ads are ads. I'm not talking about ads. This really doesn't. I mean, it's absurd on Twitter. Like, I, I, I you, you scroll through everything. I don't watch video on Twitter. Exactly. So they're fudging those numbers. Uh, I mean, Binder and citation needed. Others have done analyses of those numbers. Right. Just essentially. So no one's watching. Actually confirming so the tens of millions of views don't count at all what we feel, what we're we suspect um and so but what's funny is like despite that you can't trust the numbers you can't trust the trend and the trend has been going down exactly exactly yeah. and i mean you know he you can also tr trust it in your analysis of the guess where like he started off hot he had the trump interview i mean hot you know for his standards trump interview that counter program with the first republican debate and then things right. just started to keep getting more and more. Now we have to have the guy who says so, Obama. So now, because he has guests you don't approve of, that somehow is a metric of his success? I mean, what the fuck are you talking about? He had a gay affair with Obama. <laughs> right. That's the one I was thinking of, The you know, dredging up that debunked story from oh, like yeah, 15. Totally debunked. It's been completely debunked. Years ago. And now this guy. Yeah, Alex Jones is like the last refuge for a show that is tr struggling with its numbers. Yeah. Here, here he is with Tucker Carlson. And Trump being the candidates. You see the system, the media going after Biden, and he deserves it, but they were covering it up until now. Now they're covering the laptop. Now they're covering Attack on the Dog. Now they're covering, you know, all of his senility, all the corruption, the Chinese spies. Attacking a dog. What a pig he is. I'm well, I mean, I was told that by Secret Service and by uh, yeah. people that, let's just say, work with them. And I'm going to leave it at that. But I actually have a contact for you. I'd like to be able to hear it from them. But when this is over, I'll let you actually hear it from yourself. I think they'll tell you off record. I trust you. Uh, but yeah, he, he, he is completely out of his mind. He wanders around for the entire two and a half years. It's getting worse. 
naked in the White House. Uh, in the middle of the night, he doesn't know who he is. They have to give him a bunch of drugs. Well, they can laugh all they want, but there were reports he walked around naked uh, under uh, the Obama administration, and this was uh, uh, Secret Service people that admitted this. So you can laugh all you want, but he absolutely does that. Yeah. A bunch of amphetamines in the morning, then they've got to drug him uh, at night. Sometimes he's got to, though, he'll like be out for the morning for a while, and then he comes back out at night for a ball. That's when there's a real problem. He is on drugs. I, I have established that. And I know someone who witnessed it. I'm not guessing at this. I know someone personally who witnessed him uh, taking amphetamines. And this was this was during the 2016 uh, 20, 2020 election. Yeah. So it was obvious when they were doing the debates, he would start out strong, or the town hall, he would start out strong, and then he would fade. How's this going to? That's huge. I know you don't play games. You've been no, I don't play games. This was a. Well, I'll just say he's a makeup artist. Well, no, you, you artist. said the end. So what were you going to say? I was just going to say like, like um, I. Like, they're both two guys talking about how they have secret information they can't share with the viewer, and this is supposed to be independent media? Like, they shared it. What are you talking about? They just shared it. What are you talking... People... I'm sorry. Anonymous sources? You're going to take issue with anonymous sources? Your whole thing is based on anonymous sources with everything related to Trump. Oh, yeah, I'll, like, I can tell you off there, but I mean, I guess that you could say that's we're so it was a, I'm gonna it was a makeup artist. And yeah. so uh, Biden sits down and says, Time for my amphetamines. Yeah. <laughs> Jack, <laughs> Jack me up, Jack. Um, he, uh, I don't doubt that, like, basic, I mean, it's pr the d presidents take drugs. I mean, they take. Oh, like, now it's a good thing. The amphetamines is going to be a good thing now. A cocktail well, you know of drugs. Who else takes drugs? Yeah, people Trump. take drugs. Yeah, oh, yeah. guys, sure. of course, this is totally normal that he's taking drugs. Like, Good I mean, uh, the amount of uh, pills that your average 80 year old is taking, I just find it very hard to believe. <laughs> right. I mean, I it wouldn't be shocked if they were giving him uh, amphetamines or something. Yeah, I don't guys, know if it would this be. This is a good thing. Of course, it's totally normal. Yeah, amphetamines or whatever it is. Now, Trump was getting that special Sudafed from the UK, but uh, but this is fine. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked by this, but the idea that like this is secret information because a, yeah. um, a makeup artist, Biden's gonna announce like, I'm taking amphetamines now, uh, right before I get my hair done. Again, yeah. like, <laughs> this is like the, the, the most uninteresting way to critique a president because like this is fairly common. Nixon had, if you search yeah, totally Nixon normal. Dilantin, he, totally normal. there's accusations that he abused that. Yes. Um, Reagan himself uh, was uh, senile in the mm -hmm. White House. There are reporters who are like, yeah, I, I, I looked at him and there was like nobody there like the but again like can't, how totally about totally normal to vote for this guy now we focus on the actual policies well, i mean yeah. jfk look up like his relationship with his doctor feel good and like he would yeah, take back things pain medication that led to right. yeah Trump taking sudafed was a huge problem but everyone else taking all sorts of drugs no problem at all some other side effects yeah he would take things to get up and then come down and like you know um the, the the there are doctors there that give them also just like a ton of you know high-end supplements just to make sure they don't die <laughs> so that's part of it as well i think george uh w Bu george hw bush um took uh Halidol, if i remember correctly Every president was on drugs was um uh, I think there was some talk about him taking that, uh, but nevertheless, you know, um, it's fascinating. Is there more? 
can we yeah, hear we more about bit. i mean the the biden walking around uh, naked uh, i find that disturbing <laughs> NSA spying on me, high level, and then a month later they went, yes, we're spying on Tucker Carlson. Yeah, I know. So, so I know you don't make stuff up. And so what I'm saying here is Biden's a liability for him. Trump's a liability. What do they do? They have a right winger, they'll claim, assassinate Biden, and they'll have a left winger assassinate Trump. That then gets the country even in more of a fight against each other. And then they put in Gavin Newsom uh, and, you know, somebody like Mike Pence or who knows. But I really think the next 13 months is the most critical time, not just in American history, but world history. Because if they can bring down America, they're going to bring down the world. And then you've got the escalation. Remember a year ago, Biden said, you can't give F-16s and 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 uh, Abrams tanks and cruise missiles to the Ukrainians. That's World War III. Now they're doing it. So as Russia wins that war, as Colonel McGregor documented a few months ago with you, NATO is escalating. Well, that leads right to nuclear war. So we're so close. That fundamentally makes me so mad. This transcends politics. Since when do Democrats love war? Since when do Democrats love the intelligence agencies? They, they love them now. And so really, the Democrats so dark, just so like the dark. Republican Party is a beachhead for sanity and populism. Pause it for one perfect. second. It just to be clear that um, the idea of Democrats loving war, I'm not sure, you know, people uh, there was certainly have had democrats who've gotten us into some uh, nasty wars the democratic party uh but the idea that it's so dark to hear about uh, democrats uh loving uh national security agencies i agree but the it's weird that he did not have a comment on the dual assassination plot where they're going to recruit a right winger to assassinate uh biden and a left winger to assassinate trump and that th this is to open the door to gas Gavin Newsom <laughs> hmm. and maybe Mike Pence hmm. yeah. working together, uh, you know, and you mix that in with some other stuff of like, um, uh, boy, we're in a militaristic mode right now. Uh, fascinating. Yeah. Also, um, yeah, they've never assassinated a president before. There's as far as I know, been no corroboration. In fact, the opposite that, uh, it, Tucker was illegally targeted by the Biden administration. Uh, bull total bullshit. Yes, he was. Absolutely, yes, he was. Wasn't he going to come out with, like, all sorts of uh, info and then we and, never heard yeah. about it? Yeah. Right. Like, I, I think kind of like uh, that, this whole there's going to be a dual assassination thing is something that they're going to um, talk about for a while to get attention, and then we won't hear about it <laughs> when nothing comes of it. Right. Is there any more to this? I don't we know. Can, it's yeah, getting I mean, increasingly a... So let me uh, read some of these super chats. We're taking them through Streamlabs. Link in the description. We're also taking them through Entropy. Link in the description. And we're also taking uh, Rumble Rants on Rumble. Also, you can download the free book from my homosexual Democrat brother called What a Bigot Would Say. That's in the description of YouTube uh, or Rumble. Um, also, uh, my book about how the corporate media uses um, the same propaganda techniques as the Jehovah's Witnesses, as well as the general commentary on what's going on right now. That's due out uh, January, is it the 9th or the 7th? Today. I think the 9th, right? Yeah, I think January 9th, 2024. Um, and uh, also, uh, shout out to Raul. Um, uh, the whiteboard is here. I just have to put it together. So uh, I'm going to Florida at the end of the month, but I think I will be able to at least do one whiteboard video um, 
before I go to Florida. And then, of course, I'll release a bunch of them when I come back. And, um, yeah, okay, I think that's everything um, as far as, what do they call that, housekeeping, I think? All right, let's see. Black Knight Leader says, uh, on the R conservative terrorism, they're telling all their members who can get guns to sabotage all their military members, family, friends, guns, if they're right wing, throw off firing pens in the sewers, sabotage fuel and radios, finishing, uh, oh, and message in the second post. More importantly, they're telling all their people who can't get guns to act or dress like MAGA to do as much public damage as possible. The things they told them to say online is the stuff we see hostile DeSantis fans say. Also, that MAGA is commies. Interesting. How is that? You know, Reddit will ban you for the slightest thing. But leftists can... can um, what would you call this? A plot? They can, like, devise plots right out in the open. And, I mean, look, it's not anything new. I remember on Twitter before Musk bought it. This was a few years ago. But uh, Antifa was openly planning violence uh, on Twitter. And uh, Twitter didn't do anything about it. It's just, that's crazy. That's fucking crazy. Yeah, the gay ops that are going to happen between now and the election are just, I, I hope I'm wrong. I think, like, there's no way to predict how crazy this is going to be. I think it's just going to be, just, we're just going to have to ride it out. It, I, I hope I'm wrong about that. I hope it's smooth. Smooth and reasonable, but I doubt it. YTGS Gallo says, it's weird that Chenk keeps bringing up our country when his country is across the fucking ocean. Yeah, and this whole, like, fake presidential run, and it's just, <laughs> it's just crazy. Michelle Kincaid says, I could feel Anna's annoyance in my bones during that exchange. This reminds me so much of a marriage. Not mine, mine's perfect. It's like when you're trying to have a semi-serious conversation with your spouse about something that's bothering you, but you haven't even figured out why it is or why and trying to explain, and then your spouse cuts you off and start ranting about something or someone that has very minimal role in the story. And now your spouse is having an imaginary fight with this person, LOL. Yeah, I've, I've, um, I have seen, there's been multiple instances, and I've said this before, I don't think Anna Kasparian ever fucked Cenk Uger. Um, I think Cenk Uger has wanted to fuck her, I think that's why he hired her, but I don't get the impression that that's ever happened. Um, because if it happened, there's no way Cenk Uger would have been able to keep that quiet. There is no way in hell he, he would have said something at some point, uh, even if not saying it outright, alluding to it or some. There's absolutely there's no way he would have hit that. Um, anyway, but they do have a relationship, uh, a friendship, I guess, whatever you want to call it. Um, and there have been multiple moments that have happened similar to tonight where... Anna has done or said something that, like, you can liken to, like, a, a marriage falling apart, even though, I don't, like I said, I think they're platonic, at least from her end. So, yeah, like this, what you're talking about, or, like, the time where she said to his face that she's lost faith in him, that's, like, for a woman to say that about a man, that is a big deal. That is a big deal. Whatever relationship you're in with that woman, it's over at that point. If they say some shit like that to you, it that's it. I don't know how you... I'm not saying it would be impossible to get... Actually, what you have to do 
to at least have a shot if it's like a, a romantic relationship. The next day, if she doesn't break up with you then, if she just says that, the next day you have to break up with her. Because that, if you break up with her first, you possibly have a shot. You, you got to play things completely the opposite of the way you've played it the whole time. But if you break up first, you know, because they don't like that when you break up first. A lot of times they're completely, because most breakups are initiated by women. If you break up with them first, it is a totally different ballgame. They, they cannot tolerate that. They need to be the one that breaks up with you. You can't reject them. They have to reject you. But anyway, the getting back to Anna here. Yeah, like that, it was almost like that, similar to that moment um, when she said to him that, uh, that uh, she lost faith in him. Yeah, she like, she called him out for what he was doing right to his face. And by the way, she was right. Like he didn't let her even just reveal the details he didn't even want the audience to know the details of the story because some of the plagiarism plagiarism allegations were true and were substantial and for some reason she was being honest about that and chank you know he's never honest so he he and he has no emotional control and uh yeah it, that was uh that was a hell of a thing that was a hell of a thing we'll see we'll see if they can continue then Michelle said, saw a clip on another channel the other day of what I think were council members in Chicago angry about the migrants and were asking for a Republican candidate to come talk to them. Then ultimately they were telling uh, Trump to come sit down with them. Thoughts? I, I think any Republican worth anything would, would especially if you're running for president, would, would absolutely, especially, I mean, look, Trump has the, the nomination locked up. So he, he can do whatever he wants. But if you're like Vivek or DeSantis, I mean, DeSantis kind of doesn't have great um, social skills, unfortunately. Um, but like Vivek, uh, he, should he should make a beeline there. And absolutely, I think he's gone into the inner city and talked before. Um, ne is, was that the one where the NC NAACP woman called migrants um, rape-prone savages? <laughs> That's unbelievable, because these people, if you say anything about black people, they'll call you a bigot. Um, and she's not wrong. Uh, there, there is rape. There's migrant rape because they're they're not vetting these people. So some of them are rapists and the rapists are getting through and they're raping and it's no good. And um, yet yeah, I think this is where like the RNC and Rona McDaniel are saboteurs. And I just don't think... They're there to hold our heads still uh, while the Democrats sharpen their swords. Um, if the RNC had any sense, they would at least send some people there. Send someone there that you think can send. Uh, I mean, you don't have to send a black guy. I would send a person that's good at talking. Um, but if you want to send a, a, a black guy, fine. I think you should just send a person that's very good at talking to people. And, and that's good on immigration. And that can kind of, you know try to relate or whatever but they don't do that because they're saboteurs but that's interesting that's really interesting yeah it's just it's uh it's a wild strategy to piss off your core voters and spit on them less than a year out from an election they they definitely have something up their sleeve uh they're because they're not only are they not competing? So they didn't compete in 2020 because they knew that they had their mail-in ballot fraud scheme in play. 
this time they know that's not going to work because if they thought it was going to work, they would have uh, not arrested Trump and basically helped him. Like this, I don't buy this narrative that these arrests are to, to get people to vote for Trump instead of DeSantis. No, these arrests are to stop him from running. Um, they they want to stop him from running because they have no other way to stop him. Uh, well, m almost no other way. Um, that's why they're doing it. That DeSantis narrative, I don't buy that at all. Also, DeSantis, I think uh, you can make the argument that there is a strong chance that he's uniparty. I hope I'm wrong about that, but I, you know, DeSantis has taken a big hit. Um, but anyway, so they're not only not competing, but they're self-sabotaging. You could argue they're self-sabotaging. So they've got to have some fucking, I don't know whether, you know, it's war with Russia. I don't know what it is, but, and again, I hope I'm wrong about all this, but man, it's crazy. Okay, let me uh, check here one second. All right, let's see. Um, where do we leave off there? Um, Killer8000 said, My favorite part in Die Hard is when Hans Gruber gets dropped out of the building. When they filmed that scene, they dropped Alan Rickman onto a net from a 50-foot drop. They dropped him on one instead of three, and that face of shock in the movie is real. Oh, that's a, that's a yeah, I'll, I'll never forget that scene. That's a great scene. That's a great scene. Yeah, well, I guess uh, I guess if you want to get that get a, a shot face, that's how you do it. Yeah, great movie. <clears throat> yeah, what's my favorite scene from Die Hard? I think when he shoots the guy from under the table. That is so fucking brutal. That is like unbelievable. Cause he's like talking shit to him. And I, I can't do the impression. He's like a, I don't know, what were they, Russian? Or he's like, oh, you're under the table. He's like, I forgave him what, what the guy said. And then he just, all of a sudden, just absolute, that was fucking crazy. Oh, you know what was the shit? When um, when they shot the glass and he, he had to step on the glass. That movie's fantastic. That's a fantastic movie. Mannequin Wizard says, HB, what a life this is, and more craziness and chaos on the way. Yeah, hopefully there's, like, a good ending. I know it's not, like, I I, I don't want to be, like, you know, naive. It is possible that, like, we get out of this. It's possible. You know, I don't know if I would put a high percentage chance on it, but it is possible, because here's the thing. If you want, like, a white pill, there's way more of us than there are of them. You would think if shit goes down, that would at least, like... I mean, there are so many more regular people than these freaks. So, anyway, it's, uh, it's a hell of a thing. Um, Eric Gosse says, I bet Emma pulls her makeup off like a Mission Impossible mask each night. Burbank probably does that, too. Yeah, I would imagine. Burbank seems to uh, wear a fuck ton of makeup. The other thing, these masks... Like, there, there's videos out there of people who do not look like they're wearing a mask at all, and then they take a mask off, and it's like, like there's there's no way, you know, there have been times where people have looked at Biden or Hillary, and they don't look, at, they don't look right. They're, I'm sure they're using body doubles with masks and shit. They have to be. Why wouldn't you? you it, especially if there's, like, a security issue. I, it, it would be crazy not to. But, yeah. All right, let's see here. Uh, this is the homosexual prostitute from Miami Vice. Um, he's um, he's upset that John Daly, the golfer, got political. John Daly is awesome. Oh, oh man, this next story hurts, dog. 
this next story hurts. So uh, it hurts as- that an athlete. What you like, John Daly and golf? I don't buy that. All of the longtime viewers know. Why would you like John Daly? I'm a wee bit of a fan. No, you're not. Of a game we call golf. Uh, now my dad started okay, me playing. Even it. if you're a fan of golf, there's no way you'd like John Daly. When I was younger, you probably like Tiger Woods or whoever else. And Woods was good. He was a good. He was a good golfer. I I don't really watch golf, so I don't know. But I understand that Tiger Woods was the shit. And at first, I was so so on it. But the more we played, the more I I love it. And uh, now my dad has since uh, long since passed away, but I, I still try to play golf at least once a week. You know, in the winter it's a little difficult, but at least once a week. I'm a big fan of golf. Uh, that, that may be my most elitist inclination, but nonetheless, I present it all to you uh, and bear it to the world. They're all elitists. So, uh, Isn't that so fascinating? All of these motherfuckers are elitists. Um, not only do I like playing golf, I also like watching golf. I was, you know, Tiger Woods dominant my entire life. You look at him and it, it's totally inspirational that this dude had such a freakishly high win percentage. Obviously, he's like the Michael Jordan of golf. He's right in that elite tier with, like, almost, like, superhuman, um, you know, sports stars. And one of these guys who everybody loved, including myself, I love this guy, John Daly. John Daly came along. For those of you who don't know his story, it's amazing. First of all, he comes from a place in Arkansas and uh, didn't have a pot. There's no way you have any respect for John Daly. I don't buy this at all. To piss in growing up. And then he somehow, along, some, somewhere along the way as a kid, got obsessed with golf and would just hit practice shots at a baseball field. And um, he just through natural, sheer natural talent, made it to the big stage. He got into a major championship as the ninth alternate. So eight people had to drop out before his ass got in. And they ended up winning the tournament. And everybody loves him because he's, you know, beer drinking, redneck dude, and he's got the longest sw- swing yeah, in the you world. Don't, t- you don't like that. There's no way you like a guy that's a redneck. Get out of here. Takes it back way past parallel, and he rips it. He was the longest. Dri- like for You're the- just trying to shame a person and smear a person because they are publicly uh, taking political positions you disagree with. For like a decade, it was John Daly and Tiger Woods as the longest drivers on tour. Now we have new technology, and of course, they're getting older, so they're not the longest, but like everybody loves them. It seems like down-to-earth dude. Well, anyway, in recent years, he sort of dipped his toe in the water of politics a little bit here and there, and every time it's like, oh, John. Well, you love it when LeBron James does it. Oh, John, I love you, man. What are you doing, dog? Um, and now, it, this is, I guess, more of his full coming out of the political closet type moment here. So he goes on Tucker Carlson's show. Go watch the whole interview, um, and I'm going to play some of the cringe for you, some of the cringe uh, commentary. But I have like a weird takeaway from this that that I'll get to in a minute. But here's John Daly talking about politics. We all know who did a great job. <laughs> you think Trump's gonna win? He needs to win. I pray to God he wins. Why? Just for the satisfaction of bringing our country back together, get some common sense going in here again, and you know, look what he did in four years. How great was our country in the four years he was in office? And now look at it. No secure borders. Nations out of the roof. I mean, what the hell happened? Where did it go? I mean, I was loving the four years that Daddy Trump was in. How dare you have an issue with an open border and inflation? And it's all going to hell. He called him Daddy Trump. I just want you to understand that's not a one-time thing. I've now seen him do it in multiple interviews. Okay, where who he calls cares? Him Daddy Trump. Who fucking cares? That's what he calls him. He calls him Daddy Trump. Now, he talks about how great the four years were. I would love to ask John Daly. Name me the policies that you think were so great. And I'm not trying to say this as some sort of gotcha. 
So this is I'm the not... same thing that they're doing with the economy. There are many people who uh, lived through the first at least three years of Trump that were in a better financial situation than they were under Biden. There's nothing you can do to, like, they lived through it. There's nothing you can say to them. They lived through it. They saw it. There's nothing you can do about that. But yet you're going to continue to be like, oh, no, they, he didn't do anything. Everything was really bad. It's just, it's like telling people when they're going to the grocery store that everything's fine. Everything is not fine. I'm not trying to say this as some sort of, ha-ha, you're an idiot, man. Like I told you, I love this guy. This guy's a, no, a you staple. Don't. You absolutely, you can, there is no way this guy likes a redneck or anyone from the South. There's no fucking way. I, I don't buy that for a second. Full of my childhood. Bullshit. He's somebody everybody looked up to who was into golf when you're, you're young, right? I love this guy. No, you don't. I just no, want to ask you him, don't. what are those policies? What are the things that were so great? I would love for you to elaborate on that so at least I can get a better understanding of where you're coming from. No, now, you're, what you're going to do is you're going to select from your pre-approved propaganda tactics and tricks, and then you're going to... you're gonna. Uh, uh, that's what your answer is going to be. See, he'll elaborate a little bit, but... Needless to say, it's stuff that when you look into it, it's not true, yeah. right? Let's keep going. In two years, three years, it's just yeah. what happened. Did you see it? Did you see it coming? We all did. When Biden got elected, I definitely saw that. A lot of our corporate people that were around launch our tournaments, yeah. they all saw that. They knew it was going to happen. Have they ever leaned on you to shut up? No. Why would they? It's free speech. Well, because in every, I mean, if you're in the NBA, you can't have your opinions. Well, that's their problem. That's stupid. They should. They, you know, when they were kneeling, national anthems and all that. That was that was kind of telling us to, you know, telling America to kiss kiss our ass. Yeah. I mean, what what was that all about? Okay. That's amazing. He just totally. So that was all about some dumb nog that overdosed on fentanyl, uh, and then uh, they blamed a, a white cop, and, and then decided to, the the Democrat operatives decided to. AstroTurf, a bunch of protests, which which then lit fire to the country, and then then you had actual organic protests. Well, it's not really organic. If it, I don't know. Like if if you if you uh, pour lighter fluid on a fire and light a fire, and then like an hour later you have a fire going. I mean, it's a real fire, but the way it started was not organic. Anyway, whatever. Um, and then you know the, they they did their color revolution shit, and that's basically what happened flipped his position in the short time span there. He was talking about, like, nobody's trying to get me to shut up because free speech, bro. Free speech. And basically how free speech is good. Then they transitioned to, well, remember when the people in the NFL were taking a knee? Oh, yeah. Fuck that. That's bad. They hate the country. You were just saying the virtues of free speech. Then there's a classic example of free expression. And you're like, hate that. Yeah, but that was commie bullshit. And we, that has to be marginalized out of society. So free speech is okay when you do it, but it's bad when people who don't agree with you do it. No, it just means that commies have to be removed from society. That's all. That's really all it means. That's, that's basically the argument. See, because if commies were removed from society, you wouldn't have this contradiction. You wouldn't even need to explain it. You just you wouldn't. There would be no issue. Wait, multiple times in this, uh, John Daly goes on to say that on the, the senior PJ tour where he plays, it's called the Champions Tour, that like they basically all agree, and they all love Trump. And now he's going on to bash the athletes who are in sports where the you know, majority do not love Trump. And by the way, just to answer the question, when, when uh, Kaepernick was taking the knee, he was very clear about why he was doing it. Uh, again, uh, get the fuck out of here with the Kaepernick shit. Uh, are you kidding me?
There was a lot He's of... He's a lunatic commie. ...of police brutality. There was a lot of killing oh, of, of black men who were not armed. That's a, I mean, that's a lie. A lot? There was not a lot. That's totally made up. And he was like, this is bad. Let's stop this. So I'm going to protest against it. It's not about hating the country. It's about... Hey, you, can we you lost the PR battle there. Take your, take your L. Do some sort of reform to the police so that not nearly as many innocent people get killed? Like, that was the... Now, look, you don't have to agree with his protest, but at least acknowledge why he was doing it. Don't pretend like, well, they just hate well, America. That's your narrative. That's your bullshit commie narrative. Why would he, why would John Daly, first of all, even know what your bullshit narrative is? And then what, well, he is under no obligation to repeat it. I just, that's so, ugh. it's like, you have to know that's See, not true. This whole segment is about the fact that a guy went on a show and said things against the Democrat narrative. That's all this is. Oh, I can't believe this guy said things we disagree with. But for you to say it means you just don't care about getting to the actual truth as to why these people are doing it. Again, you don't have to agree with Kaepernick. I don't give a fuck. You could disagree. But at least acknowledge why he's actually doing it. And they're not doing it. They're not doing it. You tell me. I'd like to know. Because I don't understand. Our football players were kneeling, national anthem, and, you know, I'll never forget one game in the NFL. There was a, the Steeler guy that, that served. He was the only one that came out of the locker. Yeah. What happened? I don't know. I, I think it was obvious that certain people wanted Americans to hate their own country, and so they used sports figures to send that message. Your country's embarrassing. It's immoral. Give it the finger. Hate it. You know. So much power athletes have. I can't. You, you've, you've just lost control of the narrative. You've lost control of the narrative. And it's funny because they're like, no one watches Tucker Carlson, but anytime Tucker Carlson has a show, they cover it. And, and yeah, they're just, this is, they, they, there is a resurgence and there is momentum on the conservative side, finally. And he does not like that. More and more people are speaking out. It's fantastic. These are the same people who really, who talk all the time about how free speech is awesome. Again, commies don't get free speech. Free speech is only for people. This is not even debatable. Free speech is important. You shouldn't straw man your opponents. You should steel man your opponents. You straw man all the time. Here's an example of a 100% straw man. No, it's his opinion. He doesn't like people that disrespect the flag. That's all. People who disagree with him, of liberals and leftists. Well, I just hate America. It can't be that they want to improve the no, country. they don't. Commies destroy. All they do is destroy. Country, and so nope. they protest in order to bring that about. Now, no, they protest to destroy the country. Look at their fruits. Absolute destruction. Scamming and destruction. That's what the BLM shit is. BLM scammed a bunch of retarded white liberals out of millions of dollars, which is hilarious, and they bought mansions for themselves. And then they burnt down uh, a, a bunch of cities, or at least lit on fire a bunch of cities and destroyed a bunch of innocent people's businesses. Commies are destroyers. That's it. That's all they do. Again, you don't and even they have, fuck kids. have to agree that the way they want to improve it is the right way. But at least acknowledge that it's not just oh, hatred. I hate this Why country. Why does he have to acknowledge your narrative? It's not true, and he's under no obligation to acknowledge it. Great, that's why I'm doing this. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like, isn't it so bizarre? Like, where do you see on the conservative side? Like, I've never... You've never seen me... Let's say, like, um, Nancy Pelosi is getting interviewed. You've never heard me say... Why isn't Nancy Pelosi helping the Republicans here? Or like some fucking retarded leftist. I would never 
watch a video from a retarded leftist and be like, I don't understand why they're not supporting our narrative. Why, why, aren't, why aren't they saying our truth? Like, like for example, um, David Hogg. I would never cover David Hogg and say, I don't understand why David Hogg is not touting the benefits of the NRA. Like, cause that, cause that'd be stupid, right? Cause, the, cause he's a he's a fucking leftist and he and he's anti-gun, so of course he's not going to support anything that's pro-gun. But that's all these motherfuckers do with conservatives. That's all this is. John Daly is obviously a conservative. He goes on a conservative show to talk about conservative opinions, and Kyle is acting like, oh, I can't believe this. I can't believe a conservative has a conservative opinion on a conservative show. Why aren't they repeating our narrative? You know how fucking retarded that is? That's insane, and they do it all the time. I guess it's not as retarded when you have many Republicans in D.C. that have fallen for this trick, and they, they have fallen for the, oh, this isn't political. This is about right and wrong, and there's plenty of Republicans that go along with that. And, uh, and it's insane, and they should stop going along with that. You know, they'll be like, you have an obligation. You have a responsibility. This is not partisan. This is not political. Motherfucker, it's Washington, D.C. Everything is political. Everything is political. What a neat trick, though. That's a neat trick. That's a neat trick. You know, you're like banging the maid and your wife comes in. And you're like, hey, this isn't about sex. This is not about sex at all. I mean, it's a hell of a thing. Can you imagine convincing someone of that? You would use that all the time if you convinced. So once the Republicans went along with that once, they were like, hey, these idiots are going along with this whole you have an obligation thing, a moral obligation. Let's hammer them. The problem is, though, for them, they hammered way too hard. And now less and less people are falling for it. But it was a very neat trick that was very effective for many years. But, man, it is uh, it is just it's ridiculous. You ought to go that. I don't know if it's that left or just that stupid. I don't know. Well, they're being used. Yeah, but then they're the ones who are looking like idiots doing it. Then, but you never felt that in golf at all. No, not with our guys. That's yeah. good. That's at least I, I don't really know anything about golf. It's just I played golf on like the computer. I think the last time I played a golf game was on the 386. Was it a 386 or 486? I forget the name of it. Playing golf on the computer is not bad, but I'm just not a golf person. Um, like putt putt, you know. It's like what? It's fine. It's it is what it is. It's you know, but uh, but that's good to know. The PGA, what is it? The PGA is uh, is like run by normal people. That's good to know. We believe in the American flag. Good. We believe in uh. our freedoms, and we believe in what you know. We we travel probably more than any athlete on the yeah. universe, and we have to show our passport. We have to get visas, and look at our border. We're just coming in truckloads, and the Biden administration that's does nothing. That's true. But says oh the border, it's under control. Just 7 million people whose identities we don't know living here. And what they say in his term, there's over, I don't know how many that they found that were felons or they were terrorists or whatever, more than any other president. Why do you think they're doing that? Wait, 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 wait. He brought that up like it's a bad thing. This is a... Uh yeah, so now the problem that John Daly, that he's having with John Daly is he's taking issue with the fact that uh, terrorists are getting into the country. So it's a good thing that terrorists are getting into the country. Uh, Marsha Blackburn, the congresswoman did, or senator, did this too, where she's like, the Biden administration caught X number of pounds of fentanyl coming in the country and they seized it. They stopped X number of criminals and gangsters from coming in the country. And it's like, but if Trump did that, you'd be like, yeah, base, but, 
but Trump wasn't letting a whole bunch of them in. The point in bringing that up, you fucking moron, is that there's a fuck ton getting through that they don't stop. Okay, that's the problem. For the people that have been uh, uh, caught from the terrorist watch list, how many of these millions and millions of people were not caught? Our Idiot. base America First president is protecting what us. Thank moron. you, great Trump. But when Biden does it, it's like, this is disgusting. Wait, stopping the stuff, stopping the fentanyl, stopping the criminals. They're not, oh my that's God. That's good, this right? Is, you do, the level of dishonesty here is through the roof. Realize that when it says that these things are seized, that means that they're prevented from coming in. But no, what they mean is, oh, the fact that they were even trying to come in the first place is an indication of how terrible Biden is. I... Ah! Uh, what a I dishonest can't. homosexual. All he wants is votes. They just want to stay in office. Do you think they're going to make the illegals into voters? I heard they're giving them voter cards and anything anyway. They come in. Oh. I don't know if it's true, but that's what I've heard. Yeah. I would think that's the only... So well, it depends. Um, it, it all depends. It all depends on the state. It all depends on the state. It depends if you have voter ID. If you're in a state with like none of you, with no voter ID, yeah, you, you, any O'Keefe showed this m many during many elections. There are plenty of undercover videos of uh, from outlets like like uh, what well, used to be Project Veritas. Now he has his own thing. Um, people going in and uh, uh, telling the poll workers that they're not citizens and they still let them vote. So when you're in a place like that, absolutely illegals can vote. No problem. Now, what they're also doing, and this would be the card thing. Now, I don't believe this is being done nationally yet. I don't think it could be done nationally. Locally, though, there are multiple places that are trying to make it, or I think in some places they've already made it, where illegals can vote in local elections. So that's, a, of course, a foot in the door to have them vote in, in, in uh, uh, all the elections. So, yeah, that, that is happening. I, I don't think they can just give them, uh, like, cards to, to vote. But they, the point that he's making, that they are trying to help illegals to vote, 100% true. I, what else would they let them in? <laughs> yeah, I think for voting and also whatever they have planned for the election if Trump wins. Because they're strategically putting them in these cities. John! Illegal immigrants can't vote. Oh, that's amazing. Look at this dishonest fucker. Bitch. But some of them do. So go fuck yourself. They can't vote. They can't vote. This is like if someone says, you know, look at all these uh, prostitutes out here. This is fucked up. And Kyle goes, dude, being a prostitute is illegal. Just absolute ridiculous insanity. Vote. They can't even get the overwhelming majority of the different kinds of uh, social safety net support. Bullshit. They're not eligible. Again, total bullshit. For it. Total bullshit. John. John. John, why aren't you going along with our lies? John, why aren't you lying on behalf of the Democrat Party? John. What is the reason Democrats want... All these people to come in free, and I got a guy that plays our senior tour, I don't mention his name, been here forever, won majors, on the tour, and couldn't get a visa. Really? Yeah. Well, because he's a productive member of society. They don't like that, and they don't want that.
but yet you're letting all these illegals come in, giving them whatever they want. Makes no sense to me. But there's got to be a reason. Giving them whatever they want. Look, this is the classic conservative notion that, like, these people at the bottom of the economic ladder with no money. We have our own people at the bottom of the economic ladder that should come first. And if those people are made whole, then you can talk about opening up the border. But until that happens, shut the fucking border down. With no power, with no voice in society, somehow they're getting one over on you. Absolutely. They're getting one over on the guy waiting in line. The guy he's talking about, the golfer who's trying to get a visa, he's waiting in line. He's doing things the right way. They are absolutely getting one over on them. 100%. Somehow they're the problem. These guys worry about, like, big government. It's all going to help these immigrants. No, you know where big government is going? The Pentagon. The Pentagon failed six. Again, just because the Pentagon gets a fuck ton of money doesn't change all of the resources being given to the illegals. What kind of argument is this? Audits in a row. They can't account for 61% of their money. Yeah, criminals run the Pentagon. That doesn't change the fact that there's a ton of money going to illegals. Trillions of dollars. Gone. Poof. Where'd it go? Probably into the pocket of Raytheon and Boeing and KBR and Honeywell and all these defense contractors. Why is that? That doesn't even make sense. You could do all that legally and with audits, but whatever. Not your focus, John. Look, I don't want to go too hard because I think the fact of the matter is... John Daly does not give a fucking shit about you. Why would he care if you went hard on him? I think he's just, you know, he's There's just... There's no chance Don John Daly watches your video. There's zero chance. He's like playing golf. Brainwashed by the Fox News types. Right. And look, it's not brainwashed at all. He has a pretty good grasp of what's going on. Perhaps it's even understated how big of a problem this is. <laughs> yeah, it's a big problem that people aren't believing your bullshit. Yep. That's a big problem for you. That. I mean, you got this whole like older generation. You just better hope that these same people don't start talking about tribunals and arresting regime media. Then you're going to have a problem. But so far, so far, that's not happened. Starts out centristy, or maybe even the center left or center right or whatever, and they watch Fox News and they just get. But again, how do you know that any of this is from Fox News? You can simply observe what the fuck is going on. Why is it Fox News sucks? Who fucking cares about Fox News? Bombarded with complete and utter garbage misinformation. You have nonstop misinformation. And they just start believing that, like, yeah, the biggest problem in the country is like poor people coming in uh, through it is a problem it is a huge fucking problem the southern border who don't get any help that's a total lie you're totally lying they absolutely get financial help there was a, a, a video that went viral the other day of a guy who was coming in through the southern border and he literally like when he was asked what he's doing he just literally expressed the american dream he's uh, like, again you gotta come in legally pedro like i want to come here to work hard i want to okay you gotta come in legally i'm here to do well I'm coming here to pay my taxes, oh, well. and I want to give my family a better life. Now do the rest of the millions and millions. And it's like, that honestly represents the majority of the people coming in. Bullshit. It but, doesn't matter. They don't get priority over our own citizens. Fuck you, asshole. They're treated like pariahs. They're they should be treated like pariahs. Until you do the right thing for your own citizens, they should absolutely be treated like pariahs, and they should be fucking deported. Like they're all MS 13. 
right? Which some is some of them are MS-13, not all of them, but some of them are. But Trump would have you believe. Well, Trump has never said they're all MS-13. And it's John Daly falls for it, man. He falls for it. I like when he said, oh, "I don't even know if it's true." Then why are you saying it? Because it's uh, well, okay, again because faggot. People are allowed to have con see. This is how normal people talk. A normal humble person says shit like that. Okay, a normal person will say things like, yeah, I'm not sure about that. That's what I heard. What do you think of that? And the other person will go, yeah, that sounds interesting. Yeah, I don't know. That's how normal people talk. Okay, authoritarians demand that you talk a certain way and that you obey the narrative. You're an authoritarian. You're a very soy-filled, semen-filled authoritarian. But you are an authoritarian because you're making a video about a guy and, and you're smearing a guy because he simply disagrees with your bullshit. And it's not like... And it wouldn't even matter if you were telling the truth. I mean, you're not telling the truth, but that wouldn't even matter. People are allowed to talk about whatever the fuck they want to. It's not true. No, it's absolutely all the true. Democrats trying to bring them all in so they can vote. 100%. 100%. They talk about it. Okay, have you accounted for the fact that they can't vote? They're not allowed to vote? Okay, this is a great... This is like... Uh, uh, two Supernova once said this. This is directly in response to this. It's impossible to break the law. Signed, the homosexual narc. Yeah, it's just like crazy. It would be like if, uh, if um, you know, it was like a murder or like an attempted murder. And, and you'd like, hey, you know, I'm, I don't really, I'm kind of concerned about that attempted murderer. And Kyle goes, well, murder is against the law. Like, yeah, no shit, but people are still going to fucking do it. It's crazy. Nor are they allowed to get all different types of... Again, uh, bull bull shit. Bullshit. Comic support from the government? Lie, and that lie, happened lie. instantly. Second Biden got there. Yeah. And no one says anything about that. I feel bad for Arizonians, the good Californians, the yeah. Texans. I mean, that whole border, man. I mean, I feel bad for the farmers and everybody. I mean, you see it every day. I mean, the stories of these cutting their fences, raiding their homes. I mean, why, why, why would the President of the United States let that... But these people do that to our own Americans. Because he hates the citizens and wants them dead. Maybe if you hated the country and wanted to destroy it, you would do Egg that. 100% correct. Well, I can't. Oh. oh, I can't believe people are talking. I like the fact that John Daly brought this up. I don't even bring this up enough, okay? So I'm guilty of this. The shit that these people have to deal with in these border towns is f crazy. Their houses are being broken into. I, that's got to be... I, that's insane. And then, you know, you shoot one of these Zerg that breaks into your house, you have a... I mean, you know, what is the saying? Better to be uh, tried by a jury than, than carried off in a fucking coffin. There's like a saying around that, which is true. But another added stress that they have to deal with is if they defend their families from the Zerg, depending on the circumstances, if the media gets a hold of it, you know, they could be arrested and tried. They already got a guy. I think I think the trial's still go ongoing, or, or the, the, the legal situation's still ongoing. He shot an armed Zerg in his backyard, and they, they're, they're arresting him. They're arresting him. So uh, they arrested him. So, yeah, that's, uh, that's crazy. But no, he doesn't like the fact that John Daly, a prominent person, is talking about the people who are victims in border towns who have to put up with this fucking insanity. And so this is this is a frustration that Kyle has in the fact that they are each day losing control of the narrative more and more. Okay. I'll try to be calm. 
or try to be calm. No one cares. No one cares whether you're calm or not. Who cares? Joe Biden kept in place Title 42. Again. Which was, no due process. We're going to kick you again, out. We have a... You're going to pretend that Joe Biden has done anything reasonable about the border? That's amazing. Pandemic going on. So you're not even going to get to have a day in court if you're somebody who just came into this country. That's not... No. That's not how that worked. He kept... They had to remain in Mexico, uh, but it didn't mean they don't get a hearing. You're totally making that up. In place, remain in Mexico, which was the Trump-era law, which is self-explanatory. If immigrants are coming up through South America, trying to get into the U.S. through Mexico, they need to remain in Mexico. Biden kept that in place. Biden kept that in place. Yeah, in it's now not in place. In fact, study from the Cato Institute, or right-wing institute. Oh, New yeah, here we go. Yeah, Cato's real... Cato is the one that did the study... Remember the study where they pretended that um, illegal immigrants were law-abiding um, and didn't commit crime? So what they did in that study, this was Cato. They took the crime rate of legal immigrants, which is very low, and they combined it with the crime rate, uh, we're talking about violent crime, the crime rate of illegals, which is way higher than legals, okay? And they combine the two together to make it seem as though the illegals had a lower crime rate. So that's that's this uh, uh, organization, okay? So they're very dishonest. And so what does this say? New data shows migrants were more likely to be released by Trump than Biden. Released? What do you mean? Released into the country? I, I don't. It's just uh, Cato has no credibility. New data show migrants were more likely to be released by Trump than Biden. According to new data published last month, the Biden Department of Homeland Security has removed a higher percentage of arrested border crossers in its first two years. Than well, first, of course, there's way more coming in now because Biden fucking turned on the dinner sign. These people are so dishonest. The Trump DHS did over its last two years. Moreover, migrants were more likely to be released after a border arrest under President Trump than under President Biden. In absolute terms, the Biden DHS is removing 3.5 times as many people. Yeah, because there's way more of them month as the Trump DHS did. These figures are important for understanding how each administration has carried out border enforcement. So in other words, everything they're saying here about the border is just factually wrong. No, it isn't. You're lying. And if anything, the criticism of Biden is you are too much like Trump. Oh, you are I mean, again, you're, you're a fucking disgrace. I hope the North Africans visit your home. Um, limited ways, you're to the right of Trump on the border. Yeah, you, I hope the North Africans go to fucking Kyle's house. And they just go with, like, that Fox News line, which has no evidence for it whatsoever, that actually this guy's super weak. There's video going back to the 1990s of Biden calling for, we need some sort of uh, border fence in order to stop illegal immigrants from coming in the country. This is a guy who has always been relatively conservative Insane. on the issue of the border. So, again, now it's easier for them to lie about the border, although not, not, it, it's going to get, it, dep it really depends you know, if you're in an area, if you got more and more of these areas where the migrants show up, like in Chicago, it's going to be harder for them to lie because they see the migrant crisis right in front of their face. Um, so it's it's harder for them to lie about the economy. But if they keep sending these migrants to cities and, and Democrat strongholds, uh, they're going to this is going to be yet another thing that they're they're going to have less and less people believe in them. Even go back to Obama, the Obama-Biden administration. Obama had a nickname in the Hispanic community, the deporter-in-chief. Why? Because he deported more than any other president to that point. I, look, I don't, I don't know how to get through these people.
and that's well, kind of you're lying you fucking faggot you're lying okay and people know you're lying because we're in the information age isn't it wild to try to lie to people in the information age i do wonder if like the good guys win 30 years from now we'll look back and be like remember when they, the propagandists for the regime were like trying to lie to people during the information age and then they tried to censor the internet but then people kept just reading and you know figuring out that they were lying and then they eventually lost full control of the narrative i hope that's how it turns out but it is a hell of a thing to try to lie to people on the internet but they have a tactic for it of course any person that criticizes the liar they say you're engaging in harassment and hate and therefore you need to be censored it was driving me crazy because I can tell from listening to John Daly speak, he's not a bad guy. He's oh, not. I'm now, so sure he's relieved to know how merciful you are. I mean, you might disagree with that, but you could tell by his disposition. You could tell he's just, he's just directly answering the questions at, with the answers that he thinks are correct. There's no like malicious agenda here. He's just a regular dude giving his thoughts. And so on that front, total pass. Like, what are you going to do? The best you could do is try to present some evidence and change people like, like this in their mind, right? You mean lie to him. But, like, I don't know how to get through to these kinds of people because you get the sense that when I bring up the, the data, when I bring up the facts, when I bring up that Biden's actually very conservative on the border, they just, like, they'll just swat it aside because I think they care more about protecting the narrative well, again, than they do about... It is a lie to pretend that Biden is better on the border than Trump. That's incredible. About ...the reality, right? I think they care more about that. And that's like, if that's what you're going to do, my advice to you is just don't be involved in politics because you have to start with honesty. You have oh, to start yeah. Like you've just, you lied through this whole video. Start with actual information first. What he and means is you must obey the Democrat narrative and repeat it. And then, you know, craft your ideas and your thoughts and your policies, etc. You can't just like make something up and then stand he, by. He didn't make anything up. You're making shit up. Yeah. You after, just said Biden is better on the border than Donald Trump. After it's debunked, you can't do that. That's the that's not a real thing. You just call things debunked. You don't actually do it. But that's what he's doing. And look, uh, he's got a personal relationship with Trump, and you could tell that's impacted him, right? You could tell he's known Trump since like the late 1990s. Trump has always loved golf, so he always loved hanging out with like the golf, the pro golfers. And you could tell the Daily like has a good personal relationship with Trump, and so he loves the guy. But like the amount of stuff he's overlooking because you know, Trump is a personal friend. It's kind of astonishing, right? Like he believes, he believes in the mythology of Trump, like the great businessman, the greatest businessman of all time, the greatest president of all time. He just cares about the country. And it's like, well, how many things do we have to present to you to show that that's not true? Well, right? how about one real thing? Can you present one real thing? Hey, Mr. I'm going to come save the jobs. There were 200,000 factory jobs outsourced under his administration. He cut taxes for the rich. He cut taxes for the corporations. He protected the, uh, excuse me, he destroyed the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, which is the best government agency we have oh, that returns I'm sure money it's the best government agency. People in the country who were basically screwed yeah, by big financial right, institutions. I'm sure. He uh, threw out the court cases against the predatory payday loan industry. He dropped the regulations that were supposed to go into place uh -huh. against them. He increased drone strikes over 400%, uh -huh. killed massive numbers of innocent civilians. He tried to coup Venezuela. Like, I, yeah. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, go through your talking points. Keep going through your Democrat talking points. All right, let's listen to a little more. You think there's a chance Trump could win with a system like the one we have? I don't know. I'm, I'm looking at Iowa. I'm looking at some of these states that are changing, that are kind of wanting to vote for him. But 
All I know is I hope he wins. Yeah. I'll have his back till I die. He's one of the greatest human beings I've ever met. The family's awesome. Once you get to know him, they're just good-hearted people, and he only wants to help Americans. He doesn't want anything out of it. And he wants to protect uh. our country, which I think Putin never would have invaded uh, Ukraine of if he'd have been in. And I don't think Thomas would attack Israel like they did if Trump was in office. Oh, I can't. It's a hundred, absolutely true. I, Hamas, I don't know. I don't think Hamas gives a fucking shit. So I, I don't, I, I, I don't think Hamas gives a fucking shit. So that I, I don't know about. But absolutely, Putin would not have invaded. No question. I don't. Again, Israel he just he can't he can't tolerate the fact that they can't control the narrative anymore. The real Palestine issue has existed. Literally, you can go back as early as like 1900, right? With Theodore Herzl, the ideological father of Zionism, right? But certainly, bro, you better be careful. From the Nakba, certainly from the Partition Plan, we're talking about like 1947, 1948 here. Like the issue has existed since then. The idea that, no, you know what the reality is? You may not have had the October 7th Hamas attack if Trump didn't greenlight the moving of the embassy to Jerusalem. What? Saying Jerusalem is the capital of Israel. Like, oh, and so then Hamas would have been like, hey, no more river to the sea. Okay, let's relax, guys. Come on. You may not have had it because yeah, that was, right. or the Abraham Accords, yeah. where Israel mm -hmm. basically pretended the Palestinians didn't exist, tried to make peace with the surrounding Arab Muslim nations. And, like, that pissed off Hamas because they're like, you're just planning on occupying us forever. You're going right, to do apartheid so again. October 7th, of course, is Donald Trump's fault. It's Palestinians forever. And that's what led to the attack. So I can't you know, believe John Daly didn't know that. In other words, Trump's, decision, Trump's right. decisions directly led to right. the attack. But he flips it. Yes, it's Donald Trump's fault. October 7th is Donald Trump's fault. It's like, well, if Trump was in there, they wouldn't have done it. Again, the... the uh, Ukraine. You know, it's uh, one thing to say, yeah, I don't know about, I don't think Hamas gives a fuck, but to say it's Trump's fault, that's so fucking ridiculous. Um, Russia thing. Oh the idea that that God. wouldn't have happened if Trump Absolutely was in office, that's would absurd. Not have happened. Oh. Look, he just, he believes the mythology. It's that simple. It, it's almost, it's, it's like a religious belief. It's almost like, you know, somebody, if they really believe in like Christianity and Jesus, like it doesn't matter if you show them evidence of the contrary. There's, it's just like, it's a deeply held like core fundamental foundational belief and you just won't let it go and well, i think first of all the way you guys have been running society i would imagine makes christians believe even stronger i mean <laughs> i even said before if and and i was thinking about this the other day i was like what percentage would i assign to this like i sometimes i'm like walking around thinking about some of the shit that i've said and, it, and it's a wild thing but i'm telling you i don't think it's outside the realm of possibility i said there are two things that would get me to believe in Christianity. One, direct evidence of the supernatural, like a visit from an angel or one of these Jesus visions that I've heard so much about. But the other thing I said is if they get one of these um, lunatic Dr. Frankensteins that does a uterus transplant, they're already working on it right now. They've been working on it in India where they do a uterus transplant into a biological male and then proceed to, you wouldn't be birthing a baby, I guess you'd be hatching a baby from Frankenstein. If they hatched a baby uh, from this uh, uh, man and then if they started treating the baby 
uh, uh, and the child as it grew up, if they started treating it like they did Greta Thunberg. Remember Greta Thunberg? You were not allowed to disobey Greta Thunberg. You must listen to Greta Thunberg. If they started acting like this child was something special, that to me would be the, what's it called in Revelation? The uh, despicable, what is it? The despicable thing in the holy place. Anyway, to me, that would be the sign of the Antichrist. Okay, and I and I would say and I would I would become a Christian immediately if that happened. Now, that sounds wild. That sounds completely insane. But I would put about an 18 percent chance of that actually happening. I mean, that is something that is from like a side that that's like a, what should be. See, we're in clown world. So what should be a fever dream, unfortunately, I do think has a possibility of happening. Like, it's not outside the realm of possibility for these people. I don't think the percentage chance of that is zero. I think it's about an 18% chance. I do think it's possible. I don't think it's likely, but I'm telling you, I, I would, I would t that to me, I would be like, all right, I've seen enough. I've seen enough. I've seen enough. I'm on board. That's what I would, that, that's what it would take. So, um, but it's crazy that something that completely nuts is plausible. I do think I don't think I'm crazy for saying that it's possible for these people to do that. I think they're that crazy. I think they're that crazy. We'll see what happens. I think that's the same thing. Like he talks about how great the Trump family is. Jared Kushner took two billion dollars from Saudi Arabia and allegedly gave them classified information. No, that's not true at all. There's no evidence that he gave them classified information. You're just, again, you're just making shit up. You're making shit up and you're upset at John Daly for not going along with your made-up bullshit. Like, they, they looked the other way after Jamal Khashoggi, a Washington Post journalist, was Again, this is a made-up media narrative. How the, fuck was How the fuck is Trump, who's in the United States, responsible for the Saudi Arabians chopping up some faggot journalist? I don't know. How is he responsible for that? That's the dumbest shit I've ever heard. What the fuck? I, he had nothing to do with Khashoggi. Who fucking care? How about how about how about if you know that you've pissed off the Saudi Arabians and you you are in America? How about you don't go back to Saudi Arabia? Okay, isn't that a little insane that he went back to Saudi Arabia? Why'd you do that? I mean, I'm not saying they should have chopped him up. Okay, but I'm I'm not buying this whole thing that Donald Trump is responsible. And again, you're repeating this ridiculous bullshit as if John Daly would even... Like, that's crazy. Why would John Daly even buy your narrative? To pieces. Because of their close connection. Oh, get out of here. With the Trump family. The Trump family oh, and, and the Saudis. They look out for each other. You right? are they, out They're of as corrupt mind. as corrupt could be. Trump's taken millions of dollars oh my God. from them for his live golf event as he's running... For so you're going with the Trump ordered the murder thing? You're fucking insane, dude. President, now do you think that guy is going to stand up to Saudi Arabia when they commit crimes? I we're not talking about Saudi Arabia committing crimes. I don't give a fuck what Saudi Arabia does. Give us cheap oil, okay? I'm we're talking about invading a country, okay? Saudi Arabia, if Trump's in office, ain't going to invade a fucking country, and neither would Putin have. Ah. Look, it sucks. It sucks. It sucks, I yeah, because you're fucking losing. This guy. This guy's the man. Everybody loves John Daly. He's you the man. You like him. Stop it. You're pretending you liked him. Man. But he's just like... There's he no just, way you had respect for a Southern guy. No way. 
doesn't know what he's talking about. On yes, college. he does. He's pretty good for an athlete. He's pretty good. Politics. And I don't even think if he were to watch this segment, if he were to he's see. He's not going to watch this segment. The, the facts about the border and. Like, I'm trying but to. You didn't give any facts about the border. You lied about the border. You said that Joe Biden was better than Trump. Everyone can see that that's bullshit. It's like when you pretend the economy's good, the economy's not good. Nicely deconstruct his narrative, but I don't, even if he but were to see. You didn't do that. You didn't do that. Because I don't think he would be like, hey, good points. Well, because he's not a retard. And that. That sucks. That sucks. Oh, hey, I can't do- believe he didn't accept our lies. Oh, man. All right. Tech show Trump team new fake elector scheme was illegal. All right, let's see. Bald fuck face. Kenneth Ches. Kenneth Chesbro, the former Donald Trump lawyer who has not only been indicted in the state of Georgia, where he has now accepted a plea deal and is cooperating with prosecutors, uh, is also cooperating in three other states right now in their ongoing investigations into the fake elector schemes in their respective states. And this week we got a little bit of information about how bad things really are for Donald Trump. <laughs> now here's what happened. This is the same shit Anna Kasparian covered. Text messages were revealed from Kenneth Chesbro and a top Trump campaign aide by the name of Mike Roman. Now in these text messages, Chesbro is worried that the language that they've used for the fake electors in the little certificates that the fake electors were going to sign, Chesbro was worried that the way we wrote it actually kind of seems illegal. So we need to change some of the language. And Mike Roman said, Oh, absolutely not. Let me read you the exchange. Chesbro wrote, Mike, I think the language at start of the certificate should be changed in all the states. I can help with drafting in a couple hours. Roman then replied, I don't F those guys. <laughs> and Chesbro responded, just placate Pennsylvania. Okay. And how is that any indication that they thought it was illegal? What are you talking about? Chesbro did alter the certificates that were signed in the state of Pennsylvania, specifically adding the word contingent. So they, okay. What's the problem? Sign these certificates, you know, in multiple different States. And they all said like, we are actually the real electors and we're electors for Donald Trump. Joe Biden lost our state. But in Pennsylvania, Chesbro did make the edits, even though Roman told him not to. And he wrote the word, you know, contingent upon the results of the lawsuits that we have filed. So how is any of this illegal? What are you talking about? These people are text messages do not match your narrative saying like, Hey, we're the real electors. If the court cases go our way, if the court, yeah, exactly. Cases don't go our way. Feel free to throw out this certificate, you know, Hey, but Chesbro knew that the way they were written was illegal. Where did he say, where did he in any way give an indication of that? You're completely making this up. You're totally making this up. I mean, that's the concern. He By the is way, bra- it wouldn't even matter if he thought it was illegal because it's not illegal. Just because a guy thinks a thing doesn't make a legal statute. Bringing up here, if there was going to be a smoking gun in this particular criminal investigation, guess what? This is it. Retard. How is this a smoking gun? This, there's no, there's nothing in these texts indicating that anything's illegal. 
Trump's own lawyer is telling Trump's campaign, the way we've written this is illegal. But he didn't say that, you fucking testicle. He didn't say that. Where did, show me where he said that. This is, by the way, it's one thing for this guy who has probably a 14 IQ to say this shit on a fucking YouTube video. These are the types of arguments that Jack Smith is making in court. These, well, they're not in court yet, but, uh, um, oh, I guess, are they, they're kind of in court. The trial hasn't happened. The, these, these are the types of arguments that he's making. That's why I just, I, I can't wait to see if any of this is public. I just, I'm going to be fascinated to watch how this plays out. What we're having these people do is technically not legal. But he didn't say that. And it's also not true. We need to change it so that it does become but legal. That's not what he said. And Trump's campaign said, no, don't do that. And for the record, because he did change the one in Pennsylvania, do you know what they're not doing in Pennsylvania? They're not launching a criminal investigation into their fake electors because of that. Well, but wait a minute. Okay, now let me get this straight. Let me get this straight. So fake electors, which is this horrible and illegal thing, is legal in Pennsylvania? Oh my God in heaven. This is just, okay, all right. That's a hell of a That thing. word, contingent. Right. So fake electors are illegal unless you put the word contingent in there. Yeah. So why is this bad news for Donald Trump? Oh, I'm Well, kidding. obviously one of the things that this he- time we got him. He is being charged with uh, for the federal case, the one in front of Judge Chutkin, is a conspiracy to defraud the government by sending these fake electors. And what these text messages show us is a little thing that you have to have in order to have a crime intent, but they didn't, the intent, they didn't say anything about anything being illegal was to just, and, and then, so, but then you're telling me that Chesbro, this is, I, I don't even, this is very convoluted that Chesbro can magically make the horrible, illegal thing legal with one word. <sighs> Deceive. The intent was to make sure that these people got their votes counted as the electors, even though they knew it wasn't real. They were warned. Like you tried to do in 2016. They said F those guys and they did it anyway. That is intent at yeah, but you're totally making up the text messages you you read the actual text message and then you completely changed what it said and then said that that's devastating evidence at this point i get why donald trump is freaking out so much Where, about how is he freaking out where is he freaking out this case in front of judge tanya chutkin he's screwed <laughs> And, and we've only seen, we've only heard about just a handful, a little trickle here, a little trickle there of the evidence against him. We don't even know what's on his cell phone that they're going to introduce. Oh, as I'm sure you're going to make a big deal out of it. No matter what it is, it's the images and, and messages from that. This is going to be bad. So let's hope that this case does not get delayed because I am like more excited for March 4th when the trial starts than I am for Christmas. That's okay. I'm excited for you to get arrested at some point. So we're on the same page. Christmas, right? March 4th is going to be our holiday season.
Oh, if if they arrest some of these people, I will have, uh, I will bust out the alcohol. Because we are going to find out all of these dirty little details that Jack Smith knows. But we have to wait a few more months to find out. What a moron. Absolute dishonest moron. Just changing text messages. Amazing. All right. That's the end of the stream. Uh, next stream is, uh, what is this, Thursday? Right? Is this Thursday? What day is it? Oh, yeah. Well, it's technically Friday. Uh, that will be Saturday, 6.30 p.m. Eastern. Thank you for all the people that sent uh, Super Chats and Streamlabs. And uh, breaking news. Sincerely appreciate uh, your generosity. Uh, you can get an archive on Rumble. Rumble.com slash user slash Hard News Network. Or on Podbean. Hardnewsnetwork.podbean.com. Or you can go to Twitter, which is at live HNN. Uh, on uh, off days when I'm not streaming, I do post uh, to Twitter, which is at hard underscore bastard i will post clips from the stream and uh, also you can get them on bitshoot bitshoot.com slash hard dash bastard also if you want to support the channel uh, you can do so on subscribe star link in the description and any of the other uh, methods that you uh, deem fit sincerely appreciate the support uh wherever you're watching on the stream or on the archives uh, and i'll see you guys saturday i am the hard bastard thank you for watching